Spoiler alert spoiler alert I am the spoiler alert 3000 and I want everyone to know that this podcast will spoil all of this week's DC comic books and anything and everything you can think of. Please proceed with caution and God bless your soul. Everybody loves a fireplace. Everybody loves saving money on heating bills and keeping warm and cozy. How do you combine old world Amish craftsmanship with modern heating technology? The Amish aren't telling. Episode 30 of Weird Out Loud, and that seems like some sort of milestone, wouldn't you say? Are you asking me? I'm asking anybody. And I'm Jim Warner. I'm Eric Shea. <laughs> and we're dishing out all things DC tonight, so come on, get comfy. Hear us out. What is this accent you got going? Well, because we have, this, we have mail coming later that uh, compliments my voices, and you have to <laughs> jump in with your stupid voices. <laughs> Listen here, my name's Eric Shea, and it's a wee ba Ooh. And I'm Jim Werner. Excellent. See, Excellent. I practice that every week. And what, the Jim Werner part? And I'm Jim Werner. You're almost yep. getting it down. Every time I want to do something different, and then I, I, I don't know, I, I panic. And then <laughs> say the lamest thing ever. Which yeah, is my, Jim Werner's is pretty my lame. name. It yeah. Is. And I'm uh, <laughs> Jimmy Werner. That's right, little Jimmy. <laughs> Wait. I just slapped myself in the face. I said, Stop doing time, that, man. I slapped myself in the face. Hooey, Eric, this is the podcast for the week ending August 1st, 2015. We are proud members of the Comic Podcast Network, and we are from Weird Science DC Comics blog to blogspot.com. You know what I'm doing? Trying I know speed exactly up, what you're doing. Speed up this podcast. <laughs> it was four hours last week. Four freaking hours. I even put that on the write-up. Hooey, that was a tough one. Actually, well, it wasn't. It wasn't at all for us. I don't know. No. I, you even said, though, you, you were listening to it today. It took you all week. I still yes, haven't it finished it. I usually get them done in the first day, and I didn't even get it done. Um, and I, or you said to me that at around the Wonder Woman book, it seemed like I was fading fast. Oh, man, were you fading? I was. It was more of your voice. That, that makes uh, sense, to too. And actually... That's I, why I'm going to talk like this. Hey, there, boy. I don't hey, know about you, son. <laughs> I'm just a small town pizza lawyer. Or am I? Uh, that was actually Channing Tatum as uh, John Stewart. <laughs> Looky no, here. No, I think that's way more racist than that. Woo <laughs> All right. Four hour podcast. We're not going to go that long tonight. Uh, mainly because. Hopefully. Well, there isn't that many books. We had a lot of books last week. And I'm telling you. That sounds like a challenge. Podcasting is a very odd thing because it, there is a fine line between giving people free entertainment that lasts for like an hour and a half and people love it and free entertainment that is four and a half hours and people don't like it. And I don't know. People seem to like it. That's the problem. Everybody out there is going to complain about this long podcast. Um, the numbers prove different, don't they? I was going to say, isn't this our biggest downloaded it's, one yet? It's one of them. Not the biggest. No. We, uh, we had a couple other big ones, but... Uh, 
This one was, it, it was better than I thought it would. Uh, we also had some other big news behind the scenes. Uh, Dan's Geek News. Dan quit. <laughs> Dan quit the podcast area. Kind of. Kind of. I put that in the, um, the outline. Dan quit, kind of. I, he was going to quit, and then he wasn't. Um, we've been making fun of Dan a lot. A lot of people have. Well, I know. And the thing with Dan was, I said to you a long time ago, we're on episode 30, as you said earlier. Milestone. Milestone. Every episode you claim is a milestone. I, I don't understand. It but, really is a milestone that two fucking jerk-offs from Pennsylvania who just met each other like three years ago are up to an episode 30 of a long-ass podcast. That is true. We just go on. Milestone. On and on and on. I kept on. All right. <laughs> That was nice. I well, like that. What, I, what I've been doing, though, with the, like I said about the Dan and these questions, we, I said to you, I don't think Dan listens to the podcast. <laughs> and I, I don't even know if you quite believe me at first. I just, I got the sense of it because he would talk to me and like, oh, man, people would write in mail, get rid of that geek news. Oh, Dan. Oh, da, da. And then that week, Dan would message me. I'm like, here we go. I'm going to have to talk him off yeah. the ledge. And he'd go, oh, man, I, I'm really happy about how that news went. And I can't wait. But I got the idea. He doesn't listen. No. Nah. Uh, he listened to last week's episode. Uh, he has a lot more free time, he mentioned to me. But he heard us. I think basically, I, in my mind, the glee that you had. <laughs> January. When he posted a uh, review for a book from January, either The Flash or um, Batman 66. Batman 66 went up, and then while we were going, we were talking about it, and then you're like, oh, my God. He just did uh, another uh, review, and you just started laughing. <laughs> and then, um, so he heard that, Eric. He was very upset with you. He said, he emailed me and said, I, if, if Eric's still on the podcast, I'm out. <laughs> Actually, he didn't say that. It was more to me, because I'm telling you, I like Dan. Me and Dan talk on, online on Twitter and, and such, yeah. and I think he felt betrayed. I really do, and I don't. I don't disagree with that. We're awful people. Yeah, we're terrible. And we kind of like talk and laugh about people, uh, you know, out of school, as they say. And I'm going to do it to that. ourselves, too. Yes, that is true, Eric. We do. And you know what? I hate your gut. Ooh. <laughs> uh, I'm a little down tonight again. I, I, every time we start these, I'm always down. I don't know what it is. It might be that this room is about 7 trillion degrees. <laughs> you know what else is hot? Dan's temper. Uh, then, then he then he kind of went against it, and then he's back. I think he's back. He never told know. me. He never told me what he's going to do if he's going to do the news. So if you hear the news later, he's back, Eric. <laughs> he is back. You know who else is going to be back? Reggie and that goddamn freaking deep voice. Woo! I fell in love with Reggie during that voice I, last we week. We were already in love with Reggie, but you know what we're going to do right now, Eric. We're going to get. Yeah, but I know it oh, now good. in my Gracious. heart. Now you know it. Well, you know what else I know? We're going to do some news. All right, let's get news. To the news. We're going to get right off the bat. We are going to make this one an uh, hour and a half. Hour and a half podcast, everyone. <laughs> I thought you meant just a news section. It's funny. I say that. Yeah, really. It usually is. I say that, but everybody who has already downloaded this knows the time, and I'm sure it's going to be a little different than an hour They're and a half. They're calling you a liar right now. I just I have diarrhea of the mouth and of the butt. Every week you talk about your bathroom problems. That's why I said it, because you hate it. News, Eric. News. We're going to start with a news item that for a while there I kept demanding to you was a rumor. And I don't know. It's still, I've never, I, when I'm looking up this news, I look it up and it really isn't fully, it, it, not Stop. real verified yet. But I think everybody's going with it. And that's the news that the Killing Joke 
will mark Hamill's return as the Joker. You got really, dude? You're gonna do that? You're gonna put a pause the there? The joke will mark <laughs> Hamill's, Hamill's return. return as the Joker. When DC announced they would be doing a Killing Joke animated movie, almost everyone hoped Mark Hamill would return as the Joker, including Mark himself. There was another pause. He posted on Twitter. sense. He posted on Twitter, you're not the only ones with fingers crossed. Well, this week it was reported that sources have confirmed that Mark Hamill will indeed reprise his role as the Joker in the upcoming end. Who these sources? I know, that's, it's funny. It's like, sources say that a shadowy figure passed them a note and that they think that it is happening. In fact, he has started recording part of his voice acting for the film, they said. I forget where I got this. The actual source for this thing about him recording it, it seems a little quick. And what are they, standing outside? It's like TMZ. Standing outside the recording studio. I think it's funny we talk about the, you know, the return of Mark Hamill to Joker. We just had him in Arkham Knight. You know what? This will mark Jesus Christ. Hamill's return as the Joker. Of course, now every fanboy on the internet is yelling for Kevin Conroy to return as Batman. Conroy himself told comicbook.com. I have nothing to do. Come on, remember, guys, I am the knight. Let me do this. He said, I'm going to try to do a Kevin Conroy <laughs> now. Kevin Conroy himself told Comic Book. My name is Jeff. I would love to do it, and I hope that that happens. Jeff. That was the quote. <laughs> My name is Jeff. <laughs> I'm going to repeat that quote because it's, it's very striking to me. I would love to do it, and I hope that happens. Okay. Thank you, Thank you, Kevin, Thank Conroy. You, Kevin Conroy. The best is I saw this um, on comicbook.com. I looked up this story and got that quote. He looks like hell. Yeah, he's terrible looking. You know man. what he has? A, he has a face for voice acting, Eric. Damn right. And uh, you know what? I'm so do you. Uh, yeah, listen to me. Uh, the animated adaptation of Batman: The Killing Joke is executive produced by Bruce Tim. Will retell this classic tale. Get ready in an exciting new way. Not on my watch. It'll also feature an original 15-minute prologue that helps set up the story, giving even longtime fans of the story something new to look forward to. It is scheduled for direct-to-video release in 2016. Once they say in an exciting new way, that means things are all getting changed and people are already mad. But, again, um, Reggie's going to actually have a, a segment next Reggie week. Reggie the Reckless? Reggie the Reckless. His segment next week is going to be about the killing joke, and I believe it's going to be in defense of the killing joke. I don't know. I, I, I like it enough. It's I not, love it. It's not my favorite. Next you I don't, don't have a favorite. I know I don't. Well, that's you have I, things that you like a little bit less than hate. Yeah, well, that's why I can keep saying that, and I sound authoritative, and I sound like I know what I'm saying. Douchebag. Yes. Well, the next uh, bit of news is not about a douchebag. It's about Jenna Malone. Right? Oh, that Jenna Malone. Jenna huh? Malone. Jenna Malone is Barbara Gordon. That's what I put as my, what? That's what I put as my, <laughs> my headline. It's been rumored for a while. A while. I heard Jenna Malone's name thrown around a long time ago. While that Jenna Malone would be appearing in Batman v Superman Dawn of Justice as the Dark Knight Returns Robin, Carrie Kelly. But Latino Review is reporting she will instead oh, be playing Barbara Gordon. Barbara Gordon? You don't fuck with Latino Review. Yeah, well, I always think that they probably do reviews on Spanish soap operas. Isn't that what Latino <laughs> Review does? That's, That's what, what you always told like me. Uh, that and Menudo's next album. And that is very offensive, Eric. Is it? Don't say that. It's like you saying that a good Indian name is Sitting Bull. That is not it's an true. Awesome Eric. Indian name. Stop your hate crimes. I love that. But, <laughs> but, Jenna Malone as Barbara Gordon. But no one is saying if that means she will be Batgirl or Oracle. Eric, 
What do you think? Because I have a strong opinion on this. How about just Barbara Gordon? No. You oh. give me Batgirl or Oracle. What is your guess? Why the fuck do I have to give you those? I say Batgirl. I say Barbara Gordon. That's it. Yeah, no, she's not just going to be in as Barbara Gordon. She's, why? They're going to show something because they're going to want to tie it in with a bunch of things. And why would they even throw her in? If she's just All of a sudden, they're at the library. Hey, there's that librarian, Barbara Gordon. People would be so pissed. I say she's not Batgirl. Me. I say that she, we see her become Batgirl. I don't think Oracle at all because if everybody goes gaga about Jenna Malone, they're going to want to have a Batgirl movie. Or I think it's hilarious that you go back movie. to Batman 66 origin for yep. her. She's a librarian. She's she knows the uh, she's a bibliophile as we say in the business Eric, but yeah I don't think she'd be Oracle only because like I said she's got that Dewey Decimal System. Time. It would almost be like in um, Captain America if Falcon was a cripple, and then you want him in the Ant Man movie and you can't because he's in a chair. Eric. Nobody wants to see that. It gets you very upset. No, it's not like that at all. It's like an Iron Man where we're introduced to freaking Rhodey, but he's not War Machine. I don't know what you're talking about, Rhodey. God damn, Rhodey! Isn't that that's what uh, I was back in the seventies for Deep Purple? I thought it was Great White. <laughs> no, who wants to be a Rhodey for Great White? Were you in charge of their pyrotechnics? Yes, I was, I, was, I was the pyro guy. All right, let's move on to the next bit of news. You you were a big fan of Boy Meets World, correct? I enjoyed it enough. I don't yes. know if a big fan is the term. I have you seen almost every episode? About, I think it was last year I sat down and watched every single episode. Big fan. <laughs> and if you're not aware of this, Eric, they have the sequel, Girl Meets World. Girl Meets World. World. Yeah, like we don't know. We talked about that for months before it I ever know, came out. I don't out. know if anybody else out there, they, they don't. You know, Everybody knows it's about so it. It's so funny, too, is because I, I yell and scream about stuff that we talk about. I'm like, I don't like that. Oh, you're all, he doesn't like anything. I've seen about seven episodes of Girl Meets World. io9. Is that how you say that website? io9. Sure. io9 reported that an upcoming episode of Girl Meets World will feature Frank Miller's The Dark Knight Returns as a major plot point. According to the report, a new teacher uses The Dark Knight Returns as a lesson plan to show the struggle of good versus evil as a gray area a plot point that is mimicked when the new teacher butts heads with the school principal and a conflict that echoes Batman and Superman's fight in the comic book. Girl Meets World airs on Disney Channel, which is interesting, as Disney is the parent company of Marvel, Eric, which puts them in direct competition with Warner Brothers and DC Comics, who have a movie heavily inspired by The Dark Knight Returns in Batman v Superman Dawn of Justice coming out next year. What do you think of that? I think it's bullshit. Well, we talked about this at work, and you made a very... Valid point for once in your life. You actually open your mouth and something came out and I thought, boy, that, that actually makes sense. And that does not happen often. What did you tell me? I was talking about since Marvel has Captain America 3 Civil War coming out around the same time as Batman v Superman, why not use the Civil War story arc as this template they want to use to further plot device for the show instead of uh, Dark Knight Returns? Because it makes more sense since it's a Mar like a Disney-owned company. Yeah, that, that's not what you told me at work. What, what I, I was saying is that at the first point you said, well, Marvel doesn't really have a story that's as big as Dark Knight Returns. And I thought, you know what? You're right. Now you go with this freaking this is, Civil this War. Is what be, I said I was wrong right after that and yeah. went into that. Yeah, I think Civil War is not a, um, a broad-reaching story yet. What I think they should do. Now, maybe this... You weren't reading comics at the time. Well, I know. Well, maybe Girl... Any, but yeah. Did the people Girl Meets World, do you think they were alive at that time? Yes, no. it was like no. 10 years ago. Yeah, the people who watched the show, they were about four then. If that, I bet you the average 
age of a person who watches Girl Meets World is 12. And even besides all that, why wouldn't Disney want to promote the new movie well, coming out? That's the thing. That's what's odd, that they don't want to promote that. Now, when you're saying about Civil War, I would have waited with this story. I would have waited until closer to Civil oh, War great, coming but out. I so doubt the show will be on when next comes out. Well, that's what I was going to say. Maybe it's, they're just like, we better get to it. I think that maybe they're just trying to steal some thunder from uh, DC. It's very odd. Hey, you think this movie's going to be good? No, nah, it's going to be on Girl Meets World. It yeah, can't be that yeah, good. like, oh, Girl Meets World did this? I don't Ugh. Know. Um, are you going to watch this episode? No. <laughs> I might. I might watch it. I'm saying, if you te- like, if you send me a message at some point, hey, that episode of Girl Meets World is on with The Dark Knight Returns, I might turn to the channel then. I don't know that I... I'm I not going to search it I out. I don't know that it would be on and I, it would come on and I'd start watching it and I'd run to the computer to send you a message. Um, oh, my God. I, I know on. you would. I know it's you on. would. Yeah, I, I won't. If I see it, it'll be on demand. And I would just watch it. You ran to the computer to tell me House Party 2 is on earlier. No, I didn't run to the computer. I was already there. But uh, my (laughs) wife was paging through and there was a a Breakfast Club was on VH1. And then right under that, BET House Party 2. And I already knew this because before that, I just watched all of House Party 1. Was it? Is there a marathon on? No, but it seems that every Friday, because I'm, I'm telling you, this is the fourth time this month that I've watched House Party. Really? It seems that every Friday after we get done work, House Party's on BET you at 4 o'clock. Friday's on, on Friday. House Party to me sounds, feels like a Saturday night movie. <laughs> well, the, well, the movie takes place during a school night. Really? So yeah, like remember they have to go to school the next day. Yeah, I I'm thinking it's Thursday. Really? Thursday. Is that when they have, usually have the pajammy jammy jam? Thursday no, the pajama huh? jammy jam wasn't until college, brother. Yeah, that's true. And nobody, you know, if you have a jammy jammy jam the night before uh, classes at college, you just skip those classes. Agreed. Yeah. Uh, that's it for Girl Meets World story. Thank right? God. <laughs> <laughs> the second one is a Supergirl casting uh, story. It's weird. Remember, you were a big fan of when they cast the Lumberjack, correct? No, I was not. Yeah, I don't know. They're, they're really reaching back. <laughs> For some of these, give uh, me somebody no, I know. God damn it! Um, here's a good one, though. I will. It will. It'll mention it later in this little bit of a news. Um, but it is an old Supergirl phone. I give them a little credit there. Yeah, I looked into it, but it's nobody right. I remember ever um, hearing about in my entire life. Supergirl cast Reactron. Oh yeah, Reactron. React. The Reactron. I I have problems saying Reactron. I want to say react uh, reaction Reactor the entire time. Reaction or something. Entertainment Weekly reported that Sons of Anarchy actor Chris Browning has been cast as the radioactive villain Reactron in CBS's Supergirl. Reactron? Reactron, a.k.a. Benjamin Kroll. Kroll, Eric. You like the movie Kroll, right? Yeah, my girlfriend does, though. Yeah, I saw Kroll in the movie theater twice, so take that. Uh, Benjamin Kroll is a nuclear-powered armored villain who is an old Supergirl foe, originating all the way back in Daring New Adventures of Supergirl number 8 in 1983. In recent memory, he was recruited by General Sam Lane to fight Kryptonians in the new Krypton saga. Um, Jim, I, I just want to point out that originally he was a Doom Patrol villain. Oh, Doom Patrol villain, huh? They yes, that's what it says the, on the on the well, Wikipedia. It doesn't say that uh, this is he originated as a Supergirl foe, is what Entertainment Weekly said. No, and, that that's not true, Jim. That's not true. Well, that was when he became a Supergirl foe. <laughs> I got so nothing, there. man. I just want to... I, actually, there's a couple... Um, things i had problems with how this news was reported this week there's a thing later that i'll, I'll mention to you that made me laugh that wasn't um, wasn't metallo because that's what really upset me no we thought this was going to be metallo and i saw the headline we were at work and all i saw was supergirl cast i forget what it said and somehow i jumped to the conclusion it was metallo 
<laughs> and I told you this. <laughs> and I got and excited. And you got excited. I ruined it for you. But uh, Supergirl premieres October 26, 2015 on CBS. Ooh. You watch that leak pilot yet? No. I don't Neither watch leak like things. Actually, I have it. I actually downloaded it, and I haven't I know. watched it yet. I haven't watched you it. You sent it to me. Well, my, my problem is... I haven't watched it yet. I told you, my computer downstairs doesn't have sound, <laughs> so I, I have to watch it on this computer or whatnot, but that's my computer just does not have sound there. You know who has sound? This next person in the news, Chris Pine. That guy has sound. Does he have sound? Yes, because he's going to be Steve Trevor. Is he sounding off and like he has what? a pair? That Chris Pine being Steve Trevor is a very sound decision to me, Eric. You hate Chris Pine. I don't hate him. I'll talk about him in a minute. The rap is reporting Chris Pine has closed a deal to play Steve Trevor opposite Gal Gadot. Gal Gadot. Ooh. We might actually have an interview with her in a little bit for this. <laughs> in 2017's Wonder Woman, and we'll sign a multi-picture deal that will include sequel options. The online trade adds Trevor will not, be, will not only be a love interest for Godot's Diana Prince, but the role will be an action-oriented one as well. If accurate, this would squash fanboy speculation that Pine, who is currently filming Star Trek Beyond, would be joining the DCU as a member of the Green Lantern Corps in their film. All right? What do you think of that? I... Don't really have it. I'm glad he's not going to be Hal Jordan. You sent me the note. Hey, Chris Pine's going to be Steve Trevor. I thought you said Chris Pratt. I was all excited. <laughs> and then you said Chris Pine. I'm telling you, is it I'd rather okay? have Chris Pratt as a Green Lantern? Is it okay for a guy to say that an actor's too goddamn good looking to be uh, Steve Trevor? I don't know. Tell he, me more about it. I'll t- let you know. Okay. He looks <laughs> to me, Chris Pine. He kind of looks phony to me. He looks like he's not real. Like he's cast it's from a mold? Even, I'm not even, yeah, I'm not even saying that. He's like, a robot? I thought you were going to say, like, out of granite, that guy has been chiseled. No, it's not even that he's too good looking. He just looks kind of, he looks like a Ken doll to me. He just doesn't look real. Looks like he doesn't have genitals. Gotcha. I don't know. He just, he seems phony to me. I don't think he's a real person. I think he's made up. The real problem I have is that, like, I think of Chris Pine, all right? Get him yes. in your head. Chris Visualize Pine. that motherfucker. You think of what? That he's a small fellow, don't you? He is a rather small fellow. I knew you were going to say You always have but an no, issue with people's height. It's not about that, though. It's that, like, I think about, um, like, uh, This Means War, mm-hmm. uh, the Star Trek movies and whatnot. Yeah, what else but is he in? I'm trying to think. That's, I that's all I got to think. But um, I think about when I was a kid watching movies, and we had all these action stars, and they all looked like men to me, you know, just Lar- people that were larger than me, they didn't look like children. So you're gonna say and for that, some reason, the Chris Pine... He's like a metrosexual to you? No, not even... It's not a metrosexual. It's that he doesn't look grown up. It looks like his body has just stopped growing at some point, and he's becoming a man. So I, I wouldn't even say midget. He's becoming a man, huh? He's, he's, midget? I can't, I can't... I'm not going to say that. As a, How I, tall is he? Do you even know? I'm guessing no. he's 5'10". 5'10"? Jesus. 5'10". Yeah, no, I don't. I don't think, think he's doing that. that. You like, like he's like Tom Cruise height. You're saying? I don't know. Keep talking. I'm gonna look, yeah, you're gonna look up. Okay. Well, in uh, what happened is I heard this news, so I got on the phone, and I called up Gal Gadot. That motherfucker is six foot. Yeah. See. Get the hell out. He does not look that big. And I said I, I did do an interview with Gal Gadot, and I'm I'm gonna run it right here. Hi, this is Jim Warner from Weird Science DC Comics uh, podcast, and I'm here with Gal Gadot. How you doing, Gal? I'm fine, Jim. Oh, Gal, I heard that Chris Pine uh, was cast as Steve Trevor. I don't really like that, but you know he's six foot. So tell Eric he can stuff it. 
Jesus. Thank you. We're going back to the podcast now, Callum. You're out of control. And tell that Grant Morrison he can suck it. Damn right. I will, Gal. All right, we're back, Eric. I, I don't <laughs> you know. I just like Mike I, Gal I look at. I do not care for it at all. <laughs> I look at Chris Pine though. He just does not come off as like an adult, like somebody I would see an as an adult, adult as a kid. I, I'm just saying. Like, I think of Indiana Jones. Indiana Jones came off larger than life to me when I was a child. Are you still on Chris Pine's page? Yeah. Uh, how old is Chris Pine? I don't even know. 34. 34. Okay, so it's not that I was going to say, well, Harrison Ford was a little older then. He'd probably say me. I don't know. It's, it, he does not come off to but me you, like somebody who should be an action star is all. But you liked him as Captain Kirk. No, I, I'm telling you, didn't I you? really didn't. He's got dreamy eyes. He's, yes. he's got eyes. He like, I can dive into those eyes, Eric. <laughs> he's the same height as Chris Evans. Really? Uh, Chris Evans never really struck me as a taller fellow, but these guys are all taller he, he than He comes me. off larger than life I mean, to me in this Captain America persona. Unfortunately, throughout my life, being a four foot three <laughs> man, I uh, have a lot of problems, but I just want to say that I'm a man, Eric. I'm a <laughs> my man. My downtown thumb. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. Chris Pine is Steve Trevor. I really think that he's a little too good looking. Steve Trevor is a good looking dude, I guess. I, Wonder Woman. I don't know. Do you think Wonder Woman fell in love with him because he is good looking or that's just the first guy she saw? Yeah, I think that's pretty much it. Yeah, it would be so funny if it was played by like uh, Jack Black or somebody like that. And it, it just That was the joke. I don't or like... maybe like uh, Jonah Hill or that other guy who was kind of Jonah Hill. Hey, I take my comic book movies seriously, man. Don't fuck with me. Oh, do you now? All right, well, you might take this next story seriously. I like it. I don't think you will. You've already seen it. You always pish-posh this, but uh, the Outsiders War might come to Arrow eventually. Dan may quit the podcast eventually. Outsiders War might come to Arrow eventually. During DC's All Access, that's that show, right? The All Access show? Yeah. You used to watch that, right? I've, I think I watched six episodes when it first came out and I got bored. I've never watched it. Um, executive producer Mark Guggenheim. That guy doesn't like to be interviewed by us, Eric. I will mention it every time. <laughs> confirmed that the writers are well aware of the Outsiders War comic book arc and its potential for the series. This is what he said, Eric. We've talked African about American. it. We've talked about it, and we've absolutely talked about it. Oh, it comes up in the writer's room all the time. <laughs> and Katana was introduced. We're just waiting for the right story to tell. We never approach it from the standpoint of we've got to get that in. We've got to get that character in. We have to name check that character. It's always organic. We love those weapons clans, and eventually I'm sure they will end up on the show. <laughs> that was my Mark Guggenheim end scene. I liked it. Jeff Lemire and artist Andrea Sorrentino, six issue, it was actually issues 26 to 31, if you want to go out, that arc placed Ali in a centuries-old conflict between weapons clans, Eric, and they were the Axe Clan, the Shield Clan, the Sword Clan, the Spear Clan, the Mask Clan, and the most dangerous clan of them all, Eric, the Fist Clan. The Mask Clan? The Mask I don't even remember that. This fucking story is bullshit. No, it wasn't. God, I it hate this. It was awesome. It was awesome because in that story, here's spoiler alert, everyone. Ollie found out his father wasn't dead and that the time on the island was kind of rigged for him to be there. Blew your mind, Eric. Blew no, it your didn't. mind. It made me stop reading Green Arrow. It blew my mind. Everybody loves this arc. You're a jerk. And I think a couple uh, episodes ago, somebody asked like, what our favorite arc was. I said this one. So okay. So I, you were wrong many I times. Did. Um, it was great. Remember when I first started reviewing Green Arrow? Because that was late in our uh, review game. 
And yes. I didn't do it right away. I did it actually after uh, Anno Senti left and, and Jeff Lemire and Andrea Sorrentino. No, I'm saying it was right. Be- I think it was right before this or during, right, right at the beginning no, this of this. Was right. Well, no, it was. Um, I think it was around because we were in the like 22, yeah, 23 like when we started. 23, but they had already been doing it. I started reading it when uh, Lemire and Sorrentino didn't. Uh, Andrea Sorrentino at that time was a friend of the site. He's ditched us because they started that at issue 17. Their yeah. run. And I, I, I was reading it, and then I don't even think that when we started, that was in the review queue. I yeah. think that we were just, we kind of picked and choose, and then I kind of jumped on with it. Um, I loved it. I thought it was great. I think that it is tailor-made to be on the show. Oh, yeah, they will have to try to change some stuff, because, of course, it would um, really, I don't know, not retcon, but it would go back and change everything about the island. Uh, I think it's about time that would be pretty cool. Um, I remember when I first started reviewing uh, Green Arrow, I kept getting mad because every issue had the island, and I had actually been watching the TV show at that it's point. Like I every think. season, and of it was like that's what I'm saying. I had so much of that damn island, I was going to kill myself. Whew. But yeah, I would like it. I really would. I think there's a lot of people out there that uh, probably agree with me, and there's a lot of Arrow fans that would have no idea what this is about. No, and absolutely care. not. They wouldn't care, and I bet you if they did it. They, the actual fans of the show that don't read the comics would be a little pissed because it really does throw a lot of crazy things. But just imagine you watch Arrow. Just imagine out of the blue you find out his dad's alive. That would blow your mind. It's it television and, and comic mind. books, it man. It would still it blow your mind, though. It would blow no, your I'm mind. telling you, I wasn't even a big fan of this past season of Arrow. If they start doing this shit in the next season, I'm out. <laughs> There's nothing here that interests me anymore. You're a jerk. Go watch your freaking Girl Meets Flash? World. Girl Meets World. Oh, here comes the Rick next Constantine story. back. Here comes the next story because you love Arrow. So it continues with Arrow. Hold on, hold on. Before, no, before we even get nope, up, you I'm know, going you know on. these clans remind me of? That on. Renaissance fair you hate so much. No, it doesn't. doesn't Bunch of all. people getting together like, hey, I'm good with axes. Oh, which, I'm good with bows. I'm oh, good with shields. Nobody's good with shields. Get out of issue. here. Which was your favorite issue of this arc? I didn't have one. Yeah, you didn't read it, so shut your mouth. You yeah, because it was nonsense and I gave up. I'm going to turn into the Fist Clan, come over and fist you. going to fist you. Now we have something else going on. That's, That's right. Mm-hmm. Fist me all you want with noise going on. I'm professional. I know. It's my kid that's playing. Rafe, my son, is playing a game. And Did you hit him? He's just trying to destroy the podcast. <laughs> uh, yes. Uh, the next bit of uh, news I have a little issue with, but it's more Arrow news. Battlestar Galactica star recruited as Shadow Spire agent for Arrow. And if you remember, there was that African-American from Britain. That um, Nigerian ancestry? Uh, Jimmy Akimbola. Uh, is playing Baron Ryder, who isn't Baron Blitzkrieg, right? No, not at all. Nope, he's not Baron Blitzkrieg. But Variety reported that Battlestar Galactica and Falling, Star- Falling Skies actor Ryan Robbins has joined the cast of Arrow, season four, in a recurring role as a villain. Robbins will reportedly play Conklin, a member Conklin. of the- Conklin, a member of a- the villainous organization Shadowspire, appearing in flashbacks alongside Jimmy Akimbola, the African American, uh, his Baron Ryder. You think if you put him to your ear, you could hear the ocean? Who, Jimmy Akimbola? No, Conklin. No, that's not the same spelling, you stupid. <laughs> <laughs> and then I'm going to hit you over the head with it because you're piggy. Whatever oh, no. Gonna, your glasses going to... Actually, I'd hit you and your glasses would, would become better. And then, ah. It'd straighten out a bit. Yeah, they'd straighten and then you can see me and you'd be like, boy, that guy, I thought Chris Pine was good looking. Look at that Jim Warner. I've always, always so associated myself with Peggy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Peggy. Um, 
the you want thing... to go to the island for a vacation? Or... No. Yeah, maybe, and then all wrong. of a sudden that uh, uh, Ollie shows up. He's on the island, the fucking stupid island. Uh, this, this, this story I had issues with because I said to you, we got, I saw this story today at work, and I said to you, oh, Battlestar Galactica star, and you're like, original or, or redo? Reboot. And I'm still reboot. It's not going to be the original. Who is it? Richard Hatch? <laughs> Freaking what's his name? It was also on uh, the um, A-Team. No, I'm not going to remember. I don't even know why. Face. Yeah, Face. What the hell is his goddamn name? He has that badass name. Yeah, he does. Face. Anyway. Yeah. Face. Starbuck. Um, <laughs> I'll remember at the end of the podcast. It'll piss me off. You're looking it up now. I'm you? looking it up. <laughs> Stupid Templeton, ass. Templeton Peck. What? Oh, that's space. <laughs> Templeton Peck. No, that's space's real name. Yeah, that is. <laughs> Templeton. Oh, my goodness. You're making me laugh. Ha, <laughs> ha, I have an issue with this story. Dirk but Benedict. Dirk Benedict. There He's, we go. The thing is, I don't know which name I like better. Templeton Dirk Benedict Peck. or Templeton Peck. Templeton Peck sounds like a guy who rides a rickshaw. Dirk um, Benedict sounds I, like he rides a rickshaw. I like Dirk Benedict. Um, I, I read this story. And I Tom said Ellis. To, I said to you, isn't that a freaking the Neil, lead of Neil Pert, Alex <laughs> Lifeson. Um, I said, oh, it's, it's a Battlestar Galactica star. You go, which one? I'm yeah. like, oh, I don't know. It's uh, this guy. And I said, oh, it's probably either the guy who sold them out to the Cylons, or maybe it's the guy who was um, Apollo, who was actually, I'll say, it's none. It, it's a guy yeah. who was in one of the later episodes, later <laughs> seasons, Charlie Connor. He played the part of Charlie Connor in seven episodes. That is hardly a star of Battlestar Galactica. <laughs> I'm like, Battlestar Galactica star? I tried getting into that show because how, many, how much praise people were giving it. I couldn't get past five episodes. It was just so overdramatic and boring. Well, what I, I started watching, and I really did enjoy it. I really did. And you don't want to enjoy anything, so that's something. Yeah, I really did enjoy it. And the thing that I, I got, I said, listen, this is overlong, a lot of nonsense. Wait, wait a minute. That was our podcast. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes. No, I did watch the first season. And uh, like everything else, I, I get all excited for something like that. And after the first season, then I, I'm like, oh, I'll get to the next season later. And I, I never did. I never got back to it. Obama and his crew are out there somewhere, Eric. They're looking for home. Obama. Obama. Obama? All right. Next, next bit of news. We have two uh, kind of uh, sad news items here from the world of the next comics. one's sad I, i'm just trying to tie it in because it's also <laughs> a wrestling thing arrow star Stephen amell called out wwe stardust eric you know who stardust is no that's cody rhodes i'm saying i, I know it was a rhodes i don't know it's his name cody. i don't watch wrestling I, i'm freaking out you know his brother i'm an gold adult dust. gold dust freaks me out eric he always did yeah me too that move that he does you know what i'm talking about when he blows it or he blows the guy i know <sighs> And he blows the guy in that freaking spandex outfit. Holy. Makes me feel uncomfortable. I don't know how to feel about myself after that. I don't feel uncomfortable about it. Uh, yeah, it's Cody Rhodes. He's now Stardust. I like Cody Rhodes. I used to be a wrestling fan. And it's because my son, Rafe, who was interrupting us earlier, he was a really big fan. So me and him watched it together. It was kind of a, a fun thing. Yeah, so Cody Rhodes. I was a big fan. Uh, recently, his dad died. Dusty Rhodes died. In uh, a side note. Guy at work loves wrestling. Comes to me and goes, I can't believe Dusty Rhodes died. He's like 45. <laughs> like you, Dusty Rhodes was like 45 when I was two. That guy, and he looked awful. Cody Rhodes doesn't. He was dashing. In his, Cody in his defense, that kid is half retarded. Yes, he Actually, half. 
<laughs> I think I was talking to the wrong half then, Eric. Uh, this story here. Let's get on with the story. Arrow star Stephen Amell and WWE wrestler Stardust have had a back and forth going on for months now. Ever since. Oh, yeah? Yeah, Stardust taunted Amell during an episode of WWE Raw. I don't give a shit. Well, <laughs> now Stardust took things way too far, Eric. Listen here, brother. At least according to Amell. That's Hulk Hogan, and he is a racist, Eric, so that's all you'll hear about him. At a taping of WWE SmackDown, which aired Thursday, this past Thursday, Stardust taunted his opponent, R-Truth. You aware of R-Truth? No. I like R-Truth. Uh, with the phrase, you have failed this city, a line that Arrow fans are sure to recognize, Eric. Amel responded immediately on Twitter, and he put his first tweet was, that son of a bitch stole my line. And then the next one is, you know the saying, imitation is the sincerest form of flattery? I disagree. Somebody point me towards Stardust. He's after him, Eric. You know what the problem is with this is? And it goes on. It says, while nothing is official. It's about wrestling. Rumors have been swirling that Amel himself might step into the ring, possibly as Arrow, to challenge Stardust. That would be so awful. Uh, the problem is, is any sort of news story, not that this is real news, but when something like this comes out, you never will be able to take it seriously. <laughs> Because you don't know what's going on. You're like, oh, great. Next thing you know, um, the little kid in Gotham is going to fight uh, The Undertaker. That's what I think. I'd actually watch the shit out of that. Would you watch that? Oh, my God, yes. Uh, what would be? I would just th- hope for the Tombstone pile driver uh, at that on point. On that little kid? And yeah. And then he'd laugh at him? Uh, yeah. What would be your biggest TV show star in a comic book, any of the DC books, who would you want them to wrestle besides The Undertaker versus that little kid? Anybody you would want to see? Huh. Hello. Now you just put me on the spot like that. <laughs> I like that. I, it's not like I planned this. Eric. Well, now I'm telling you, I'm actually taking this seriously. I want to think this out. Well, think it out then. Come on. Who's your favorite wrestler right now? I don't know is any wrestlers Ryback? right now. I don't know who that is. Is it? I don't know. I'm trying to think. Is no, no. See, I'm not thinking about any of that nonsense. I'm thinking about Jim Dugan. I'm thinking about which comic character I'd want to get into oh. the ring. Oh, in the ring. Is okay. that what you asked me? Yes, that's what I asked you. I don't know why I said it like that. Like I was surprised. Um, who would you have fight Rick Rude? Ravishing Rick Rude versus the t- Hal Jordan. Uh, no, versus Dead Man. Dead Man. Well, yeah, because he's dead. <laughs> He died of steroids. I know way more about uh, dead yeah. wrestlers than I know about living ones. Uh, like you have to pick somebody who's alive, like uh, Macho Man Randy Savage. <laughs> or uh, no, Lex no. Luger. Uh, no, he is alive, isn't he? No, he died. Chris Benoit. Mr. Perfect. <laughs> uh, oh yes, my Ultimate Benoit. Warrior. Ultimate Warrior. <laughs> I was gonna say that. Ooh, I think there's more dead than alive. Speaking of. Speaking of, we're just gonna. I don't even want to hear your answer because speaking of, Rowdy Rowdy Piper died today. Actually, it seems like he died yesterday, and they just yeah, found he him died. Today. What are you saying? They found him today. He's that dead today. That upsets me, actually. It upsets me, too. Hey, Who's uh, going to put those glasses on Keith David now? Piper, born Roderick George Tomes, or Tombs, died from cardiac arrest in his sleep at his home in Hollywood on Thursday night. He was discovered on Friday. Does that mean that he went to bed with his wife, and when they woke up, she figured out he was dead? I it means he's way more popular than Amanda Peterson. Yeah, well, still, it just it, I guess he died peacefully. He died, Fair enough. He, he's up there doing uh, Piper's Pit in the sky, Eric. <laughs> um, I know that we love they, they Live with Rowdy Roddy. Yeah. Um, what I actually, the last thing I saw him on was a wife swap. You're telling Joe me this. Swap, and he swapped with uh, uh, what's his name? Gilbert? Uh, no, Ric Flair. 
Oh, for some reason, I thought it was the Ronnie Gilbert Godfrey episode. No, 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 no. You're that telling was me with, about um, the dad from Family T- I can't remember stuff anyway from Growing Pains. Uh, <laughs> what's his name? From Growing Alan, Alan, Alan Thicke? Thicke. Yeah, yeah. Why can't I think of things tonight? Um, no, the, the wife swap I saw with Ric Flair and Rowdy Rowdy Piper was really good because... Can I, can I get a woo? Ri, woo! Ric Flair was so... He wasn't a jerk. Ric Flair is a guy who, say the guy has $10,000. He's going to spend nine. He's going to spend everything up to 50 cents. He's very big on keeping up this persona of Ric Flair and the nature boy. So he's, he's very the, irresponsible is what oh, you're yeah. telling me. And his wife takes advantage of it. Uh, Rowdy Roddy Go had his, his family, and I'm telling you, they seemed to be like the most in love family. His, his kids, his wife, and they were very down to earth. Rowdy Roddy actually um, was a good friend of Ric Flair, and they, they had a falling out. And, and Rowdy Roddy, even in, in this thing, even said, like, Rick, I, I worry about you. I love you. And I'm telling you, everything seemed genuine. There was nothing in this that, to me, seemed that Rowdy Roddy was a bad guy at all, and everything was genuine. And I think that you, when I was looking at this story and I looked a little into it to write some stuff up here for it, a lot of people are coming out and he, people loved him. They really did. And I, I'm telling you, I'm going to cry, Eric. Jesus. <laughs> uh, yeah. I, I'll, that, how screwed up would that be if I started crying because Rowdy Roddy Piper died and I didn't when my dad died? <laughs> I thought that that was funny. You'll but, always but remember Rowdy when Roddy, Roddy died. Like, I put on my kilt right now. I'm giving him a salute. <laughs> yeah, I know the date that he died. <laughs> oh, yes. And I know he was 61, Eric. I have no idea how old my dad was. I'll say my dad was 61, too. We buried him in a kilt. <laughs> Werner's Pit, my dad used to do. And that was actually his stomach. And it was a fucking bottomless. Bottomless pit, it was. Damn, I'm actually pissed off. Oh, you were talking. I've been trying to find, uh, before we started the podcast, I saw a tweet by Roddy's son. And okay. I can't even remember his name or what it said now. I've been trying to find it, and I can't. I'm actually pissed off. Was it nice? Yeah, it was a nice tweet. Yeah, I, I'm telling you that. Isn't that weird that that's what people get now? Yeah. It's like, oh, he died. I better go look. When Amanda Peterson died, you went right to, um, again, I can't remember people's names. Seth Green? No. <laughs> what's his name? The star. Patrick Dempsey? Patrick Dempsey. Everybody, like, runs to his Twitter page. See what he said. Nobody asks people questions. You got to tweet. Stephen Amell's tweeting. Say, when I found out Roddy died, I went on my Facebook and I put up this, the fight scene between him and Keith David. Said, Who's yeah. going to put the glasses on him now? No. Rest in peace, Roddy. And Keith David, he left us uh, 10 years ago. No, he is still alive and he's not Ernie Hudson. Isn't Ernie Hudson? You are Hudson. a racist. Ernie Hudson. You are a racist. That was a racist. I just think that I, you know, he's not dead, Keith David. No. I think the last thing Neither's I saw. Neither's Ernie Keith, Hudson. The last thing I saw Keith David, and he was in something about Mary, right? He was the father. I actually don't remember that. Yeah, movie. I think it was. I think he was, and I laughed then too. Oh, that's that's news, Eric. Oh, <laughs> uh, what news we had! Oh, what a good time! News done. Uh, this is going to be a short podcast because tonight we only have three mails, Eric. Three mails. It's all coming to roost with. Could have sworn I could have sworn we had more than that. No, I think we had one more, and I couldn't find it. So really, uh, yeah, I can't find. You it. couldn't find it. Nope. The mail would just disappeared. I don't know where it is. I think I might have accidentally deleted it. I really do. There's another See, I mail. think you're just sabotaging it now. No, actually, I was hoping you didn't call me out on it because I couldn't find it. I loaded up the mail. It's not there. Maybe we'll have it after the segment. This is Friday night. We're recording. Maybe by Saturday I will have found this mail. It's and elusive it's mail. There. It's not there. And I, it was a question. Remember I said these people asking these questions, and I can't remember what it was. Do you remember what it was? Yeah. I did tell you, though, right? It you was you tell question. me a lot of things. I don't know, man. All of them true. Listener mail, Eric. 
We're going to go with listener mail. The first one's from Carl. You remember Carl. Carl wanted to mention his wife and baby about 12 podcasts ago, and he walks the stairs during his lunch and listens to the podcast. Carl wrote a mail. I don't know. This is the one I was talking about earlier. It seems like Carl's a little down on us. Uh, he's not down on us. He's down on DC in general. No, no. I'll tell you why he's down on us because I'll, I'll point it out. I don't think you read the whole thing. Carl says, <laughs> That'll happen. I'm just now listening to podcast number 19, and I'll tell you why. Convergence ended, and it was kind of crappy. And I got lazy and stopped going out walking for exercise. Just think of this. Convergence has turned Carl into big fatso. He's no longer walking the stairs because of Convergence. Jeff like, King, you see, are the devil. I can see. Like, I read, I didn't like Convergence either. And maybe that's You're a great I, big fat person. Maybe that's why I stopped exercising, Eric. <laughs> Actually, today's my cheat day. Yeah, every goddamn <laughs> this day is, is my cheat, cheat day. It's my cheat month. Um, <laughs> convergence was so bad, he just stopped walking at lunch. That is crazy. I think, I think he just gave up and bought a rascal. He stopped walking, period. I think he, I actually, I think that he is on the stairs, but he's riding up and down on one of those chairs, the electric <laughs> chairs. Stair uh, chair. Yeah. He's never going to get to this. He's on episode 19. Holy moly, he's never going to get to this episode. He's going to have to get a time machine. So he goes on. I didn't have time to listen to the podcast. Now I do again, but I wasn't sure if I was going to keep listening. See, almost none of post-convergence DCU books look any good at all. If you recall, I wasn't much of a fan of the New 52 and all the cobbled-together continuity in the Batman and Superman books. I, I remember he said that. Yeah, he was one of the few people that we said, oh, my God, this was one of the guys who actually jumped on for convergence instead of jumping off the ship. Nothing oh, right, is, right. Yeah, says, I got you now. He says, nothing is making me want to go back to any of them. I'm still reading Batman and Justice League and Prez and All-Star Section 8 are fun so far. But that's about it for me. I thought I had no reason to listen to your overlong podcast anymore. I mean, with <laughs> me only reading four books, that's an average about six hours of podcast per review. But I decided to finish out the Convergence stuff. And Jim's new voice in 19, episode 19 made me laugh. See? People like the voice. that May West? I don't know. That was earlier. I don't know what my new voice then was. I think it was Justin Bieber. Hey, guys. Okay. So if I have time, I'll stick with it and just fast forward through the nonsense parts. This is, I'm telling you, this isn't a, he's not very happy with us. Yeah, but he knows what's going on at least. Just keep trotting out those new voices and I'll stick around. See, that's why actually, having read this at the time, that was why I uh, premiered that bomb of a voice for Mark Guggenheim. I don't know what I was thinking. That was a Carl, you're voice. killing me with these voices, man. Come on. Then he goes on. This is where it brightens up. You were talking about Stephen Copper. In number, episode number 18. And I went looking for him on YouTube. Or as he said, on the YouTubes. <laughs> Big but star. I, but I couldn't find him. Did, you, did he get closed down by lawyers? Or maybe he <laughs> wasn't earning enough and closed up shop because they repossessed his rickshaw. That's 200 American dollars. It is, 200 American. Maybe it gets explained in a later podcast that I won't be around uh, to listening to for a few months. With me taking so long to listen to them, this is even more like communicating with someone on Mars. That's a joke I can explain to you in a few months if you want. I think he's, I think he's saying we're dumb. No, <laughs> he's, he's saying, saying by the time he gets to it. Yeah, But why? I don't need an explanation, Eric. I'm not a dummy. I ain't no dummy. You ain't no rocket surgeon. Uh, I'll, I'll mention, I went to Stephen Copper's page again. It, he does have the page. I actually emailed um, <laughs> Carl back. I do of course this you all did. The time. Yeah, of course I do. So I emailed him and said, hey, 
just, just skipped all this nonsense. Just get up to, if he's not reading these books, really, if he really wanted to, he could probably figure out when we're talking about the books that he reads. Go to those podcasts. Just come back. Come to the fold, baby. Come up to episode 30. Actually, I like last week's episode. Go to episode 19. I don't know who I'm talking to because, again, I'm, I'm sending this to Mars. Yeah, pretty he, much. He does really live on Mars, right? Sure. Okay. I'm a dumb Get your ass to Mars. So if he goes to episode 29, I, I, I sent him, I said, just come to the regular episodes. Don't worry about those past episodes. It has a lot of Eric nonsense. You don't need I, that. Agreed. I, I already told you by episode. You ask why I don't listen. Episode, I, I know what I said. Like, episode, I don't need to hear yeah, that shit. Episode 35, I'm, I'm doing this by myself. I've already planned it out. I'm going to put your head into that freaking jigsaw at the work. You're done, baby. Um, no, I said this. I went to Stephen Copper. Stephen Copper's still going. You know what, Stephen Copper? Uh, we had a little update on him uh, months ago. Yeah, I sent you a thing. And I think I mentioned on the podcast that he had started doing his own Oh, reviews. you did, yeah. And I said they were terrible, right? I, they're yeah. awful. Awful. Yeah, that's done. Did I send you the link today? He's back to doing ours. No. He, uh, this injustice led, this past week, my review. And then in the comments, he's going, I don't know. People are asking him questions like he did the review. Drives me nuts. Now I'm done with him. I am, I'm really mad. I'm going to go. He's from India, right? I have no idea where he's from. Yeah, because that's when you, you started being really bad about Indians. Because <laughs> I said something about his real Indian oh, that, name. Yeah, that was, that was episode said, 19, yeah, wasn't it? It probably was. You said his real Indian name was Sitting Bull. <laughs> racist. <laughs> that was a good bit. Sitting Bull. <laughs> Yeah, That still makes me giggle. Yeah, so uh, Stephen Copper's still going with his uh, auction. He's probably, right now, I didn't do Arkham Knight tonight. I usually do it before we start this part of the podcast. I didn't do it. He's probably so upset with me. He's waiting with bated breath to do that because he has to record it. And, boy, that takes him a lot. Actually, I'm wrong. I, I'll take this back. He's on vacation, and he sent a note. He has a video note about how he hopes that people can get by without him. And I'm not joking. This guy. Really? Oh, yeah. This guy is like, he's, he's a conceited fella. He really thinks that he is a star of the internets and the YouTubes, Eric. 200 American. Carl goes on. Weird coincidence. I notice I have cotton, pl- cotton placemats made in India. Is the universe trying to tell me something? You were very confused by that. He's going to have to talk to you about what that meant, Eric, when he comes back from Mars. Yeah, I might just be an idiot. He does live in Mar- on Mars, right? Yes, yes, yeah, so it's on Mars. Is Mars near Baltimore? He could say hi to Dan. Dan lives in Baltimore, <laughs> right? I actually yeah. was going to say that when Dan was all upset. I was going to say, listen, just calm down. If I have to, I'm going to come over there to Baltimore and take care of you. He gets really upset at that. He does. I don't know that Dan... He's a sensitive guy. He's a sensitive fellow, and I don't know that he gets the, the joke. He doesn't understand what we're doing here. And what Nobody doing, understands what we're, we're doing poisoning here. Poisoning people's ear holes, Eric. That's what we're doing. I don't know. We're, we try to be fun, guys. I, again, we come off as real assholes, and in real life, we're only dickheads. We're not assholes. Damn you're, right. a du- you're a douchebag. But to I, a degree. I, I don't consider myself a douchebag, uh, but I am a dickhead. Dickhead. All right, let's get on to the next one. Thanks a lot, Carl. The next one is Manship. And Manship uh, emailed me earlier in the week and sent an email and said, hey, I haven't listened to the podcast, but what the hell are you guys doing with this four-hour nonsense? And I wrote back to him, and we... Several a, times. Several times. We had a correspondence. We were laughing, making now fun Now Manship has a segment. And uh, I said to him, hey, uh, by the way, don't... don't I, or I said, hey, I expect the mail later this week. 
don't mention this correspondence because Eric gets mad at the, <laughs> And he wrote back, and he's very funny. He wrote back something like, yeah, and we didn't talk, wink, wink. <laughs> and now Manship has a segment. He's going to do uh, What's Man Shipping later. Damn right. I said I was trying to come up with a segment for Manship. So Manship, What's Manshipping this week? I know, man. I, I actually thought, Manship, uh, if you hear this, uh, I was thinking of having you on and you would talk about the um, previews of what's going to come next week. So. He's not lying. He thought about this all goddamn oh, I week. I was coming up with some crazy ideas of what segment you can do. That's what we're doing. I told you. Eventually, we're going to collect enough listeners to yeah. do the show for I us. We're gonna... So we don't have to do the show. <laughs> That's what we want. And then I'll write in awful emails to them. And they That's can right. read it. Uh, we have to find somebody whose name's like Johnny Mail, and he could do the listener mail. So um, you're going to email in? Yeah. Because that's what you're supposed to do. Oh, no. I'm, <laughs> actually, I won't. I'm going to send it on oh, Tumblr. Oh, now you won't. I'm going to send it on Tumblr, so take that. Manship says, first off, I need to apologize to Eric. I went back and found the image of Relic. Guess I yeah. saved the wrong image from your Green Lantern Core review. Oops, my bad. And it, it's not very... It's not something that surprises me. You put half the fucking issue in your review. I don't even yeah, know why you write. I don't issue. even know why you write words. You might as well just say. It. And then this happened, panel. And then this happened. Spoiler. Jeez. So let me get this straight. You guys ripped Cyborg number one. You had a you you had an issue with this because you said you didn't rip it. I, and it's true. I mainly ripped it because he constantly complains about his daddy, and he is a jerk to his girlfriend. Starting to sound like somebody. You guys constantly complain about your dead daddies, and you guys are always a jerk to your podcast boyfriend, Dan. Zing. <laughs> Zing. Uh, that's good. You know that why that's, that's so good of, because of what happened this week? <laughs> uh, yes, our podcast boyfriend, Dan. Can I? Uh, do you think right Dan... now, if Dan's listening, he's loading his gun and heading over to Pen Pennsylvania. No, actually, I think he thinks I live in Ohio. <laughs> he's from Baltimore. He's heading to Ohio. Uh, do you think Dan got mad at my impersonation of him? I have no idea. I don't know how far he got into the podcast. Can I do that impersonation? Can I, I, you, you, you understand at work when I'm talking. I love to try to impersonate people. I am the worst. I worst with voices, and so I always try to do it. Even though there's a couple guys at work that man, I I nail those guys. That's what you tell me. Oh, I I nail them. How are you doing? <laughs> Trying to think of one of the guys at work. Uh, you do. I'm saying we're standing there. You do an impression to somebody, and before I have a chance to respond, yeah, I nailed that one. You walk yep. away. I, yep, that's right. That's how you do it. It's always good. How about this one? Who is this? Let me think. Let me think of a uh, thing. Hello, weird science. <laughs> Who's that? That is Dan. Yeah. See, zing. I got a zinger too. How about a uh, famous person? How about this? I am not a crook. Who's that? That is uh, Roddy Piper. Bang. You are right. <laughs> Manship goes on. Oh, hell no. I was so happy to hear Ryan Clark's review of Archie versus Sharknado as I grew up on Archie comics, which I said I did as well. Um, I chose Betty, by the way, which I did as well. I chose I, Veronica. No, you're wrong. Yeah. I, I had the best Sunday ever reading Archie versus Sharknado while watching Sharknado 3. I think that that might cause the universe to implode. <laughs> you can't like watch a... Archie versus Sharknado while watching Sharknado three, and then follow that up with Archie versus Predator while watching Running Man, Eric. Watching Running Man. Yes. How does that lead into it? I don't know. Oh, I, I'm wrong. I messed that up. I meant Kindergarten Cop. Oh, now it makes sense. <laughs> now it makes my sense. bad. And then uh, Manship continues. Reggie the Reckless, more like Reggie Love. I know, right? Jesus, he is I, sexy. Now. He hasn't recorded this bit yet. I know what it's going to be about. 
but I have also begged him to sing Elvira for us. He says no. I told him I want him to say this is CNN. He will nice. not do it. He said <laughs> if I pay him, maybe. And then I also want him to do like a in a world gone wrong. But he won't do any of those. Uh, Reggie, he's got a. He he said to me on Twitter that he wanted to do voice work. Uh, people have said all his life that he should do voiceover work. You said it. Damn and, right. Uh, he said that he would like to, but the five guys are already around who speak uh, in that low tone. And I said that's James Earl Jones, the guy from the Allstate commercial, the brother from uh, Everyone Loves Raymond, and I don't know anybody else. And uh, we came up with some others, but I can't remember. But, yeah, boy, he's got a low. The freaking things rattle when he's – I can feel them in my balls. My heart rattles, Eric. And yeah. the ship ends with a new sign-off, Batman ship. I like that. All right. I like Batman ship. So now I'm thinking of another segment. <laughs> <laughs> I can't think of one right now. I still like the what's man shipping this next week or something like that. He's in. I'm going to tell him right now. He's an engineer. He told me that. He's one of them smart guys, Eric. He's not a wordsmith. Oh, yeah? Is that them engineers are? He's not a wordsmith. He is an engineer. He's a smart guy. We work at a cardboard He's going to have to factory. prove it to me because I've known a lot of engineers. Oh, really? Engineers, huh? Well, an engin- I, I actually like Batman Ship, as I'll call him from now I like on. Batman Ship as well. Um, mainly because he's an engineer. He's still like Sharknado 3. That's pretty cool. Some of those guys. <laughs> um, did I tell you that my, uh, my wife's uncle is an engineer? I thought he was a test pilot. Yes, he is, Eric. And the next mail is from Reggie. Reggie, as we always say, what are you going to say? What's up, Reggie? What's up, Reggie? I'm drinking my drink now. It's not very refreshing. It is a um, really bad-tasting um, iced coffee. I don't know why I brought this up even to drink with this. It's not very good. Were you trying to drink it while I said, what's up, Reggie? Like you had enough time? I thought I had enough time, and I said it. I, I set you up to say it, and then I almost spit out my freaking drink. Oh, Reggie, here we go. I'll give you one thing, Reggie. I think he's going to, now that he's on the podcast, he's taking it easy on me. Not as many big words. I'm not a Reed Smith, as I told you before. (laughs) Reggie says, Dear Jim, I quit my job, missed two funerals, and my nephew's baptism in order to listen to last week's torturous podcast. Do you realize that podcast, do you realize that podcast was a full hour and five minutes longer than D.W. Griffith's Birth of a Nation? Did you know that? I don't even know who D.W. Griffith is. That is a racist movie, Eric. In the time it took to listen to your podcast, I could have flown to Boston, eaten a lobster roll, flown back to New York with plenty of time remaining to hear Eric complain about his eyesight. It's true. You have awful eyesight. I encourage you to do long podcasts because that is the only way your show will get enough notice to be declared a federal Superfund waste site (laughs) or a terrorist cell. I think we're freedom fighters. Damn right. Then the two of you will be sent to Guantanamo Bay. Is that like a vacation spot, Guantanamo Bay? Sounds like somewhere where you go. Don't you go surfing there? No. Where is uh, David Hasselhoff's in that show, Guantanamo Bay? That'd be funny. (laughs) They had to. Our new shows, Guantanamo Bay and freaking uh, Grace Point and Colt. Yes, Grace Point and Colt and Guantanamo Bay. They're back to back. That's the new TGIF, Eric. Uh, Yes, we'll go to Guantanamo Bay, where you will probably fare pretty well because bring you'll bring you'll. I, Red, what is Reggie writing? Do you see this? What I'm reading? Yeah, I, I this actually don't make sense, Reggie. All right, let me make sense. Of being this, where you will probably fare pretty well because you being, will be waterboarded being, because because being waterboarded. Yes, that doesn't make sense. 
where you will probably fare pretty well because being waterboarded. We'll because being waterboarded okay. is a walk in the park You'll compared fare to listening to you. Well because being okay, I got you. But he come said, on, Reed Smith, but he get didn't on say this. Being, he wrote bring. I know. I'm just saying what it's supposed to be. Okay. Where you will probably fare pretty well because being waterboarded is a walk. You are not getting off light easy next week. Jesus Christ! Light and now you can't talk compared to listening to you drone on and on about your shared ineptitude. Sure, you should consider doing a Jerry Lewis style twenty-four hour long telethon. Hello, ladies. We kind of talked about it afterwards. Yeah, where you raise money to send you and Eric on a one-way trip to the moon. You would love that. I'm betting your significant others are good for a few grand apiece. Actually, I'd rather go to Mars so we can visit Carl. <laughs> yeah, we talked about that about a marathon. Yeah, that I said that if we, uh, yeah, if we had one of those things, because a lot of places do end up having a marathon podcast. It's usually for um, charity, and our charity, charity, us, Eric, us. Charities for suckers. Yeah, what do you get out of charity? Nothing. Nothing. <laughs> I saw a thing tonight. They have, um, they don't have Sarah McLaughlin anymore, but they're trying to beg you for money, and it's eighteen dollars a month. It'll happen to us only pets. like for like a cup of coffee a day. Yeah, well, they still say that's only sixty cents. Oh, you know a day. it's not bad. Yeah, <laughs> I just but realized eighteen dollars a month seems too too much for me. It really does. And then they had the same thing, and it got me angry. Actually, for a cup of coffee nowadays, that'd be a lot of goddamn money. Yeah, would I spend a lot on coffee? So do I. They had this thing with the like the AASPC. I don't know. And the next A-S-S-P-C-A? thing, ASPCH. The next thing. Um, they had another commercial for the Wounded Warriors Project, and it was the same. I, it, it bothered me because it was almost the same exact commercial. How but dare it, you ask me for money? But and this was like twenty dollars a month. But the, what got me was it's because they seemed so similar. It seemed like a scam to me. <clears throat> they had this poor guy. That All was, of a sudden, they're the fucking prince of Nigeria. Yeah, I don't know. They they had this really. He seemed like a nice guy. He got bombed and. Uh, I'm not saying he was at a party. I got bombed plenty of times. Party. The poor guy could barely walk. It was sad. Did he look like the guy from the Metallica video one? No, no. And his mom was like, I wanted my son. It looks like the guy's life is ruined. So I, I just Why is he trying to bring me down? I still didn't send money, Eric. Uh, of course you didn't. So maybe we'll do something for the Wounded Warriors charity, Eric. And I, actually, I'd like to go to the uh, Jim Has Fry Freaking Kids charity and uh, – just bought a new car for some reason, like an idiot. <laughs> That's my charity. But yeah, I don't know why I even got on this. <laughs> this is a bring me down, man. You bring me down. And it did. It really got me upset. Um, he can. Well, uh, what I was saying, uh, the podcasts that have these marathons, uh, they're like, oh my god. And I've listened to. I think I tried to listen to some, and I'm telling you, within the three hour mark, they're already bitching and moaning. They're like, one guy's he's sleeping on a sleeping bag. Uh, the other guys run out for coffee, and this other guy's just babbling on. At the and I'm like, we I don't I think we could easily do it. 20, I don't know. By the three hour could, mark, three hour mark last week, you were yawning during Wonder Woman. Yeah, so. well, it's mainly because of that book. But I think we could book. do that. Uh, I don't know that people would listen, but maybe one time we'll just say the hell with it. We're doing the 24 hours. We're going. Bullshit! And, you would never be able to get away with that. Yeah, that's true. I, I wouldn't be able to do that. I'd get yelled at. Actually, that would probably make a pretty good podcast there. I mentioned Reggie on uh, Twitter. I think we were talking, and I, I said that Tanya gets very angry when we do the podcast, that it's usually a fight after every podcast. She gets so good mad. Good times. She gets, uh, the funny thing is any, everybody listens uh, you know, over and over to the podcast. They listen. Each episode will laugh because she always says that I'm so happy 
<laughs> while we're doing the podcast and i think that everyone out there knows that that is not the truth I well before it. we even get started i call you up and you're like i was like hey what's going on hey yeah because i'm i i dread it every time and i said to you i actually haven't been dreading it as much i have to admit it tonight i i was i actually was gonna uh, message you screw it tonight let's let's just do it all tomorrow and i thought you know what you were making fun of me about when we start so i'm, I'm <laughs> i don't want i don't need your freaking nonsense uh, Reggie goes on, and I don't know. Reggie's, we have more mails of his. It is a marathon. In what felt like hour 16 of last week's seemingly endless <laughs> podcast, during the review for Justice League 3001, you clamored upon your soapbox and asked a worthwhile question. Why do people take comic books to task over current social issues like gender and race? The main reason, which you wouldn't have discerned considering your mutual agreement with society. Here he goes with these words. To leave each, each other with alone. society? I, no, I think, what he, I think he, real, he figures out a way to string words together that throw me off. It's that there has been a shift in thought where it applies to personal identity and civil rights. And no longer are people confined by strictly maintained stereotypes and exclusionary practices. Doesn't he have a segment on this podcast? He can say this stuff. <laughs> really? What's he throwing it in the mail? We're going to get this freaking segment later. You leave this stuff. I, actually, wh- how is it up there in the air up there with your freaking soapbox there, buddy? Boosh. Well, Jim, it's very nice <laughs> up here. And by the way, this is CNN and Bloom Bapa Mau Mau. Thank you, Reggie. See, you did it all. I knew he'd come through. Probably because the typical comic fan was, until recently, someone who got into comic books in order to avoid talking to the opposite sex. That's why I got out of comics many times in my youth. What? Back in and out. I, was, I read comics my entire life, like, growing up. Yep. And I'm like, I kind of wish I – maybe I should get, like, on the trolley of getting laid now. I'm going to put the comics away, get rid of everything, and then try to throw my game out there a little bit, realize no one's got – Realize no one's grabbing you throw for your it. Game out and nobody's biting. So I'm gonna get back into comic books, and then mm-hmm. like a year later, yeah, I'd like to lose this virginity. Yeah, all right, uh, let's get rid of the comics. Yeah, I, I was more out there uh, getting cues, Eric. <laughs> cues. Nobody knows what that means. Cues. I champion diversity in the world. So do we. Do you? I'm gonna say I do. I guess. I, I know. I mean, you love. Any- I don't think I champion it. Well, I mean, you, you're a big uh, proponent of Indians being named Sitting Bull. <laughs> That's still a good thing. Sitting Bull. And comics should reflect I don't know, that. Jim. What's a good Indian name then? Stephen Copper. That's right. But the way some people talk, you'd think that life imitates comic books. It is more, much more relevant, I right, think, which? that there is better representation on the executive side of the desk and not that some comic bought by 6,000 people has a transgender character. I agree. Me as well. You know, I break your balls a lot, but I've got to say that you've got a real talent for celebrity voices. <laughs> God like damn a, it. A, my voices are off tonight, and this is the trend tonight. Your Britney Spears is spot on. Thanks, Reggie. You should go to your kid's yeah. school one day and entertain their classmates with your vocal stylings. Be sure to let them know whose father you are so your children get the accolades and popularity that's due to them. I think and you know what? I would love that. I want to go with a video camera and just film the whole thing. That'd be great. If this was a sitcom, emotional child abuse is going to be the documentary. Sitcom, though, what would be great is Rafe would go to school or Logan. I'm I'm saying this would be more of the um, the elementary school that right. they go to. I they would say to somebody like say Logan's on the playground. They right. say, "Oh my God, guys, 
my dad's going to come in tomorrow, and he's doing his voices. Uh, there's going to be an assembly, and he's going to be uh, tomorrow Justin Bieber. Somehow a girl is going to hear it and think that Justin Bieber will be there the next day. So what happens is there'll be news. T- like Everybody's there, for, and then I show up. Hey, guys. Okay. And then they're going to be upset because you're nowhere near Richard Little or friggin' uh, Richard uh, Little? That's Rich Little to you. Richard Little. Richie Little. Nobody's ever called him Richard Little. <laughs> Richard Little. I might be the he's Michael grown Winslow. Up. Hey, he realized now that he's not retarded and he's grown up. He's going by Richard, Richard Little. Richard Little. Uh, again, people impressionists have been around probably since the, the dawn of time. Name Michael one Winslow. From, name one from like 1920. These guys, they, they really are uh, the sign of the times. When that, it, it's such a sad thing. I talked about it way, way back in some podcasts that it must be the saddest thing to be an impressionist and realize everybody you do is dead. <laughs> like Rich Little, his big impressions were Nixon, uh, freaking Reagan, yeah. uh, Jack Benny. Uh, Johnny Carson. I remember watching guys. him on the Muppet Show, and he does a terrible Fozzie. Yeah, I'm saying that <laughs> all his things are these older guys. He he's done. Now I haven't seen Rich Little. Say, in is a he long still time. alive? I would say he is. You God would. You'd his, say Ernie Hudson is dead, but soul. Rich Little, I'm gonna, he's alive. I'm hedging my bets. <laughs> he's alive. God rest his soul. Just like your dad and mine, and you put that rose there, uh, blah blah blah. This is all for uh, Carl I gotta go Hiller. make fun. I gotta this go is, make fun of my girlfriend. This is for Carl Hiller, so he can catch him up. This is all we ever talk about. It's the same podcast every week. We just add things. We we throw those other book titles in. All right, Eric, and then he goes on to your bit, and you know what he he likes to still claim you're America's sweetheart. I don't. I don't. Everybody agree does, man. I don't know. I think you're you've fallen out of favor. Eric. And you know why I knew when you had fallen out of favor? When Rich Little, or Richard Little, as you say, started doing an impression of you. Then you knew you were done. Dear Eric, America's sweetheart, normally when I hear someone complain about not being able to see, I tell them, go get glasses, dumbass. But being that you are the face of Weird Science DC blog at blogspot.com, and you're trying to get this Twix candy bar sponsorship, you might want to avoid spectacles, which you do. That's what I'm talking about. You're so vain. Uh... Though I, I will tell you that I don't mind so much. Me. Yes, I don't mind it as much only because when you put your glasses on, you still can't see. It's true. What about contacts? Have you looked in the LASIK surgery, Eric? Yes, I have looked in the LASIK surgery, but I'm telling you, I could get it and I'd still have to wear glasses. Yeah. It doesn't make sense to me to do. Yeah, that's ridiculous. Yeah, it's like, but you'll have thinner glasses. So what? <laughs> Stupid. I think the best and cheapest option would be for you to go to one of those backdoor doctors and have them replace your eyes with the donated eyeballs of a recently dead serial killer. <laughs> you would love that. According to the movies I've seen, the only side effect will be an overwhelming feelings of homicidal rage. You give me that every week when I listen to the podcast, and I haven't killed anyone yet. You ever so you'll watch, probably be okay. You ever watch Body Parts with Jeff Fahey? No, I haven't. It's where he has his, uh, uh, the arms and legs of a serial killer put on him. Oh, really? Arms like, and legs? Yeah, and then it takes over his body. <laughs> arms and legs, really? So, so before then, he was, the like the guy, he was like the guy in the one video, the Metallica video. He had no, no, he was not. That, that, I'm saying, though, but he couldn't see, could not speak, could not hear. Exactly. Absolute darkness. Yes. <laughs> and blue. <laughs> 
since Matt from Calgary sought your expertise about Pennsylvania, I wonder if you had any. I'm gonna stories. go watch that movie after this podcast. I, I wonder if you body parts of the dog's age. Don't don't do any like Mortal Kombat X reviews or something. People coming to the site trying to find those. What, am I gonna put up a review from January? <laughs> I won't even go there. <laughs> I wondered if you had any stories about dealings with the Amish or Mennonites. Did you ever date an Amish girl? Did you ever rear-end a buggy? <laughs> yeah, a few of them, but not yeah, what you're talking that about. sounds weird. And have to exchange <laughs> insurance information? Did some burly Amish guy ever clean your clock? Again, I don't know. This, uh, this all sounds like sex talk to me. Yes, for star- staring at the exposed neck of his wife for too long? I'd love to hear any stories from you or Jim. I actually had the opportunity to sit and speak with an Amish family in Wisconsin back in 2005. Weird. And I found the experience enlightening and a little gross. They were nice people, but the house was filthy with real soil, not just regular human muck consisting of dead skin cells and microscopic <laughs> fecal particles. And yeah. Reggie doesn't like dirt. I don't like dirt either. There were eight kids people in the are house. Gross. What was that, my house? All girls, actually. Yeah, all girls because the boys and the husband were out farming. I think that's another code. And about half of them had pink eye. That might be another code. That sounds like code to me. The matriarch of the household served some peppermint tea and some ginger cookies, which we figure are ginger snaps. I'm not agreed, though. This still sounds like some code to me. Uh, The ginger, if they were ginger snaps, boy, they are the hardest cookies you could have. The best thing about ginger snaps, though, you never could tell if they're, they're stale. I hate, I don't like ginger I snaps. Ginger I, I hate snaps. the taste of ginger. Them, you know what it is? It reminds me, it's like something that I only eat them in the fall. And they re- it really makes my heart glow. Oh, Jesus and, Christ. Uh, they tasted like hot water in a communion wafer. So, yes, I think they are ginger snaps. I love those things. Nice people, though. God, how I hope one of them kicked your ass. Probably did. Um, are there a lot of Puerto Rican Amish? Because these Peter Puerto Rican kids beat the crap out of me when I was a kid and went down to the shore. <laughs> Holy moly! They handed that's my, your boy. They handed my ass to me. <laughs> yeah, that's all I got. I'm just walking down there with my buddy. I think two guys, my friend and this other guy, bumped into each other, and then the fight started. But they never fought. And all these guys came up to me and said, "Is that your boy?" And I turned and I'm like, "What?" And then I, I all I saw were f- freaking feet and and hands and fists. Beat the crap out of me! Oh my I, I've god! I've never, I've never been beaten up except for my stepfather. My stepfather almost killed me. He's the only person who ever I would yeah. say like kicked the shit out of me. Um, Life kicked the shit out of you. I don't think I've ever seen an Amish even. You know? Haven't you? I, I don't I, know. I've, I've on the been, televisions, I've been <laughs> on the televisions. I've been to Lancaster and, and all that area. I've seen a lot of Amish people. I've seen the movie King Pin Eric. I've, I've watched uh, Richard Poor. Does that count? No. You, you, you've seen Witness? Yeah, I've seen yeah, Witness. There you go, Witness. Kelly McGillis. That's a handsome woman, Eric. Kelly I know you, McGillis. I've been to a Mennonite wedding where they're not allowed to dance, and then I got really angry. I was like, you can't drink or dance? What the fuck am I supposed to do here? And then this and, little bastard kid grabbed a hold of this butter packet. Yeah. And, I, and I, I'm, somehow I was designated to watch this kid. Okay. I have no idea how or why anybody would let this happen. I go to grab the butter packet out of his hand because he's a little, you know, he's rambunctious, I guess is a word, or asshole. Mm-hmm. And I go to grab it. And the kid squeezes, it, squeezes the butter right into my hand. Really? So no dancing, no booze, and butter in my and hand. And the next thing you know, John Lithgow was slamming his fist, yelling about dancing. <laughs> like, no I dancing. To, I had to go dance fight my freaking rage out in the <laughs> you, parking lot. You had to go out. You went to a, uh, like a hangar or a big... Uh, <laughs> the warehouse, warehouse next door. You, the abandoned you warehouse. You set in, and you started dancing. Eric. You were smoking and dancing. You know, when I was a younger... I had my foot up, too. Um, when I saw Footloose, and I, I was a teen... Really bothered me that he smoked. 
Why? I don't know. Oh, that's good. That's why you were scared of everything when I you were a kid. I was. I didn't like it, but man, yeah, I, I I once dated John Lithgow's daughter, and again, he was mad about dancing then too. That's my <laughs> only story. Yeah, I I don't have any personal stories with the Amish really, except that I uh, I don't know. I've gone to. Uh, Lancaster, I've seen them. I've seen the buggies. I've watched the Amish Mafia show way back with, with uh, what's that guy, uh, Levi, I think the guy's name I was. I got nothing, man. Levi something. They have a nickname for him. Lipshits Levi? I don't know. But, yeah, I, I don't really deal with those Amish people. Anybody who doesn't like the light bulb, Eric, they're bad to me. Can't they're, trust them. The light bulb. The Bunch of I, witches. Yeah. The reason I – they do that crazy – um, that non-electric freaking wooden stove thing, that heater. Yeah, that is totally black that, magic, That right? is witchcraft, Eric. That is witchcraft. I, I like it, too, because they're the Amish. I know that, you know, they get their thing. And they, they, everybody wants their goddamn furniture. Why do they make better furniture than me? Why don't they come to me for the furniture? I Nobody make would fun. trust you with anything. I, I wouldn't be able to make furniture. But still, it's like, oh, I got this furniture because the Amish made it? Please. What else do they have to do? Make their furniture churn butter. Churning butter and making furniture, Eric. The reason I often comment on how good the art in the, is in the horror comics you review on Mondays is because traditionally, comics like this look like they were drawn in the dark. Seem like that has changed and the artistic bar has been raised all over the comics landscape. I still think you should be more critical, though, and don't just give artists, artists a pass because they can draw better than you. If everyone that did something better than you was promoted to a professional position, then this podcast would be recorded by eight-year-olds, an orangutan would do your job at the cardboard box factory, which I'm telling you, if on Monday I showed up Angel? and you, you had been, oh my goodness, you are a racist. What? If I showed up on Monday and orangutan was working in your position, <laughs> I'd become fast friends with that orangutan. Yeah. Be just because you ever. want to recreate and he would sway so loose. I would just yell left turn Clyde every time and he'd punch everyone out, including those Amish Puerto Ricans that beat me up. I really do think they were Amish Puerto Ricans. Real jerks. That was at Wildwood. That's an awful place to go. Agreed. I, will, I don't think I'll ever go there again. I, I haven't been there since Fireman Weekend. Oh years God. and years ago. Did I tell you that they beat the crap out of me? Many times. And, and then fact, you cried a little bit no, afterwards. No, I didn't. Uh, in fact, what when happened When you told is, me about it, you no, did. No, <laughs> this is what happened. Is in my mind, I've never really been in a fight. I played hockey. When you fight in hockey, what happens? It's usually you against a guy. Mano a mano. Mino ni mano. And to me, that's how fighting should be. I've seen West Side Story, Eric. You dance. <laughs> And you, go, you grab the other guy's hand and you kind of dance with the knife a little. They didn't dance with that knife, Eric. I actually, I, had re I was a wrestler at that time. I had wrestled. And, um, <laughs> I meant earlier that day with my buddy Brett who went with me. We wrestled a little, but in a manly sort of way. Um, so what happened is the guy asked, if, if, is that your boy? And I think I was like, huh? Is that your boy? Yeah, I think I went, what? And then he did like take a swing at me. And I, I believe in my head... <laughs> I did a Matrix type thing, and I leaned back. Of course you did. He missed me, and then I popped back up. Now, actually, I think he might have hit me square in the face. But again, I had played hockey as well, and I'm, I actually, at this point, I had the upper hand because I was used to getting, uh, you get hit in the face all the time. You know, the moneymaker. It looked can, like it. Yeah. The moneymaker can take it. I, my nose was probably broken seven times. So he hits me, and I immediately think that the best thing I'm going to do here, I don't want to fight a guy, 
But the best thing I'm going to do is to do a little. Hurts. I was going to shoot for the leg, as they say. I was not sweep the leg. Yeah, you're down there anyway. It. I get you. I was going to shoot for the leg. Went there, picked up his leg, went on top of him. So I'm on top of him. That's right. a normal position for me on top of this dude. Yeah. Worst thing to do because all of a sudden all his friends, like I said, feet just they just started kicking me. Was the guy like, underneath you? Yeah. I mean, yeah. like, were they kicking your sides or were they kicking no, down? No, they were kicking my face. <laughs> it was all in my face. Jesus Christ. And then I, you know, I rolled over. Then I got up and I stumbled away, bleeding all over. My nose was bleeding. I actually later found out that both um, uh, cheekbones had been cracked. So I'm stumbling around. I stumble into a shirt store, and the guy in the shirt store goes, Get the hell out of here. So yeah, I, I wouldn't want st- you in there either. I, to, I think I was actually bleeding on the shirts. Yeah. I, I stumbled out. Couldn't find my buddy Brett. Find him like 10 minutes later. I know I had He's a getting concussion. a pretzel. I had a, yeah, I think he, him and the, all the guys, they went and got water ice. Some good friends you got They're there. They're all hanging. But yeah, Brett comes and I end up finding out they didn't even fight. The guys yelled at each other. They separated. And then I freaking get the kick, shit kicked out of me. So we went back the next day. I'm at the shore thinking I'm going to get the ladies. Uh, the next day I wake up and I my one eye's completely swollen shut. The other one I can barely see. I freaking have a bloody nose still. It's blood's coming. I, I keep spitting up blood. And as you know, I already have a false tooth from a hockey thing when I got hit. So I took that out, and I was just going around going, I'm the, I'm the champ. Oh, it was the worst. I, I had pictures of this. So you wouldn't recognize me. It was the worst. The worst, man. If they're out there listening, the hell with you, you Puerto Rican freaking Amish. And that is so anyway, right. and that is Richie's mail. No, it's not. I didn't no, get to answer his question there. Okay. You just went back into the story like it's post-traumatic I, stress so, disorder. I'm so angry. Where's that <laughs> no. orangutan? Me and that orangutan are heading the wildwood right we're now. Gonna we're gonna wreck shit. We're gonna wreck shit up. I'm telling you, we're gonna. Me and Clyde are gonna wreck shit up. Or well, maybe no. I'll call him Bear. Yeah. I'll be DJ. He's the Bear. Let's go. Good times. Go on with your story. Anyway, I don't really give them a pass. Then I expo- this guy starts kicking me. No, go ahead. I don't really give these artists a pass. It's more that I want to explain that, I don't know, I always feel bad saying that the art looks like shit because I know that it's way better than I can do. That's my only thing I'm trying to explain. I still don't like the art. It's just better than I can do. I'll give it a low score based on the art because I don't like it, but I just I really feel like a dick. And saying, "Hey, that thing you do that you like, you know, do professionally, you suck at that." Yeah, I, I think it, it's also more uh, for me is that you're reading you're reading a book, and I don't know about you, and I've I've talked about this before, even on the podcast, that I'm not a visual type of guy. When I'm reading the story, I am looking at the visuals, but I'm more concentrating on the story, and also, you know, in comics, you're thinking, "Oh, this this is from that, and this leads to that, and that was from this thing." And and I go back afterwards to look back at the art. And, and again, to me, it's more of a thing. It's like, yeah, I like it. And it's hard. It, it is. It's hard for me to explain. I don't know the technicalities of like some of these people. Like, and then he, he used the broad strokes on this. Yeah. And then he went with the thin. I don't know that. I know what I likes. Exactly. I, and I, again, usually for me, it's um, I'm more. I'm not a guy who's going to say, like you're saying, I'm not ever going to say, like, oh, my God, unless it's really bad. I'm never going to say, like, oh, my God, that art was garbage. What I'm more prone to do is when a guy really kicks ass. Exactly. Just say, like, oh, my God. I will suck him awesome. off and, and again, with my words. Yes. And then there's <laughs> there's other things when you're you're doing this and reviewing all these comics and things, you tend to get a style or somebody hits that style. you like, with me, it's Brett Booth. We talked yeah. about it today at work. I love Brett Booth's art. Uh, people, some people don't. 
and it's weird to me, but that um, you're reading, how can I say this? You're reading a book, and the writing is, it's, how can I say it? Subpar? There's, no, no, I'm saying that people oh, have a style of writing, but it's still the same as that. You know what I mean? A story's good or it's not, yeah. but the art there it's such a stylistic thing and it, it's so much a personal and a subjective thing is what i'm saying um i could be more objective with the re the the writing of an issue than the art on me as well um and it is subjective and i get the idea even today uh we'll talk about later in the podcast um the flash annual right uh, the guy on it who's got a great name and it escapes me right now bong bong something i love his art in this and i saw that ign and I'll bitch about them later, too. But <laughs> IGN liked the issue but said that they didn't like the art, that the art was pretty much subpar to them, and I don't know what they were looking at. Again, that, that's what they thought. I think they're wrong because I thought it was really good, uh, especially coming from somebody who's Brett Booth fan. I'm a fanboy, yeah. um, but I still really liked it. But, and yeah, uh, that's why we give them a pass, right? Because we're idiots. That's what this all. And you know what? <laughs> Kick the crap out of me. They still <laughs> Who? What I'm telling you, and to me in my mind, there was 50 of them. There was probably like three guys attacking me. There was more than me. It was, it was not one-on-one. It was not mano-a-mano. It was definitely three or four guys. Who does that? Who goes to Wildwood on nothing. a Friday night? Everybody's there to have fun. Well, honestly, go Irish weekend. That'll happen. Yeah, but it wasn't Irish weekend. It was Amish weekend, Eric. I, <laughs> I thought I was safe. No, I'm just saying, who does that? But that taught me from that moment on, I think a little bit if of If somebody the... asks you, is that your boy? Yeah. You immediately say oh, no. No, I start swinging now. <laughs> and I mean, I go to the club and exchange wives. The problem, the problem is that that day. It really did change my life. It changed me. I became not Ugly. cynical. No, well, that was already. I mean, I think they actually improved my looks <laughs> in the long run. No, it really, I ended up being like more of a guy like, okay, now if I, if anybody talks to me, I'm ready for a fight now. Somebody comes up and, hey, Jim, how's this morning? I'm in a karate stance, Eric. I'm ready. Like, yeah. That's why I started talking to you from far away before That's I right. approach. Yeah. Don't sneak People up on the wild sneak, animal, man. Sneak up on me. I'm giving it to him. <laughs> I'm giving it to him, baby. No, it really, it really did change me that day, and I became a guy that listen. I gotta look out for number one, me. I'm just happy I have a very large stature because if people knew they could kick the shit out of me easily, I would be done. Because I am so fucking fragile. Yeah, yeah, I, I can take a punch. They, they get up in my face. I'd scream, not in the face, and then I would just start crying. Yeah, and get in the, the fetal position. In the fetal position. That's what I was saying. Happy birthday to myself over and over again. Position and you muttering to yourself. Uh, yeah, I could take a punch. I, I got in a lot of fights in hockey, and I loved every minute of it. I did. I, I, I like that. I like a structured fight. I like can if, take a nice verbal exchange. Yeah, if we had a fight. I don't think you can. You get very upset when people put you down. I'm very fragile. Never mind. Uh, You're yeah, right. Yeah. I shouldn't talk I, or look at I anybody. I want to start a fight club at work. We're going to start it. Me and you. You, uh, you and Jimmy. I'm out. All right. Me, yeah, there's another guy. 32 years old. Jimmy. And that fits. <laughs> That, yeah, guy, that guy's a wreck. That, he is a genetic wreck, that guy. I, I, we should post a picture of him. Oh, Jeff. oh, my God. Yeah. Oh, my God. That guy is a wreck. Uh, see, Dan, we yell at everyone, not just you. I hope he's listening. Love, Reggie the Reckless. All right. Next up, man, that's our uh, Friday nights, Eric. Our Friday nights are over. 
That's what we do Friday nights. We do this, and we said, hey, we'll do this real quick tonight. And I think it's like three hours long. <laughs> let's, let's listen to the smooth sounds of Reggie the Reckless and time travel to the following day. Enthusiasts and welcome to Reggie's Recklessness. I'm your host, Reggie Infantino. Foxnews.com ran an article by Brian Henry this past Friday titled Superman Fights the Police in New Comic Paralleling Ferguson Riots. It's about the recent issue of Action Comics, number 42, in which Superman, newly depowered and known to the world as Clark Kent, defends his metropolis neighborhood against an unusually militarized police force who are ostensibly there to break up an unruly mob. I will let Mr. Henry speak for himself, in his own words. The latest issue of Action Comics finds Superman battling a foe on the streets of Metropolis, but this time he isn't taking on his rival Lex Luthor. And aside here, Mr. Henry misspells Luthor's name as L-U-T-H-E-R, but that would be petty of me to point out. Mr. Henry continues, instead, he's battling the police, which has some people outraged. Quote, there's some fans that are alienated, a portion of older fans, end quote, said Demetrios Fregiscatos, the manager of Midtown Comics in New York City. Quote, but younger fans seem to be embracing it, end quote. The new issue comes from the minds of Greg Pak and Aaron Cooter, who have imagined a much darker story for arguably the world's most iconic superhero. The comic has been making waves for its controversial theme as the parallels to the riots in Ferguson and St. Louis are impossible to ignore. In the issue, Clark Kent's secret identity has been revealed, and he has been stripped of most of his powers and he's ditched his tights. Instead, Kent wears just a t-shirt and jeans, along with tatters of a Superman cape over his fists. The downtrodden hero returns to a town that is fearful of him. Although a group of his supporters decide to celebrate his return, the police department soon arrives to break up the party. One of his supporters gets unruly, the police get angry, and before long a full-blown riot breaks out. The comic ends with Superman punching a police officer in the face. Patrick Colligan, president of the New Jersey State Policeman's Benevolent Association, told Fox 411 the comic is disgraceful. Quote, They want to sell comics. Unfortunately, it's at the expense of some very great cops out there every day protecting the public. End quote. Still, seeing a police officer portrayed as a villain didn't come as a shock to Colligan. Quote, we are once again painted with the very broad stroke nobody wants to be painted with, end quote. But Fragiscato said the move is actually in line with the Superman fans know. Quote, he is standing up for the little guy, which is what he's always stood up for, but the law usually is on the side of the civilians, end quote. Fragiscatos added that this issue is far from the first time Superman was inspired by a real-life situation. Quote, some of the earliest stories involved Superman fighting corrupt landlords and businesses, and that was to give Depression-era people something to relate to. When you look back, it's not surprising that he became popular when there was no real-world hero to look up to, end quote. Fragiscatos defended the creative team's decision, saying they are not doing anything many other comic book authors have done. Quote, I think for Pack and Cooter, having read their works prior, it seemed, never seems like a gimmick. It's very much them wanting to tell a fresh new story. 
After 5,000 issues, it's hard to keep stories fresh, end quote. Colligan, however, argued comic books should go back to the basics. Quote, comic books are taking on social issues lately, and maybe they should get back to taking on superheroes and making people laugh, end quote. Representatives for writers Greg Pak and Aaron Cooter did not return requests for comment. Now, I don't think this will be a particularly resonant Fox News article. It's pretty clear to me that Mr. Brian Henry saw a looming deadline and nothing particularly interesting to write about, so he stirred a small cockroach nest of controversy by taking a comic book scene out of context and talking to two people easily reached by phone for ten minutes apiece. I mean, representatives of Greg Pak and Aaron Cooter? Greg Pak is easily reachable through Twitter and Tumblr and routinely interacts with fans, answering lots of questions. Aaron Cooter is also reachable through Twitter, though not as frequently, and both certainly give interviews. One, for instance, in the back of every DC Comics title last week. What representatives did Mr. Henry contact? The creator's respective grade school teachers? It's clear that journalistic standards have slipped to nothing at all when utter nonsense like what has been written passes for news. Not an editorial, but a bona fide news piece. When it is clear to everyone recording and listening to this podcast that Mr. Henry skimmed this issue of Action Comics at best, and has employed a rhetorical argument to denounce it. Cops equal good guys. This is literally one of the tenets of the discarded comics code that hampered storytelling in comic books for decades. Authority figures are always good, villains are always evil. That isn't storytelling, it's jingoism. I could go on to defend Greg Pak and Aaron Cooter's story, explain why the Metropolis Police Department was baiting Clark Kent into being aggressive, and point to illusions of a greater conspiracy behind everything. But why bother? It would be like describing Vivaldi's winter concerto to a lifelong deaf person. The group think behind the article isn't interested in reading comics, they're interested in using comic books and whatever else as fuel for their righteous fire. It is unfortunate that history has proven comic books to make great fuel in this regard. In the internet age, it is comic to see people denounce things they clearly haven't consumed. Indeed, this has become a hallmark of reviewers like those at MovieTrailerReviews.net and various amateur blogs. But comics have long been derided by those obviously not reading them. By Dr. Frederick Wortham in his book Seduction of the Innocent, by parents groups decrying their content in the 1980s, by presidents of the New Jersey State Policemen's Benevolence Association who think superheroes ought to be funny. They can even be judged harshly by the fans themselves, based upon five-page previews and publicity announcements, for none are as dismissive and quickly provoked to outrage than today's internet-based comics fandom. Ask not for whom the bell tolls, my fellow comic enthusiasts. For Weird Science DC Comics blog at blogspot.com podcast, I'm Reggie Infantino, and this has been Reggie's Recklessness. You can reach me on Twitter at Reggie Reggie or in care of this podcast. Good night and have a pleasant tomorrow. Planting evidence on any black resident. New York's largest crew, it's the men in blue. We stick together like glue and make lies come true. My name's Officer O'Malley. I'll shoot you in the alley and burn you like a cross at a fucking clan rally. I got spicks selling nicks in the LES. I stay untouchable like my name's Elliot Ness. New York's finest with a bulletproof vest. I confiscate the chronic, I let you keep the stress. That is, unless you wanna try and test. I'm DT undercover, I'll lock up your mother. You're just another brother. You ain't a mafia don Who the fuck's payroll do you think that I'm on? The police department is like a crew It does whatever it wants to do Alright Eric, it's time for the meat and cheese of the podcast we like to call the books The appetizer? No, 
the main course meat and cheese. And if you want to go see the real, honest to goodness, full reviews, I'm ignoring you. The full Uh, review of these books, go to our website, weirdsciencedccomicsblog.blogspot.com, and you can see the full out review uh, that wins us Pukelitzer prizes each (laughs) and every week. Well, yeah. What did you think about this week? I I don't know. I didn't really care for it all that much. Actually, I liked your books a lot more than I liked no, mine. I, I think the week itself is pretty down. And there were, weren't too many books. It's annual week, you know. Yeah, shit happens. I know. I'm not a big fan of annuals. But the first book, which we consider the book of the week, is not an annual. And it's your book, as always. <laughs> what do you mean, as always? It doesn't have to be. Well, it's, that's probably the most important book of all this garbage we got this week. I guess. Not it after reading it, it's not. Well, that, maybe that's why it's even more important. Oh, shit. Yeah. Superman number 42, written by Gene Yang, with art by John Romita Jr., Klaus Janssen, Dean White, Will Quintana, and Tomu <laughs> Moray? Yeah, I've had Tomu <laughs> a bunch of times. All right, Superman finds out that this group, Hoarder, is behind his identity blackmail. And after Lois finds out that Clark Kent is Superman, she quickly gets over it so they can get to the techno mass so they can get to the magic bus, so they can get to the campus on the clouds. And if that's not ridiculous enough, Superman goes and uses that damn solar flare again, but thankfully this time something was there to siphon off his power, giving us the current depowered Superman as we know him, which hopefully means we'll never see that fucking solar flare again. No, we can only hope, Eric. God, this book is a fucking mess. I hated it. I hated, I hated it, it every so goddamn much. It did remind me of Sky High, though. I know it did. flew to that campus or whatever the hell... Oh, my God. When we do these uh, things and I write my notes, I write my likes and dislikes, and then I go off of that. Holy moly. This is the most dislikes I've ever written, (laughs) and I have one like. And my like is, the art is okay. (laughs) And even there, I have a but. Just like we said, you know, I'm I'm not racist, but the art's okay, but I hated Jimmy's look uh, a couple times in the issue. And, boy... I didn't even know that was Hero, freaking Toy really? Master. Holy crap, that didn't look like him at all. It looked like a woman, number one. It, it was awful. I, oh, my God. See, I, while we're talking about the art, though, I was never a fan of John Romita Jr.'s art growing up because I've said this before because I used to read like a Spider-Man and different shit because I was a Marvel kid growing up. And he's he just draws squares. You know, I think of like when I was taking drawing courses as a kid. Oh. Everything was like, you know, You circles. were taking drawing courses, huh? Down at the rec center? Down at the rec center. Oh. No, I was self-taught really, but I read a lot of those uh, how to draw books and yeah, shit like yeah, that. I, I had a couple of those myself. Yeah. And like, you know, you always base the human body around different sh- like square, I mean, uh, circles sure. and different like, shit, yep. shit like that. But you know, it changed up. It seemed like everything that Ramita Jr. drew was square based. Yeah. And it bothered very, me. As a kid. Very blocky. But no, since taking over this book, I enjoy Romita's style here. I think he was born to draw Superman. Really? He was it's, born to do it? It's his best work I've seen. Yeah. Uh, if this is his best work, I don't know what the hype was of him coming over because I really I, – I don't like his Superman at all. Really? And the only person I like is the one thing that you didn't like the last time was his Lois Lane. Right. And I don't know what you think about her this she issue. She looked better here. Um where I have my problem with Jimmy, there's a couple panels where Jimmy's just sitting there. He looks exactly like he could be the red-haired brother of Clark. They have the same exact face, but just different hair. And it's actually, I'm looking at it right now. I wish that we were doing this in the same room I could show you. Most ridiculous-looking Jimmy. It's right when they go to meet uh, Toy Master Hero. 
And uh, he just looks ridiculous. I like the Toy Master that we saw in Batman uh, Superman. Right. And this is this is just not good. Uh, I don't know. I, the whole issue was a bunch of nonsense. I'll tell you right off the bat, we had the issue I had again with this last month. Is I always forget that this is the before depowered Superman. It's going on, and there's all these issues, and each of them has a different thing going on. And I'm like, oh, yeah. It's actually, like three pages in, I'm like, Oh, shit, yeah, I forgot he has his power here. I'm like, what is he doing? And it's when he says that he hears we're the only heartbeats within miles. And I'm like, first off, are you coming on to Jimmy Clark? Because it really sounds like it. I think you want a date. And then I'm like, what the fuck is he talking about? And I'm like, oh, yeah, he doesn't have his powers. No, no, see, I actually um, thought it was fucked up because at the end of last issue, he had like he was had no powers because he had solar flared in that issue. And memory and the got clip- shot. And he, the cliffhanger was he got shot. And that's yeah. where he ended with Lois yelling, Clark. Mm-hmm. And then here, he's fine. Yep. I had a big problem. I even put this in my, my review where Lois doesn't get the idea that he's Superman until he takes out these robot ninjas. Yeah, yeah. He but just got he, shot up. He, and now he's fine. I like when she finds out and she, like, tries to rip his clothes off. I think she really wanted to do him right you there. You got turned on, didn't you? Oh, my God. She's ripping. No, actually, I got more turned on thinking that Clark would say to me, the only heartbeats within a mile are ours, Jim. <laughs> I said, that's right, baby. And that, well, should, with... that should be James Olsen, by the way. As much as, yeah. No, he's still a kid. I know. That's but, why um, it's even creepier. Well, we're on the, when we're all still on the art, though, I didn't finish where, uh, I, like I said, I like Ramita's art for the most part. Mm-hmm. I did not like sections of this book because the book, the parts where we had three colors, yeah. and the parts that Dean White didn't do look terrible. Okay, Dean White's a normal colorist on this book. Well, it's normal since I took over one issue ago, so I have no idea. But yeah, yeah. that's who I'm used to so far. And the parts that he didn't do look terrible in this book. It's all muddy as shit, you know. Different like reviewer words: muddy, pencil heavy, whatever. Yeah, yeah. I, I just I'm telling you, I I don't like John Romita's art at all. I think his actual faces and his body uh, stuff are, are ridiculous. I told you that like a guy like Rob Liefeld gets a lot of flack where they say, like, oh, it's, uh, it's not proportion right. And all that. That, this is I, – I don't like it. I really don't like John Romita Jr.'s art at all. I don't and like your art. It's, well, I don't. I'm not an artiste. And <laughs> I just – A but, rightist. Yes, but the, the art, it's, uh, that's not the worst part of this issue, unfortunately. I know. Um, the worst part for me – is this freaking what is it? Condessa? What is it? What is her name? Oh shit! Uh, I didn't even write it's it Condessa. down. Condessa. Is it Condessa? Yeah, she's awful. At one point, here's two things that really drove me nuts about her. First off, I didn't who, even plan talking about her. Who calls Superman Big Boy? She says it like six times. May hey, West. Hey, hey, big boy. May West come, calls yeah, Superman that's big what boy. what it is. It's, hey there, big boy. Come up and see <laughs> some time. What the hell? It's so stupid. And then the worst line ever. Jimmy says, oh, man, you're, you do coding. And she goes, what, because I'm brown or because I'm a woman? You don't think? I'm like, oh, my goodness. Whoa. It's Twitter. It's they're tr- yeah. trying to cause a controversy. Just because he said, man, I didn't think you'd know code. Yeah, yeah. Here's code. You're an asshole. She's a jerk, and then she ends up. You find out she sold them out. I just don't know what the hell they were taking writing this book because, like, I actually had high hopes for uh, Gene Yang. Yeah, I did too. Now, one of the things that I'll give you when Gene Yang came, I think he said it, or I read somebody that they were they were really looking uh, forward that he's more of a um, almost like a down to earth 
typewriter where he's going to yeah. deal. And we get that, but it's awful. It's terrible. Send him back to, to freaking you know, Avatar to the Earth. Last Airbender. Down to Earth with magic fucking school buses to take you to yeah, cities in the I sky. I think they just said like his, you know, the, the interaction between people. But again, he you died? have this. No, I, I freaking had a weird belch. I, I don't know. Even, well, I'm looking at the R2, and there's Superman flying with his goddamn jeans and his boots. I, this John Romito art is terrible. You're terrible. I hate it. I, I like I really it enough. Do. I'm telling you, it's grown on me, because originally I hated it as well. well. Again, let's just go down the ridiculousness of this ep- of this issue. Robot they go, ninjas. They go, well, they go, and the only way to get onto this, uh, what is it, hoarder? Onto yeah. their, their crazy bus or these stupid masks. So they go to Hero, Toy Master, he kind of rigs them up. That, it's so stupid. Then this bus shows up, and it, it's almost like, like I said, sky high or even like a Harry Potter type thing. But this bus is just driving down the street, picks up these people with masks. I get pissed off, too, because they said, like, you have to have the mask on or, like, it's the holographic whatchamacallit yeah, or whatever yeah, yeah. won't let you on. There are other people at this bus stop. That's what I'm saying. And you see, I don't have a mask. I, I You shouldn't see it until they put on these masks. Exactly. And you would probably see more people on the street wearing these goddamn masks. And it's just stupid. It's stupid. It's stupid. And I laugh because you pointed something out to me as well, um, that when they talk about the, the main villain. Hoarder. Hoarder. I'm Hoarder Root. Hoarder Root. And actually, the, the actual base is Hoarder Plex. Yeah. They talk with the underscore. Now, I'm saying, we have the underscore. It's, so it's written. Yeah, now, that, when, when uh, Hoarder Root's like, employee, employees talk yeah. about him or to yeah. him, do they do say, they say under, Hoarder that's underscore what I want, Root? That's what I want to know. Because it's so stupid. Why do we have it here unless they actually say underscore? It's I fucking nonsense. And then you, you find out, you see Hoarder Root. And Hoarder Root comes off to me, too, when he shows up at this campus. It looks like, uh, the, like the 80s gung-ho. I think he's going to start making him do calisthenics. <laughs> and other people are going to get pissed off. And again, I, I, you get this weird thing, too, where you have them say, listen, Hoarder deals with information. That's the new, that's the new tech, information. If you can get information I can, I can get people. behind that. And so he has... Got, he has information on everybody's forcing them to work. They seem more into it than I think they would because they're like they're cheering. If I was there, yes, like I'd be there. Like employees at Disneyland. Yeah, I'm like forced. But there's people with their arms up. Yeah, we're going to remake the world, hoarder underscore root. I'd be just like, no, no. Some of hoarder. them people are actually there because they believe in it. They're not actually forced to be there. And actually, I there think are people she, like Condessa. Actually, I think Condessa, it says she's not there. She's there. Against her will. She no, said, I'm saying I think that was just for her betraying Superman and the rest, like because of the yeah, secret they have. I, I think she originally, she, like she said in the beginning, I thought it was a great idea originally, and then things got weird. Yeah, but now they have information on her. Agreed. So she can't leave. I think she even spells out that everybody here, you know, we can't leave because if we do, people are going to die, and they have shit on us. I just think that's the people who have to serve the lattes and shit. No, I think it's everybody. I think that these people, he's awful. And I don't know. I would think that you'd stop these people from getting uh, out of there because you're in the sky, Eric. They can't leave. What what's are they going to do? What, what's that called when you start loving the per- person who's taking you hostage? That's the, um, what's it called? The, uh, uh, the fucking, god damn it. Yeah, I can't Stockholm remember. Syndrome. Stockholm. So everybody here has Stockholm Syndrome? Yeah, they have the Stockholm Syndrome. They got uh, it real bad. God damn it. So then the, uh, the Superman, Lois, and Jimmy go, like, go into this room. 
And out of nowhere, it's a Superman room. Out of nowhere, it's a Superman room with all. Oh my god, it's nonsense. Monitor oh. upon monitor with all Superman information because yeah, that's it, how things are stored. Yeah, and it's just ridiculous. And you know, for people who just collect information, that means tons and tons of robots. Yes, it does, and there are tons and tons of robots. And the only way to take out tons and tons of robots is the solar flare, Jim. That well, of course, it, it's got to be the solar. It's flare. been like twenty six hours since he last solar flared. He's got to do it again. Also, I'm going to point out just I don't, I don't know. They, they, I, I don't know. This, this issue was terrible. I know. This solar flare. So these robots Oh, and Hoarder attack. Root? Just a hard light construct. He gets back into the cloud. Yeah, he's in it. You know, then he's a little kid. Ah, yeah, he gets in the cloud. And Jimmy's, I did like when Jimmy's announcing over the Hoarder Root, like, yeah, uh, announcement thing. It actually looks funny. But the only problem I had is that when they showed... Uh, Hoarder Root, the kid inside, he looked a little like Jimmy to me for some reason. I don't know. So he looked a little bit like Superman to you. Yeah, yeah, really. Oh, I'm telling you, there's a panel before that he does. Well, then Superman uses the solar flare, gets rid of these guys in the meantime. You think he yells solar flare when he does it? No, it's It's like from fucking Dragon Ball Z and shit. I don't even know. I don't know why. I don't know. Everybody knows about the solar flare. and And it happens. And then this crazy, that golem. What is that? The golem. That guy who comes and touches him and takes out the power. Oh, yeah, that mysterious. I don't know. That's what I'm saying. It's left so, to be a mystery. So stupid. It's like Parasite to a degree. Yeah, that's what it looks like. And he's even as he's walking away, it looks I like, kinda he, hope it is parasite looks like he's got candles on his head. So stupid. And then you, couldn't, that, you couldn't see. The view of him was obstructed by the solar flare. No, at one point you see him walking away. He's got candles okay, on his head. See. He looks nude. And he's got a, you see his back and his butt cheek. And he's just white. And he looks big. It's really I couldn't stu- see. It's really stupid. I'm looking at it right now. He just, Stop looking. He looks like a golem. And, yeah, there's two panels. Look like a golem. There's the one where he's taking Now, the, are you talking like power. an actual golem, like the Jewish golem? Yeah, or the, or that's what go- he looks Or like. golem no, go- from the Lord golem. of the Rings. He looks like okay. a, just a giant, because he's taking the power off of Superman. He's obscured there. Then he's walking away. And he said, Superman yells out to him, what did you do to me? And he's just walking away. I think I think it was old Chief Woodenhead from friggin' uh, Creep Show too. I, don't know. I, I really don't want to talk about this issue anymore. It's so bad. And uh, uh, the one thing I want to point out before we move on, though, how weird was it giving Condessa fucking like uh, binary powers? Yeah, I know she has that power, and Jimmy's like, "Man, that's awesome!" Hey, Superman. No, actually, I'm big, sorry. Big boy's not hey, the only one. Big boy ain't the only one with powers. There, big boy. It's and then so she uses stupid. it to rig the magic bus to yeah, get away. Yeah, she gets but... on the magic bus. They only used that before so that she, they had a reason why she could rig the magic bus. They get no, on... And they program the masks. Yeah, well, I know. But I'm saying that's why I think the masks was the setup so that they could show later that she got on the bus. But the weird thing about it is they do the solar flare. All shit's breaking loose. They get out just in time before the thing explodes. Nonsense. I don't know. I think this is really their way of setting up for later on because she'll have to do something because... Her program the masks and like hot, like a hot, uh, what is it called? Uh, hot, uh, Jesus Christ, when you steal a car. Hot cakes? Yeah, hot cakes. Hot cakes and sausage? Hot wired, goddammit. Hot wired, yeah. Jesus Christ, words are hard. Yep. No, because the, there's no reason to actually show that. So we could have just had Toy Masters say, okay, these masks are duplicated, and then, you know, just maybe push a start button on yeah, the goddamn the, bus. The only thing that they could claim, or I could claim to you, is that they wanted you to be able to 
say, oh, that's why she could work the bus, but that seems such it's not a even stupid that. It's, thing. It's for something later down the line, and this was just such a forced way to show that, hey, this character serves a purpose. She has powers. Yeah, we like don't I want to talk about I it, but she has them. Yeah, I don't, we may get something. We may not. Like I said, maybe it's that stupid that they just wanted to make sure that you could believe that she would drive the bus. That's bullshit. Five but, out of ten. I would have given it a two. That's how much I hated it. I thought it was awful. <laughs> I hated the art. I didn't like the story. I think that this is my There least, were aspects. That's what it's a weird is, part. This is my least favorite truth issue, and I say that about everyone. Each I one know. Keeps this is my down. least favorite. It's my least favorite. Uh next issue that we have is the Flash Annual number four, written by Van Jensen. No Robert Venditti there. Van Jensen's out on his own. Art by Bong Dazzo. Norm Rapman and Andrew Dollhouse. So we have the normal Norm Rapman and Andrew Dollhouse on inks and colors. But Bong Dazzo, which I'd love to think was Brett Booth's stage name or something. He's, he's being pseudonym, But it is not. Uh, Van Jensen uses this annual to catch the regular book up to June sneak peek issue, and I really enjoyed it. We get to see the asshole that is Professor Zoom as he convinces, spe- convinces Speed Force rejects to join his cause, which is to kill the Flash. While it reminds me a bit of Magneto gathering some mutants, Jensen shows us in the end that Thawne leaves nothing to chance. No, he's a complete douchebag who's rigged the game and is now poised to take down Barry Allen with his team of outcasts. While it feels odd that we haven't seen them in the regular run yet, I can't wait for them to face Barry. By the way, Professor Zoom is an asshole douchebag, Eric. (laughs) Douchebag. It's one of my favorite villains. Yeah, uh, Professor Zoom. Yeah, uh, I like this issue. I haven't talked to you at all about what you thought of it. I don't. Know. I liked it enough. I do not like it as much as you. No, I, I, I'll tell you right now. We don't have to wait. I gave it an eight point five. Okay, and I did that because I like what it did. It's one of those annuals that actually catches the book up. Like I said, the end of the sneak peek that we got had this team. Yeah, yeah, you keep saying that to me. I have not gone back yeah, to look at the I sneak. I do it. not remember that at yep, all. They're, they're, I just remember Thawne sitting there. Or that nope. might have been the end of the no, last issue fact, before. Yeah, in fact, the, I think what he says something like, and students, that's who we're going after. Something like that. Like, they, you see Barry Allen. We did a podcast about the sneak yeah. peeks, didn't we? No, like, no, no not... we talked about when they were announced. No, we, we wrote it on the site. Thought, yeah, we thought, yeah, we, we would do that. And at the end, that's the how it ended. It ended with him with this team and him saying something like, and, and that's who we're, I'm teaching you to fight. Huh. And then nothing with them. All of a sudden you had two issues with nothing with this team. It was team. very odd because you kept telling me about this fucking team and I'm, I have no memory of it at all. Yep, and so. then here they're shoved down our throats, which to me seems like out of nowhere. To other people it might be fine like yeah, you. No. You loved it. It's not out of nowhere. That's what I'm saying. It actually, if anything, this should have been the first issue back in June. Yeah, all of a sudden you have that, and you can't tell me that in some of these um, sneak peeks you'd say we we talked about it. Oh, that wouldn't have been till issue six of the run. Now, no, the, this team obviously since at least 1982 have been waiting <laughs> to, to this point, so they're around. Uh, they just haven't been in the book. So this, I like this to the point where it gets you on what training you have, montage. What you have is you have a, uh, a four people from that are affected with the speed force. I'm still not sure exactly how or why. It looks like they got struck by the speed force lightning, and it, it all it changed different them in different ways. Different points of time. Yeah. So we have uh, Professor Zoom, and it's also funny that it is kind of time traveling, but it's more of him just waiting it out. 
Yeah, he's taking he, the long way he around. He does go back in time at some point, but then he's just going to work his way towards the present is what it seems. Well, and, I'm saying the, the way they set it up here, it seems like he is from the future. He's Eobarthon, as we know, from like yep. the 20, I want to say the 25th century. I, that sounds wrong for some reason, though. Um, came back in time, came too soon. Like, what, where did we start out? The 1200s? 1520. 1520. Yep. So he looks like he started out like at the mid 1400s, and now he's old. Oh, as he's shit. old. And uh, there's talk about what sent him back. Yeah. And a lot of people think it was Flashpoint. That's what uh, the big oh, that talk would be amazing. is. Amazing. A didn't lot see of people that. think that that's what he's talking about in this. That he's good. This Flash is going to destroy everything we know, and he's going to destroy. It, and that it was Flashpoint, and maybe even it runs into the point he's where he's from the previous continuity. Yeah, that, that is that amazing. I wish I would. I wish I was and, smart. Yep. And maybe his, you know, his past life just got ruined because it got changed and he didn't like but he's back but yeah it, it starts in 1520 uh there's no, I'm Aztec. Past life i'm talking about if he's the thorn from the old world he already hates flash and he like yeah, when yeah. flashpoint happened he was thrown all out of whack in time when t- like the world was being recreated and he still hates flash but now he can actually say that flash is the devil because he no, is no. the destroyer of the I'm world i'm saying that even in a personal deal Maybe his life was a little better. Maybe you know what I mean. Like it'd be like right now if all of a sudden Flashpoint had I got thrown back, and I'm like, boy, I I can't do this crazy podcast with Eric anymore because Eric's not born, and I hate Flash. Actually, I'd be like, thank God, I don't have to deal with these comic books. I can just. That's the best. If you went back in time, you would still be a regular guy without. You have all this future knowledge and have no idea how to do anything. I wouldn't do anything. I'd be like, yeah. I always thought that they'd always have those books where guys get thrown back in the past and then they develop like the radio. Yeah. Or the I would. How would I know how to do that? Just because I'd come up with that, I'd I'd be one of those crazy guys. Be like, there's that crazy guy again. I'm like, no, there was these big giant birds that flew and people went in them. Ah, shut your fucking mouth. (laughs) <laughs> and, uh, and then I'd just go cry. But, yeah, we, we start in 1520, uh, what would probably be Mexico because they're Aztecs, and you have a woman named Mangali. Magali. Magali. And she can control aging. And it's funny because, if anything, this, set, this has to happen because if not, he's going to die. Or, exactly. So it's the so story's forced. over. That's pretty forced, that part. But then it goes from there to uh, 1883 South Africa with Zolani, who um, might know, uh, what's his name? No, Shaka Zulu? No, I don't even know what I was going to say. See, that's racist. Zolani, no, it's who, not. who can fold through space, correct? Yes. Some of these are, like, he is... He's the folding man. Yeah, he's the folding man. He can fold in space. Then you go to 1957 Australia, and the worst of the bunch, if you ask me, and you have the human block, or H-block, as they call her. Why is she the worst? Because... She's the immovable object. She's the immovable object. But uh, if, I, if we're going to spoil the little things ahead of time, her whole thing is she can't be moved. Yeah, that's awesome. They end up... That is the worst example of when this twist happens, of how they get her to move. They insult her, and she walks towards him. Oh, I win my money. That's pretty cool. So stupid. Uh, but she can slow down her it's molecules. Diabolical. She can slow down her molecules and be as strong as steel. Also, because she's the immovable object, why do they have big weights attached to her? I was asking this throughout the goddamn I issue. I don't know why. Is it they just do for that? show? But it's I, stupid. Because that actually makes her harder to move. I would think. I don't no, know. No, she would still stupid. move like lean and shit it's like just that. Stupid. But. And then in uh, 1982, you have Roscoe. He's from Roscoe. Oklahoma, and he's what I like to call Tornado Boy. He's got a troubled past. He does. He's been taking medication, and if he doesn't take it, it becomes a tornado. 
and he destroys everything. But yeah, I think this um, is a story about Van Chetson's kids. Maybe, or him as a kid. Yeah, he's maybe. like, boy, I, I used to tell my dad that I wanted to be an archaeologist. My dad told me I was a fucking moron. Put me on medication, said I was a tornado around the house. Yeah, well, you get, you get all these uh, vignettes of these speed for things. And like I said, Thorne goes and basically like Magneto to me. It was like, really Magneto. I'm actually well, glad you put that in your synopsis because that's exactly oh, what I saw yeah, reading because this. because he keeps saying like, they think you're outcast and I think you're beautiful. He put together the fucking uh, Brotherhood of Evil Mutants yeah, right here. That's what it seems to be now. Especially with Thorne being bl- like uh, white haired. Yeah, yeah. In the meantime, I did like each time he kind of changed his look for the, the situation. The time period, yeah. It just made me laugh. Um, but yeah, you, you get this idea that um, eventually you think they're going to find out that Barry isn't that bad of this I've, group. It has yeah. to be. Now, the other thing I, I think is funny is. A lot of these people have been with him for a hundred some years. Yeah. He seems to wait until he gets this whole team to start training him. Don't you think these other people would have trained all along? Because he's even like, okay, the training's going good. We're not quite ready yet. Well, because they have to work as a team. I know they do, but you would still think that Maybe they, they were. Go, we didn't see it. They didn't have a training montage for each person. They must be terrible then. But yeah, you find out there the big twist here. And what I did like about this is how Van Jensen used the annual, the oversized deal to kind of work a little magic, Eric, by you get the regular story, and then a normal comic, it would have been over. And then he gets to use that oversized to add the part where these people's lives have been destroyed. When, when Thawne shows up, he's there to save the day. He's there when... Um, when they're trust. Yes, when the, the Aztec woman is attacked by conquistadors. He's there when the, the South African guy... Who's I'm been a conquistador. He's been stealing him. He's been stealing uh, diamonds in a weird way to try to bring down the company makes no sense to me. Um, makes sense to me. I, they, they're he stealing from his land. Yeah. And, but he says, what does he say? Why is he stealing the diamonds? It's because if they don't make enough profit, they'll end they're, up leaving. These mines have so many diamonds. This little Look, bit he hasn't that he's thought taking. Of he's trying yeah, something. Terrible. He's a folding it's man. So, he's not a rocket it's surgeon. It's so stupid. But uh, again, Thawne's always there to save the day. You find out in the end that he's there to set up their misery and then swoop in and save them. He set up all these people's He took Roscoe's pills away. Yeah, he took Roscoe's pills away. He told the guy how to get H-Block to move. He set, uh, basically got that one, uh, the South African, got his um, whole village, whole village and his wife killed. It's awful. I actually thought of Star Wars, too. Yeah, like, me and too. then they'll go home. He ran off. <laughs> I was laughing when I saw that. But yeah, I, these aren't really... stormtrooper tracks. Oh, these aren't stormtrooper tracks. No, no, these aren't Tuscan Raider tracks. They're only meant to look like it. Yeah, and then he runs home. But then at the end, he they're training. I really like that a little training montage, and basically it ends with them with Thawne telling him, "Okay, now you guys are still not ready, but we're almost there. We're gonna kill Flash, and then you're ready for the next issue, regular run, where this team will show up." And like oh. I said, I really liked it. When we're done with all this, I want you to go back and look at that last page because uh, this Bong guy yeah. must have read a lot of like uh, Vault of Horror as a kid because this looks just like the Vault Keeper with Thawne. Oh, at yeah, the end yeah. when he's an old man with the conquistadors. Yeah, looks just like it. Oh, does it? Even the style with like the way that like the spit oh, yeah, in his yeah, mouth. Yeah, I see. Yeah, with his big mouth. And, uh, yeah. Yeah, that's cool. One of the Galunatics right there. It says, now now that Zoom's army is formed, it's time for war in the Flash 43, so I guess they're going to duke it out. And yeah, I, I think it's going to be cool. Yeah, I think it is too. I like the idea. The more the merrier. Uh, I told you during the week I had a little issue. Of course, I'm always 
high on my reviews for Flash. I usually am the highest uh, review. One of your favorite books. And um, IGN gave it a lower score than mine and pointed out that it was subpar art. Did you think it was subpar art? No, I didn't. I, I thought it was good art. I think it was good art, except at the end with the Galunatics. I thought at that point it really started showing. No, yeah, I don't know. That's the last page, though. What do yeah. you like? I'm going to bitch about the last page Again, after the I annual size issue. Was, I didn't even think that. To me, I liked that because it was just one of those, like, dun, 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 you know, when they show that, and he's got a crazy look. That's all. That, I thought that it was very was. good. And plus, with the same anchor and uh, colorist on it, yeah, it was very reminiscent of House and Yeah, Brett Bussart, though. And you know what? The, the only difference that you would, if. Now, again, I would read this and I would know it's not Brett Booth. Yeah. Uh, mainly because of the panel layout. Brett Booth does a lot of angular, yeah. like weird panel layouts that I, I like. Um, but other than that, I would never read this and say. Oh my God, that art's bad. I liked it. I liked it uh, for what it was. And you get a guy and a full team doing the whole issue. Unlike a lot of these annuals that we're talking about tonight, where it's eighty guys. Is there any guys throughout a bunch of these? Yeah. You wait till we get to my Batman or a Batgirl annual. Holy crap! You oh, even yeah. said your um, Superman, which was a regular issue, had a bunch of uh, colorists and stuff. You got the three guys, the three main guys, and I liked it. Yeah, like I said earlier, I gave it an eight point five. I would give it a uh, seven. Seven? All yeah, right. you're wrong <laughs> because it sets up the book going forward. But we're going to talk about, or we're not going to talk about it. We're going to let Ryan Clark come on and talk about the Shrinking Man. I believe it's called. I Shrinking Man. Have, it's like Doctor Shrinker. Don't even have a Doctor Shrinker. I love that show. Uh, Ryan Clark's other side. I didn't even write anything about it. I. I don't think he even sent it to me yet. He said that's what he was going to do. He said it was a weird week that he couldn't figure out what to do. Well, hopefully it's Dr. Shrink. I mean, the shrinking man. <laughs> yeah, if it isn't, then you'll get to hear something else. But, yeah, Ryan's been doing his Brightest Daycare um, podcast. I've been listening to that. Now, if anybody wants to, just look up Brightest Daycare. Uh, yeah, two separate really words easy. on his, and you'll find his podcast, and you'll hear stories about when he worked at the Radio Shack. <laughs> He worked at the Radio Shack and spent a lot of time reading uh, Darkest Night Trade. Stop stealing his thunder here, that's man. All he, t- that's, that's last week's episode. He has to do next week's, and then people can tune in and hear another story about Ryan's personal life and all his crazy jobs. All right. But yeah, let's get to Ryan and his other side. Welcome to another weekly installment of The Other Side, your home for non-DC Comics reviews on the otherwise all-DC Comics Weird Science DC Comics podcast. I am, as always, your host, Ryan, brightest daycare clerk, and this week I bring you Richard Matheson's The Shrinking Man Number 1 from IDW Comics, uh, adapted by Ted Adams as writer with Mark Torres as artist. Uh, Scott Carey is a man, and one without extraordinary features. That is, until a strange cloud touches him, and then he begins to shrink. He shrinks, as they come to find out, exactly one-seventh of an inch a day. Which doesn't sound like much on the surface, but if you think about it, 
in the span of a year, someone like myself, who is six feet tall currently, if this were to start today, a year from now, you would shrink to the height of only one foot tall. And so on until, well, let's not get ahead of ourselves just yet. Uh, the story is very well adapted. Um, the, it's Richard Matheson's novel, the, the Shrinking Man, that's adapted to comics for this. Uh, the characters feel very natural, and this world in which a man begins to shrink uh, beyond all reason and explanation of medical science really seems to be, be very accepted and understood as being true. Uh, it doesn't really seem to stand out too much to anyone involved. Uh, personally, I thought the story was uh, very emotional at times. Um, when uh, the interactions between uh, Scott and his wife, as he's beginning to shrink, and they talk very frankly about their situation and her feelings about the change that he's going through, and he, as a man, sort of holding on to this stubborn self-sufficientness, even though uh, during these scenes he's like four and some odd inches, four feet and some odd inches tall. So he's very obviously not the person who he was when this story started. Uh, maybe the, the emotional um, resonance for me just comes from being married and knowing how uh, something like this would impact my wife, more so than how it would impact me as having been the shrinking man. Um, it, those kind of thoughts uh, really drive home the emotional stakes of this story. I also really enjoyed the, the artwork of this uh, comic quite a lot. Uh, it kind of reminded me of Kevin O'Neill, uh, who's the artist um, on Alan Moore's League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. It was very, very well laid out. It was a very, very concise drawing, but it wasn't like life drawing. It still had an animated sort of style to it that was all uh, Mark Torres's signature. I thought the, um, the side story that was threaded through the background information, threaded, heh, puns, of current time frame Scott Carey, who's standing at a towering five-sevenths of an inch tall. Yes, five-sevenths of an inch, less than one inch tall. Uh, I thought that that part was an interesting-looking bit of storytelling. Uh, the search for food in this sort of dank and abandoned basement and his use of everyday items like thread, which was like climbing rope. And there are scenes like, like he's Sylvester Stallone in Cliffhanger using sewing thread. Like, it's just, it's, honey, I shrunk the kids, but in a totally different different uh, frame for that premise. Um, I thought that the addition of the Black Widow spider, which is not really spoilers there, the Black Widow is right there on the front cover, so it's probably going to show up some point in the issue if it's on the cover. Um, in the, the more current, you know, under an inch tall version of Scott, um, really helped to add a more visceral antagonist to an otherwise uh, exposition-heavy first issue. Um, 
overall, I thought this was a good first issue, and I'm sure since it's based on an existing novel, there's a lot left to explore with the story. Um, and I'd like to see that this story grows and expounds upon the framework that Richard Matheson's novel set out. Uh, this is an interesting comic book story, because as of this point, it's all just a mystery. There's action, there's the, the emotional attachment, but there's no... They don't come right out and say, you got bit by a radioactive spider, and now you're shrinking Spider-Man. Like, it's we don't know what it is that caused it, so there's that whole element of the unknown to it that I really liked as well. Um, I think a lot of other people would find this interesting as well. Um, I thought it was very unique that for the month of July, um, IDW has released five brand new number ones in five weeks, and this is the fifth. So on um, my Brightest Daycare podcast, as well as um, in my written reviews, I have mentioned or written about all five now of those new number ones with the Star Trek Green Lantern crossover, the sci-fi book Onyx, uh, Godzilla in Hell, and the Transformers animated television series comic book adaptation as well. Um, so there's a lot of good things coming from there. Uh, I kind of got strong-armed into picking this book. There wasn't a lot of other options out there. Um, it was a really thin week for new books uh, with no real jumping-on points anywhere uh, either. I was torn between this first issue and the start of the third arc for Sex Criminals, which I also uh, read and mentioned on my podcast, but I thought that this issue would be a better choice since it's an actual number one than just the first in a new arc plus a uh, little bit of background for Sex Criminals 11 was not really a very easy jumping on point. The accessibility hurdle for Sex Criminals 11 is 10 issues high. If you haven't read the other 10, you're, you're going to be lost. You won't know what's, what's going on there. Um, I did just recently read all of those, thanks to the recommendation from Reggie, friend of the Weird Science DC Comics podcast, and the Brightest Daycare podcast as well. Basically, he's just a friend to everybody, and if you don't know him, you will. I'm sure his deep, deep, bassy voice is coming up either shortly after this, or you've already heard it, and you can't stop thinking about him while you're with me. And we're, that's a whole other conversation. I'm not going to get into that. Um, along with The Shrinking Man and Sex Criminals, I've been reading a lot of monthly books, um, like Southern Bastards, Deadpool Secret Secret Wars, Deathstroke, Star Wars, and Birthright from Image Comics, which I just binge-read digitally the first uh, handful of issues, and I, I loved. Uh, next up for me is I want to go back and read some uh, classic Marvel books. Uh, I want to start up a Flashback Friday review segment for my website, and I think I'm going to start... Um, picking some of the, the first issues of the Onslaught event from the 90s, as well as some classic Deadpool stories. If there's any other suggestions, people out there that have read more of the 90s Marvel books, please 
throw your suggestions my way. I'll be glad to have them. And if there are any books that you would like to hear me talk about here on the Weird, uh, the Weird Science DC Comics podcast segment, The Other Side, or for me to review in writing on my website or talk about on my podcast that you don't see or hear me reviewing at all, you can reach out to me via Twitter at BDC Comics. Uh, you can find my written reviews, weekly pull list photos, read my own origin story, plus stream all of my podcasts directly from my website, brightestdaycare.com. Uh, the podcast is also available on iTunes. If you search Brightest Daycare, two words, that'll come up. I also have pages on Tumblr, Facebook, and Google+. And you can, of course, reach out to me directly by email at brightestdaycare at gmail.com. And that's all for me this week. And until next week, I'll see you on the other side. The incredible, shrinking man. All right, Eric, and I don't know what Ryan just talked about, but boy, it Excellent. was good. It was great. What did you think of that? I loved it. I loved it, too. We're going to get on with things, and right now we're going to the next two books. Uh, this is the problem with this week. I had all the books. <laughs> you had actually three books, but three one, books. one was He-Man, which yep. we don't normally talk about, and you're going to do a flash review. So only two full books that you're going to be talking about. So I'm going to oh, keep good. running my mouth. And I'm going to start running my mouth this part with Batgirl number 42, written by Brendan Fletcher and Cameron Stewart, who seemed to hate us again, Eric. Yes. Art by Babs Tarr and Serge Lapointe, who I mentioned before it would make an awesome hockey name <laughs> serge lapointe and a defenseman at that it really does sound like a hockey name. serge lapointe it'd be like a 1960s like a hall of famer already oh shit no that's it's late 80s early no, 90s he would have played for the canadians in uh 1958 through <laughs> 1966 defenseman and hall of famer serge lapointe out of nowhere i continued enjoying batgirl this month imagine that while I thought the idea of Jim Gordon hunting down his daughter and the rest of the Bat family sounded pretty cool, the reality that he knows Batgirl is good makes more sense to me. I also le it also leads to a better story, Barbara having to look out for her father, which she does against Livewire in this issue. The two of them come together as a pretty good team, and even though I wish Livewire was sticking around a little bit longer, she went out with a bang. While I am not still with a whimper. No. While I'm still not digging the Archie vibe when Barbara is out of the Batgirl suit, Ending the book with the return of Alicia was a great surprise. And baby, she's got a ring on that finger, Eric. <laughs> ring on that finger. I, I like this issue. I, I, I don't I'm, know what it is, man. I'm, since you started reviewing it, mm -hmm. I like the book. I don't know if it's changing like, you know, tone or whatever, or it's just I don't have to talk about it anymore. Um, I really like I even like Bad Star's art in this book about more. This? How about this? Wrap I'm this just getting used to it. Wrap this around your freaking small brain. All right. Um, the thing that seems to have changed for me, because uh, I read it up until the point where I took over, it seems that she's doing a lot more as Batgirl. And there's yeah. a lot less of her just sitting around moping and bitching and moaning and trying getting to be drunk, a Getting drunk, getting fucked. I'm and telling texting. you, yeah. She's not doing a lot of that in this. Uh, the team's set up with her and Frankie, and she's out, do, you know, she's uh, doing Being it for Batgirl. herself, as they sing. She's actually yeah, being she's Batgirl. Yeah, she's being Batgirl. I think that's the change. And I think that everything you had was all the setup for this, unfortunately for you. And um, I really sense. liked it. Now, the other thing, I, I laughed at this, and I don't know. Before I go into anything about this issue, one thing that bothered me. Um, did you notice the product placement in this issue? No. 
there are at least three times, I think two or three times, where there's a Black Canary poster. And then Frankie has a Black Canary uh, uh, decal or a sticker on her Look at it right now. It's Right away, it's right off the bat. You have, Easter eggs, man. That's cool. But it's all Black Canary. I'm like, come on, Brendan Fletcher. He's like, hey, Babs. <laughs> Babs, uh, yeah. do me a solid. Do me so. It's all over the place. I'm like, okay, we get it. We get it. But yeah, I, I like this issue. I really like we had another one of these recap pages. And they, they Babs Tar did it in a crazy way where it's the first page where Barbara's kind of It looks awesome. Like, yeah, and she's kind of like, ugh. And uh, you see everything pretty much that was important from last issue. And I really liked it. I don't know why more issues don't do stuff like this because it catches you up. Yeah. And I really like it. And the page itself was incredible. It really looked good. And I'm telling you, not usually a Babstar fan, Eric. Yeah. And I'm really enjoying it. And the whole thing with Gordon and Barbara Gordon, I really like. And I thought that we were going to have, you know, James Gordon chasing Batgirl and possibly, you know, Red Hood would show up, whatever would happen. And I actually like this better now, and I didn't think I would, where he, he really, he's not an idiot. He, he knew Batman. He was friends yeah. with Batman. He would know that a Batgirl, if Batman trusted Batgirl, especially with what he's gone through now since being Batman, he sees how tough it is. Um, he's tough gonna, job, Jim. Tough he's going to trust them. But I like it's not just like, hey, Batgirl, we're going to team up. He, he tells her, you've got to get the hell out of here. They're going to arrest you. I can't stop them. This is what they want me to do. Though I did have a problem. I mentioned this to you. When he depowers the suit and comes out of the suit, it takes away the surveillance for just enough time for him to talk to her <laughs> and tell her to go. What do you think they're going to think? There's, you know, even if it's um, Julia monitoring it. Agreed. Like that, he was trying to stop Batgirl. And then got out the of the suit. The suit goes out and she's gone. What, he's got some splaining to do, Eric. She disappeared. <laughs> also. I think Internal Affairs is going to start looking at this Batman. I think so. And also, I don't know why. And I know it makes sense that if the power goes off, it would stop the surveillance till it reboots. Yeah. Something tells me that's the most important time to have surveillance. If Agreed. that suit depowers, they've got to know what's going on. Something about that, it wouldn't work that way. Maybe they need the spotlight over it for like a freaking connection, you know? know. It's like it's a Wi-Fi signal he, he shining do, down. He does say that, which I thought was pretty cool. He's so like, yeah, the, the signal's going to come. And, um, but again, you even have a thing where... Batman Gordon's telling her, like, listen, I need to protect you. You need to protect your families. Your families are at risk. And she automatically thinks back to when she wanted to be part of the GCPD. Yeah. And Gordon, but Gordon was a dick. But no, he, he was a father. Because he, he loved his daughter. But he could have exactly. just, I don't know if I would have went his route. He's like, listen, if I see your application across my desk, it's getting rejected. Why didn't he just never say that? And then I guess. Look, you might not be honest with your kids. Gordon didn't raise his daughter that yeah, way. I was going to say then she would just think she's a failure. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes. But yeah, I, I really like I'm saying it. it gets rejected. Daddy, what happened? Oh, honey, you're just not good enough. Yes, yes. And well, then we go from that. And I really liked it. I liked this whole thing with Gordon and Batgirl. And I think that it was really well played by them because you really thought uh, the last couple issues, she was going to tell him. Yeah. And she didn't. And I like that she didn't now because it, it makes this where Gordon comes off as a real good guy here. He's not the dick that he was in that Batman Superman. <laughs> he's a really good guy. And also, I mean, I'm telling you, he's supposed to arrest this teenage girl. Uh, he can't shoot her. I mean, really, he's not. She's in her 20s, man. Yeah, well, you know what I'm saying. It's a young girl. He's not going to kill her. 
They make it seem of like course not. No, but that's what they make it seem like they want her him to do. She, he's got the gun, and then he's got to power down. Like, listen, they want me to do this and all. He's not going to do that. It's he's watched the news. You just can't kill people. Yeah. Like, cops just can't kill people. They get caught. It's too much surveillance everywhere. But uh, then they go, and you get Livewire's um, origin. And the original Livewire was a shock jock era. Yeah, I like that. I was a little, I don't know. I didn't mind this one because it, it makes sense. As much as I hate the Nobody whole, like, knows incorporating. Nobody knows what a shock jock is anymore. I know. You can't have a shock jock. That, even the term is, I haven't heard that term in 10 years. That's not I mean, true. We talk about it all the time. Yeah, but that's, I haven't heard it in media. Oh, right. I mean, Howard Stern went to Sirius Radio and to Satellite. And since then, that Gone. whole thing's done. And, um. I just liked it because she was a shock jock, and now she's like an, an energy freaking uh, villain. Well, I the problem, it was fun. though, is how old does she look in this? Oh, she's young Again, as hell. she's this. young. There's no shock jocks that are 22-year-old girls, so she's a YouTuber. Yet. Girl. She's a failed YouTuber. She's a prankster. Yeah, well, not only that. She sticks it to the man. Remember, though, she doesn't do a lot of pranks. That's the funniest thing, because Frankie says, hey, I don't really like these latest prank things. It's a shame, because I liked her makeup tutorials. So she was (laughs) doing a lot of makeup makeover things on it. It made me laugh. And then you see Frankie has her Black Canary sticker on her freaking thing. Come on now. And Frankie, too, do you see? I'm looking at this now. Frankie behind her, and she's a tech girl, right? She She has a turntable behind her. So stupid. Those hipsters. What's on the turntable? Those hipsters with the turn. Nobody has a turntable anymore. You wish you had one. I do. But yeah, and then you, again, you get Frank and, and Barbara talking, and then they're, they're gone, and then uh, Barbara realizes, oh my God, Livewire's going to fight Batman. Batman's my dad, and there's nothing worse to fight a big robot suit than electricity. Right. Which I call Gordon out for being a complete idiot. He should know this. <laughs> I call um, the designers out for being complete yeah, idiots. I just, I don't, yeah, really. Every issue with, with Batman. In it, All right, we, we made we made this multi-billion dollar suit, and he goes out, and somebody tasers him, he's like, done. Every, every issue, though, something happens. They're shooting yeah, at true. his knees. They're doing, it's failed miserably. Uh, but she's like, I better go save him. And she gets on the seat, goes, gets When little... we get to that point, though, when he, she goes to the Burnside Light and Power. Yeah, yeah. That panel where she's looking at it, one of my my favorite panel in the book. It looks amazing. Oh, you, you like that? When she's standing on that freaking, like, uh, the girders, and, like, you just see her in shadow with her oh, hair yeah, blowing. Yeah. It it's looks awesome. amazing. But in, Goddamn in... Babstar. Yeah, Make I know. me like an asshole. Really good. Yeah, I'm looking at it now. It does look really good. And, uh... She's been hooked up with some tech from a tech guy. What's the tech guy's name again? God, I wish I could remember. Is it like Quadar? Quandar. Quato? Quato. It's weird. I, it escapes me now. I know that the uh, for it's Q because yeah, it made me right. laugh because like James Bond, and I hate. But yeah, it just sucks him up. They're fighting live wire, and basically it's just a fight that ends up, you know what I mean? It's, it's pretty straight to the point. They just fight. She gets captured, taken away, and then uh, Barbara goes back, and she's just hanging out. And this is the part where I said earlier, it kind of annoys me a bit when she is just herself. When she's not Becker, they kind of make her, like it's like Archie. She's just hanging out, laughing. In her panties. And that's what I was getting to. Oh, Every issue, they have to show her panties. And I don't understand why. Hey, everybody likes young girls in there's panties. There's no need to do that. I know that. there's no need. <laughs> so weird. And then she hears she hears noise. She goes out, and it's Alicia, who was the uh, Gail Simone the roommate. Uh, transgender roommate. We haven't seen her in a while. Uh, she returned, 
and she's going to get married to her girlfriend. And awesome. she's all excited. And it's weird because I said to you, and even in my review, this is sort of a thing that DC has been so against. Maybe this DCU, YOU, they're like, listen, let's do it. Let's, I, we, they're sick of being looked they at got as rid awful. Of the old, they got rid of the old man. They're like, okay, we're going to do what everybody wants yeah, us to do now. I guess, but, uh, you know, J.H. Williams wanted to have a, a marriage. They wouldn't let that and tried to make it seem that it wasn't a, uh, a lesbian thing they were against. It was that they just didn't allow marriage. Well, no, it's because they, they went up to the head, like the top of the office to Mr. D.C. himself. Mr. D.C. Um, excuse me, Mr. D.C., we want to have a, a gay marriage. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. He started choking no. on this big cigar. Yeah. Oh, what are you talking about? Get my rickshaw. I'm Get going that. to lunch. I'm going to hell out of here. Oh, yeah, yeah. Shine my shoes, boy. Now they got Mr. DC out, Mr. U's there. It's fine. Well, I, I like that. I actually do. I don't even care if I like the idea of anything that's going on. I just like that they're accepting um, this sort of thing in, in general. That means, again, that could be Lois and, and Clark getting married down the line or whatever. I'm not just saying that I like Lois. it because it's uh, – yeah. Not Clark's not dating Lois. I'm saying there's. What about my Wonder Woman? No, no, that's done. They showed you. It's not done. They, in that preview, he said he in didn't. In that love preview, her yeah, he's, I say that all the time. When I got drunk all the time, I would say it no. constantly. Well, we're all, we're gonna have Lois married to Clark before anything else, anyway, because of that. Before I get married out. to my girlfriend, that trunk or not, Mini is coming out. That'll be uh, Lois and Clark from the uh, Convergence. But no, I think when Lois was ripping Super uh, Clark's shirt off, that's what she wanted. Oh shit! Yeah, yeah. I think that that Batman's uh, Wonder Woman, Superman Wonder Woman book is done in ten issues. Really, that's a yeah. shame. I used to. Love I love it. it. I oh, I don't love it anymore because of the yeah. truth. But I think that it's it, the days are numbered. But, now, the yeah. one thing I wanted to talk about in this book was something that gets me really excited. Oh really? The name drop. What's that? How Q is going to go work for Luke oh, Fox? Yeah, he's Fox and Luke uh, Fox. Fox Technologies. Yeah, I, I don't know. Luke, Luke Fox seems to be getting I miss this, Luke Fox. Yeah, but he, he seems to be getting this technology business going strong because he's mentioned in a couple books this week. Yeah. And I'm like, holy crap, that guy's really getting it on. I don't know. It seemed a little too quick to me. I want it to be Batman. He's going to be coming out as Batwing. He's got all these people working for him. They don't know what they're doing, but he's, it's helping him perfect the Batwing suit the way he wants it. No. And he's hitting the streets hard, man. I'd actually be pissed if I was Frankie because I think it was last issue. She mentioned that she'd like to get a job there. And Barbara said, oh, I could hook you up there. And she didn't hook her up. And now Q's got a job there. We're just going to call him Q for now, aren't yeah, we? Yeah. Yep. It's a hard name, and we can't even get freaking artists and writers' names right. I, I really like the art here. I, I went like... back. I don't think they mentioned his name once in this issue. No, I looked too. And yeah. I'm telling you, I thought it's Kent Quandar. I don't know. Uh, we just sound like idiots. I know. Um, I gave it a 9 out of 10. I really liked it. I liked the art. I liked the story. I um, think I would have given it an 8.8. Man, it was very good. Um, the next Sons one, of Bitches, and, making me like Batgirl yep. after bitching for months and months and months. Well, you like Batgirl, we got some more. Because no, no, I'm done. Batgirl Annual Number 3, written by Brendan Fletcher and Cameron Stewart. Ooh-wee. And uh, Before I go on, I want to tell you, that Batgirl, I gave a 9 out of 10, which was one of the highest scores. They didn't retweet me because they don't like us anymore. I don't know what happened. They listened to last week's podcast. Maybe. Batgirl Annual Number 3, written by Brendan Fletcher and Cameron Stewart. Art by Bengal, who is a guy. David LaFuente, Ming Doyle, Ming-Ju Helen Chen, Ivan oh, yeah? Placencia, and Gabe Altayeb. There's a lot of people involved here. Whew. Were you upset that Burnside's hippest crime fighter hasn't had a chance to mingle with some of Gotham's new up-and-comers, Eric? 
I wasn't until I read this. Have you wished for Barbara Gordon and Kate Kane team up book? Yeah, that sounds cool. Have you been yearning for Barbara to find out that Dick is alive and well and still has a killer ass? Yes. Well, then I have an issue for you, Eric, and it is an annual. If you don't want any of those, then just skip this goddamn annual, because while it was nice to see Batgirl interact (laughs) with everyone, the story and this issue were meaningless. I read and reviewed it, but everyone else can and maybe should just pass. It's not that I hate it. It's not that I hated this issue. You'll see when I give my score. I didn't give it a two. I gave it an okay score, but by golly gee whiz, Eric, there was no reason for this issue. No, None at I all, did not have a good time reading this at all. The only thing was is that they've been pushing this young Gotham. Oh, the young Gotham. And for some reason, I don't know, it led to this somehow, even though it, when I get to it, freaking, I don't know what, Kate Kane looked like she was 90. I don't I know. know what was going on with that. She either looked like she had been dead for 10 years, but... I don't know. It starts off, and Barbara is out and about, and she runs into Helena Bertinelli. Now, I, I immediately have an issue, because Helena Bertinelli is involved in Spiral. There's no the head of Spiral. I, I don't care what information Batgirl has. She's not letting anybody tag along <laughs> on one of their things. Who are they, Grace Point and Colt? Freaking working <laughs> it up there, the Cagney and Lacey? It's so stupid. And then she signals to, to Dick... Who, I, I don't, he can't, you know, I can't let her know it's me. I have a feeling it's more now. It really isn't professional. I think now he's just worried because it's like a, when you break up with a girl by not talking to her for a while. <laughs> or like you have a news guy that you make fun of all the podcasts and he doesn't listen. And then he finally does. And then he finally does. That's what I'm saying. If Shit she runs, gets real. If she runs into him, there's, again, there's some splaining to do her and she'll be pissed. But um, before I even go. I said to you that I really like Bengals Aren't. I changed my mind when I reread this. Yeah. Um, I like his Batgirl. His Helena Bertinelli is awful. <laughs> uh, his uh, Dick Grayson is terrible. Yeah. Anything else in, in his section here, I didn't mind. I didn't like it, though. I didn't like his art. Uh, I liked his art in that silent issue, that uh, uh, Endgame silent issue, but this is not as strong. This is the strongest uh, artist of the three in this book, though. Uh, I, I disagree. Really? Uh, I like the second one with uh, Stephanie Brown, the spoiler. Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm yeah. mistaken. I, yeah. There's four. Yeah, the spoiler. Um, yeah, I forgot all next. about that section. You're yeah. right. Oh, yeah. The art itself in general is not, not strong. But, yeah, I like that second section. And then this, you, again, you tell me what the story is, the, the backbone story of this whole issue. It's trying to stop this guy from recreating the hive mind that Spiral yeah, has. Yeah, the best is it's a girl. Oh, that's right. <laughs> and you know what the fucked up part is? I read this earlier today. Yes. And we, I talked to you about different things throughout the day. Yep. And I went back to check it out again before we got started. And I, at that last second, realized, holy shit, that's a woman. Yeah. It, it, and parts really looks like a guy. And I did. I had to go like because we had the section where it's the 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 bat the Batwoman artist. I don't yeah. know who did what. But then the last uh, that section, was Ming Doyle. It wasn't until she was unconscious where I saw her tits. Yeah. Laying yeah, there like they were, bu- and then deal. I had to jump to the last section to make sure it's drawn the same way to make sure it was a woman. I had no, no idea the first time I read this. Yeah, I, but really, this this whole background story is, is just so weak. Bullshit. It's just weak. It's weak as um, hell. It's weak tea. In this, and yeah, in this beginning, and the, the the funny thing of this first part is basically like the, uh, I don't know, it's almost like a uh, slapstick thing where you almost expect them to hear the doom doom. 
and then bump into each other. Like, it was. The whole it was, thing. It was it, almost that at one point. It was. At the whole thing to me, it seemed like like it was near misses. They were yeah. they were at the, the wall, the corner at the same time. And it, it kind of made me laugh, but it didn't because I, I don't need this nonsense. I really I, don't. I loved it, too, that this whole thing is that Batgirl cannot see Grayson. Even with his hip nose and shit like nope. that, she might be able to read his body language, his body type, yeah, whatever. And, and he says him. that, which I kind of like yeah, that. Yeah, I dug that, too. But then, we, like, so Helena agrees, and, like, Dick is running around just trying to stay hidden. Yes. But throughout this goddamn section of the book, Helena keeps talking to him and yelling, Grayson! Yeah, I know. I'm like, Batgirl's yeah. right fucking yeah, there. You shut your mouth, there. Helena. And then uh, I said in my... Um, in my review, it, it kind of comes off like a Judge Dredd, the Dredd movie, but also the Raid Re- yeah. the Redemption that it was based on. It's yeah. them just walking up these, like a building. But it made me laugh because everywhere they go, there's already guys knocked out. Like, these guys are all knocked out. Batgirl's all worried and confused. It's like the final stage of the Ghostbusters Nintendo game. You yeah. remember that? Yeah, yeah. All those ghosts around there, people no, that Dick yeah. killed. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Dick was there. Well, yeah, then you, <laughs> they get they find this hive mind. Um, it's just again, I'm in the first part of this, and I'm already like nonsense. Yeah, I got bored nonsense. by the end, yeah. especially when Dick came out and did his German guy. Yeah, it was so stupid. I was it's like, this is German. stupid, and the then we move on at least. And it's also the German guy, like out of nowhere, it's just and then the the big uh, the big killer panel is her looking at Dick's ass and going, hmm, that looks familiar. <laughs> And then they go, and then I know the word. No, no, actually, fuck that. Before we move on, that was my least favorite part of this. Even though Helena's screaming like uh, Grayson the whole time, yeah, yeah. Freaking after she has this thought, like that couldn't have been, and she thinks of Grayson, yep. And then she's just like, "No, he's dead. Come on, come on, Gordon, get it together." And then she just like, "This day is just beginning." You think, like, I'm telling you, whenever I think of somebody who's dead that I was close to, especially this, like, recent, you know? Yeah. She like just Rowdy, immediately Roddy gets Piper. over it. Like, Roddy Piper. Yeah. I would if be I like saw that. a guy walking down the street and he <laughs> looked like, no, like, he's huh, dead. Rowdy, Roddy Get it together, Piper. Shay. Get it together, Shay. Uh, I just wonder why, if Spiral's so good, why don't they have hypnos in his butt cheeks? <laughs> why, again, why, it's so They sick. never counted on the butt cheeks. They never counted on that, that ass. <laughs> uh, yes. They never yeah, counted on that ass. I, I didn't like Bengals aren't. Uh, I did enough. It was my first, second favorite. The first section I thought was nonsense. So you get to the second part. And again, the nonsense continues. But uh, David LaFuente's art I really liked. And so I told I. you while I was reading this issue, if Babs Tar ever bails, call him up. Totally. I think it fits well. I really liked it, and I did. I liked this section to a point only because it tied into spoiler uh, getting out and about. We haven't seen her much. Uh, also probably ties much to at all. Catwoman's and the Catwoman. That's issue, what I'm yeah. saying. Catwoman is. It's uh, uh, what's her name? Selena is uh, tra- Selena oh. doesn't want any parts of her, so right. they're they're training her. Uh, she's getting trained, and I like that. The only thing is Stephanie Brown came off as such a little brat in this. She and a goofball. It's not like it's not like we saw her in Bat, Bat, Batman Eternal at all. Yeah, uh, yeah, it, you know. She, and then she was like really sad and dismal and trying to, you know, she was upset about her dad and all. This she seems, you know, she she really plays like Maps. Who's later yeah, on? Seriously, she plays like a hey, oh my god, Batgirl, oh I, I'm oh look at this, and oh my god, we're we're fighting crime together. I can't believe it, and it just it came Her off. Her dad silly. is dead, Jim. Yeah, 
She should be a lot yeah, sadder than this. Freaking so should neck, you. His throat sliced. Um, but it's 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 a small section. I love the art though. I really did. Yeah. And if anything, this art fits the the whole Batgirl in general. So I like that as well. Even but though the we story. Yeah. Uh, but there was nothing to this. No. It just continued. Oh, we're gonna catch this. It just is so ridiculous. So then that moves on, and everything ends with like. Something happening, and then her have to move on. And she moves on then to go meet up with Kate Kane, Batwoman. And boy, she looks old. God damn, there's wrinkles upon wrinkles on her yeah, face. It's just weird. And then you get that weird thing. I know where, why Maggie and her broke up yeah, now. Well, even Batgirl herself, she's got like lines under her Agreed. eyes. And it's really, she looks bad, too. I said to you, at certain points, it reminded me of uh, Ren and Stimpy, or even SpongeBob, <laughs> even a little more recently, is when they go close up, and all of a sudden, they're like really old and wrinkly. And that little scream in the oh background. Oh, my God. That's what it reminded me of. All of a sudden, you're like, what the hell? Um, and this part with Kate Kane and her old sergeant, or what the hell? Then the, I thought they were at the Burning Man. Uh, That's what I thought I was too. Like, what the hell is going how, on here? How the fuck is this? What is it, Gladius? Yeah, uh, was, that's the was whole thing. The whole villain is Gladius. That's okay. The, it's Gladius. Yeah. Who the fuck is not I, noticing a giant I burning know. man in a field? And that the freaking her military is in the. I don't know what's going on. Gladius looks like a. She's like just gone to a really bad Wonder Woman cosplay party. Seriously. What is going on? I the worst part understand. of this too. We got this giant burning man yeah. that nobody has noticed. No, nobody. And like it, and it even comes to us like a, as a shock to Batgirl and Batwoman until they come right upon it. This yeah. thing is gigantic. How did they not see it it's from a humongous. mile away? There's no way they didn't see it. It's humongous. They went there and they thought ICP was playing or something. They were getting ready to jam out. ICP no, ever no, at Burning Man? No. Who plays at Burning Man? I don't know. Do people play at Burning Man? I, I saw people went and got fucked up for a I few days the, in the desert. I thought that people played there. I thought there was some music or something. I don't know. I don't know either. I'm not involved in that nonsense either. But boy, then you get the other thing where if you want to continue the uh, trend of women looking like dudes, Jesus Christ, that whatever, Sergeant Colonel. Oh, my oh, yeah. goodness gracious. That is a handsome woman, Eric. It looks like the present day friggin' Biff Tannen. Yeah, really. Actually, I thought it would look like a white Amanda Waller. <laughs> it's just awful. So you get the in the middle of this, they're talking about like, oh, there's this, uh, you know, they called it the negahedron, and yeah. they put it here, and it's at the school with these kids. In the meantime, they're letting Gladius just yeah. off, take so, their mask off and leave. Gladius takes off as they're talking to the sergeant who they just rescued from the Burning Man concert. Yep. And the this is the other part I have a problem besides for nobody noticing Burning Man. Yeah. Is that Colonel? You're okay now. Okay, let me tell you these top, top secret yeah. things that only nine people know about yeah, only just because. Know. You know, it was so secret that we only could learn certain sections of this. But I'm going to tell you guys because you're on the up and up. You know what? This Burning Man was an awful idea. I never should have come to this concert. I'm too old. <laughs> but you saved me. And off they go to Gotham Academy. And at this point, I was already just disgusted. I was out. Not I was disgusted, out of this but I was already angry at the forced ways they were going through this Gotham. So was I. When they go to Gotham Academy, and it has to do with a statue's head that was taken off, missing, and just happened that Maps and Olive were about around. You know, it just, I'm done. I was done. I had no, had no. enough. I was done at the point, too. But like I'm saying, at this point, I'm already pissed. And we jumped to Gotham Academy, where Batgirl has to find the secret entrance in the library, 
and happens to do it immediately. And Olive and Silver, or Olive and um, Maps are right there. And it's so stupid. And again, you have this Gladius who's out and about. Batgirl knows this. You're not going to get Maps and Olive involved. There might be a killer right there. And she's like, oh, Batgirl. Oh, and you know, as it turns out, go. there is. Yeah, there is. And they, they find the statue. It's just so... Good thing that she didn't have time to build another Burning Man. Well, or shit would have gotten real. Well, it's funny to me, too. You say that she finds this entrance quick. Then Batgirl basically says, yeah, we're looking for something. Hey, I see something. Here it is. It's like so yep. quick. So stupid. I was so angry at this. And then by this time, we're at the the uh, flashback artist of Gotham Academy. Yeah, Remember yeah. That, that yep. whole it's a, that... And I, I've told you before, I hate that art. It's, Agreed. It's computer-generated art. That's why... And I, I think that she does it because she wants to be paid as an artist and a colorist because she does the colors. It's all animated stuff. And if anything, Gladius then really looks like a dude there. I was th- and the thing is, I had no idea what happened for a second because I'm, re- I'm going along this reading. It doesn't even look like the same villain, does it? I, I just got it. I you didn't really it. think okay. too much. Clo- I, th- I thought it was a dude at the first time I read this. Okay. And also tell you about the first time I read this. I'm, pay- I'm, you know, I'm just going through reading, you know, yep. just very like, uh, casually. And I swear to Christ, when Batgirl was fighting Gladius on the roof, I thought that, like, because it's a, at the end of the page, that Batgirl threw a goddamn batarang into her neck. We find out it was Maps, yeah, but I Maps. thought at first, I had the page back, that the goddamn batarang was sticking out of Gladius' yeah, neck. it did look like it. Uh, a weird angle. I did like, um, I like that callback because Damien gave her that batarang. Yeah. I did like that callback from before. And the only other thing that I liked in this section was when Olive finds the box which just happens to be just sitting there. I don't know yeah. why. Um, Maps kind of acts like uh, Batman 66 and says, oh, some detective work, chum. Yeah, exactly. And I really like that. I, I love Maps. I'm saying Maps um, is the best part of yeah. this whole book, really. Uh, but yeah, anything else. And then, they, again, then they, they get the microfilm. They start the microfiche. The microfiche. And they start <laughs> looking at it. Then that person, I don't know what's going on. It's nothing. Like, you That's know the what thing. I mean? it's, nothing is going it's on in this so book. It's so stupid. And then it ends with nothing again. And it's, it ends with, again, the end for now. It better be for now. I'm going to kill somebody if we continue this story. And really, the best part, too, talking about maps some more? Yeah. But at one point when they look at the microfiche, hey, how do you know about this? Always come prepared to put out free. I don't know if it goes on um, the fire. Yeah, she's yeah. like always be prepared to put out any kind of fire. And it's like first rule of superhero club, and then maps is in the background yeah. looking up with all superhero struggles. club. <laughs> yeah, she's so excited. And did you know the uh, the librarian? Did you see? Because you don't really read a lot. Yeah, I have no idea. That's a bookworm. I, I thought we that was who it was. I know yeah, we talked about it before. It's just funny. But... It's nothing big. I yeah, exactly. Just, I know it's nothing don't... for me. Yeah, you're not a big Gotham Academy fan. Yeah. Um, yeah, again, you know what else makes me laugh is the microfiche. Yeah. Is kids now, they have no idea what that is. They're like, Dude, is I barely this? know what I that know, is. I do. I used to have to go to Lehigh University to do freaking reports with that yeah. shit. You'd have to go through it. I don't know. The worst is, did you see what happens with Batgirl and uh, Catches on Fire? Yeah. I was big on, uh, oh my God, I just had a stutter. I think I'm having a stroke. I was big <laughs> on uh, breaking those goddamn things. They would snap. And then, really? I, you know what I'd do? I'd just wrap it up and boom, I'd take it back. Hey, I don't need this. And I'd run. Run <laughs> run like the wind, Jim. Run like the wind. Oh, I'm terrible with that stuff. I was never good at it. It was the worst. It really was. I'm they so clumsy glad, fucking oath. I'm so glad there's freaking technology that has gotten rid of that shit. It's so stupid. 
Ah, uh, yes, sir. What do you give this book, Jimbo? I gave this book a 6.9. 6.9. You yeah. were generous. I, I would have given this a 5.8 to a 6. I gave a 6.9. You say I'm generous. You would have given it a 6. 5.8. Um, <laughs> I, I didn't like it, but again, I don't know. I Story like did seeing, nothing for no, me. I hated the mix-up of artists. I'm with you. I probably, if I would have thought right now, maybe saw, maybe I was high. I was at the Burning Man. I probably would have gone lower. But um, I just like seeing the different characters. I think... That was it. I, I like seeing know. different characters, but I don't want to see an old ass Batwoman. No, that that was bizarre art. That Ming Doyle is a really good artist. Uh, of course, I say that, and I'm only going by how they're labeled out, and it, you know it does have the page count. So yes, I am sure it was hers. I don't know what she was going with there. No. I really don't. I think that she was against this young looking uh, Batgirl, and this was the way to do it to make everyone look old. I don't know. Awful. Next up, Eric, is the Flash Reviews. Ooh, the Flash Reviews. You always jump in there when I'm going to put that sound effect, you son of a bitch. Roll Ah, it off for me. Do it, Doug. Flash Reviews. And my first one is Injustice Year 4, number 13. It's taken a bit, Eric, but Brian Bucciolano might finally have this whole Injustice thing down. The secret? Shazam. He's the secret sauce. All he right. kicks total ass as he beats the crap out of Hercules. But while I wanted a fatality, he doesn't finish him. Do you get that reference, Eric? Yeah, I got you. I had to look that up because I don't know anything about Mortal Kombat, as you told me one time. The same thing happens when Batwoman almost kills Wonder Woman, and by the end I was yelling for blood. I guess Superman heard me because he wakes up near the end of the issue, and that wasn't good news for Hercules. Zeus sure was pissed. But the nonstop action and Bruno Redondo's great art had me smiling. I gave this issue an 8.9 out of 10. He-Man, the Eternity War, number 8. Things look bleak for our masters of the universe as Hordak activates the eyes of Grayskull. And with Skeletor betraying She-Ra and leaving her in Despondos and Prince Adam left powerless, I'd say that we're all rightly screwed. While the premise of the story is epic in scope, the execution wasn't as strong as we've come to expect from these creators. 6.5 out of 10. Yeah, this is probably the worst uh, issue of He-Man you've reviewed, correct? Yes, correct. It, it kills you when that happens, It really it? does, because I, I love talking to Pop Man. I know, and uh, no word from Pop this week. No. Yeah, I think, again, you get the idea. This He was off. I looked at the, I looked at the issue, and the art... So it was Dan Abner. And I see, I didn't read it. I just paged through because you had said it wasn't, and it's not as strong as art, and sometimes you would guess that they would know that, correct? I would hope so. I know. I like Pop, though. Uh, My next one is Batman Arkham Knight number 24. This issue opens up with the most personal look at the Arkham Knight yet. If you are one of the four people who don't already know who that is, you'll love learning that he knows some very interesting things about Batman and Bruce Wayne. You know. Don't even pretend. I like to pretend. I do Uh, not know. We then get more of my favorite buddy cop team up, and I'm not talking about Grace Point and Cold, Eric. And that Cold is with a K. I'm talking about Batman and Deadshot. Deadshot. I thought you meant them guys from Doomed. No, no. I'm talking about Grace Point and Colt. Deadshot (laughs) is hilarious throwing lines off the ultimate straight man, Batman. And I enjoyed it so much that I kind of could ignore the confusing middle section of the book. It involves Clayface Mud coming to life, and it felt rushed and unexplained and a bit cliched to boot. The issue ended with Nightwing going head over heels which meant he was getting thrown off his motorcycle, and Batman somehow coming in contact with this damn confusing mud again. I love Victor Bogdanovich's art and hope we get a better explanation of this new villain next week. This week, however, I gave it an 8 out of 10. 
DC Comics Bombshells, number two, where we got a great reimagined origin for Wonder for Batwoman of this World War II world. This chapter's spotlight on Wonder Woman was exactly what we've seen from the character a dozen times with her introduction to Steve Trevor. While the art was great, the story was simply a rerun. 5.5 out of 10. Ooh, that's tough. That's that second one. I, uh, I didn't read this one yet. Uh, it's, you're not going to like it that it's, much. It's not that great. All it's, right. it's, the art's good. It's just... I'm telling you, we talk about how fast like digital issues are because they're yeah, short. Yeah, you'll be done this in like a minute. Really, I'm telling you, the Arkham Knight book actually he Peter J. Tomasi really packs a lot into those issues. Uh, Injustice, you get a flow with that with the digital thing. You kind of get these like three really quick acts, and you kind of know the the you know the rhythm of that. But I'm telling you, Arkham Knight really is as much of a regular issue as, as a lot of regular issues are. There's a lot packed in there. From beginning reading to finishing the review, this is probably the fastest it's ever taken me. And I took really? time out to like watch some shit, and I'm adding, I'm continuing really? with that time in. Oh, that's crazy. I'll, I'll have to read this issue. Uh, but that is the end of a very short Flash Reviews. Science, Dan here coming at you with all of your latest geek news for the week. This was one of those weeks that I regrettably like to refer to as a light week for the news. It was like, oh my god, the, re- the websites managed to find news to report, but it wasn't really news. It was news. <laughs> yeah, it, 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 it was horrible. Everything that came out, it was just like, okay, that's a rumor. That's a rumor. That's a rumor. If I even began to tell you how many uh, articles I read this week that confirmed that Mark Hamill uh, is doing the voice of the Joker in the animated film of The Killing Joke, you would go crazy because it was just... It was horrible. Everybody was saying, well, Mark Hamill's definitely doing it. Here's what an unnamed source said. Here's what an unnamed source claims. Fortunately, there was some stuff that had sources that I could verify. Uh, first up, WWE is in the news, uh, a good thing and a bad thing. I think I'm just going to top this off with the bad thing and then just work up from there. Uh, there's been another death. Um, over the last you know, year or so, year or two, we've had a couple of deaths in the wrestling world that have been significant. Uh, Dusty Rhodes recently passed. Ultimate Warrior recently passed. Bad Hulkamania recently passed. Although Mr. Nanny lives on forever. And now we can add another uh, name to that list. Uh, Rowdy Roddy Piper, the rowdy one, has passed away. He died at age 61 of cardiac arrest. Fortunately, he did die in his sleep, so there was no suffering on his part. That uh, definitely put a blow to my week. I always loved watching the old uh, Piper's Pit segments when he he would just... He he was wild. Uh, So, naturally, I'm very upset about that as a wrestling fan and just as a human being. Uh, 2K Sports also took the liberty of announcing something that's kind of good. It was a bad thing turned into a good thing. The bad news is Hulk Hogan will not be in WWE 2K16. Uh, The decision has been made to pull both Hulk Hogan and Hollywood Hogan from the game's roster. Now, that leaves two open spaces. Normally, when I'm looking for someone to fill a void, we'll do it doggy style so we can both watch X-Files. I look for somebody who would work. For example, if I want, you know... Uh, to fill, you know, a legend hall with a legend, I'd, I, I, I don't know, Rowdy Roddy Piper, but that would be a great tribute now. Uh, but now, 
WWE 2K16 is going to feature a pre-order bonus, where if you pre-order from specific retailers, uh, which are going to be reputable uh, video game dealers, you know, like GameStop, I'd assume Walmart, things of that nature, you're going to get unlock codes that will allow you to unlock the T-800 from Terminator and the T-800 from Terminator 2 Judgment Day. That's right. You get to play as Arnold Schwarzenegger. I cannot figure out why in God's name they decided to do this. And then I found out something that somehow totally slipped past me. Arnold Schwarzenegger's in the WWE Hall of Fame. Uh, so this is basically him working with the company for the first time since being put into the Hall of Fame. Simple as that. There's actually a really cool teaser video he tweeted out. We haven't seen any footage of the uh, character models or how they're going to play yet, but he did tweet out a video where he recreates the bar scene from Terminator 2 with uh, some of the WWE roster. It's pretty fucking sweet. If you get a chance to check it out, if not, well, nothing happens if not. Yeah. Fuller House, which I recently uh, mentioned here on the show, was going to become a thing, which is the revival of Full House, starring uh, Candace Cameron Bure as DJ Tanner, and I said she was going to be playing a widow whose husband just died, and she's pregnant, and all this other stuff. Well, uh, Bure has recently spoken with several press outlets, and she has confirmed that there have been changes made to the plot of the new show. Uh, she's no longer pregnant. She's had the kid. Time's moved on from that. And it, it's been a while since her husband died. So it's not immediately after. Now, while she couldn't confirm exactly what he will be doing, um, she pretty much did confirm, one, Steve is not dead. So Steve was not her husband. And two, Scott Weinger will be appearing on the show at some point. Of course, pretty much everybody is coming back from the original show. Of course, Bob Saget, John Stamos... Lori Loughlin, Dave Couillet, uh, Jody Sweden, and Andrea Barber, uh, and Candace Cameron Bure are going to be the three stars of the show. Uh, and, and then here's a surprising one. Blake and Dylan Tommy Wilhunt, I think I'm saying that right, who played Nikki and Alex on the show, have both agreed to come back, despite being retired from acting. I can't remember which is which. I think it was Blake is a firefighter, and Dylan is a sound guy who's worked on Game of Thrones, but I could be getting them flipped. Now, the Olsen twins still haven't agreed to come back. However, Netflix has said that they are trying to convince the Olsen twins to come back. And honestly, at this point, if I'm the Olsen twins and I'm looking at this situation, I'm making a decision that I want to come back. Because now, even Nikki and Alex are coming back, and nobody thought Nikki and Alex were going to be coming back. So now at this point, if I'm the Olsen twins, I'm like, yeah, I don't want to look like a douchebag. I think I'm going to go back and do the show. So hopefully they will cave at the 11th hour and we will be able to see them because it would be fantastic to see uh, which what would essentially wind up being almost all of the original cast back. Uh, but no, so far everybody's saying that the revival is going well. Everybody's saying John Stamos is doing well. He did recently check out of rehab right before um, beginning work on the show. Uh, Lori Loughlin just turned 51. She celebrated her birthday on the set. There was a photo on Instagram of her and John Stamos and Dave Couillet and uh, Bob Saget, and they gave her flowers, and I think John Stamos was in that photo. I don't remember now, but I know that uh, Bob and Dave were. You know, uh, pretty much everybody's been tweeting out, like, pictures that are script, little pictures of them being on set. The, supposedly, this is going to be in the original Tanner house, so I am getting more and more excited for this. This is, of course, a Netflix original, I guess we could say. It's a Netflix revival, of course. Um, Netflix, of course, they're also doing the Marvel shows. They've announced that they're hoping to do a show, be able to release a show every six months from Marvel, which, you know, that would be awesome, too. Uh, the Zoolander 2 trailer actually leaked out earlier today. I'm recording this on Saturday, so earlier today, slash yesterday, 
yesterday. The Zoolander 2 trailer leaked. Um, I've had a chance to see it. I do question the authenticity of this trailer that they're saying is the Zoolander 2 trailer. It does look a little bizarre, but Derek Zoolander is in it. It is Ben Stiller, so it is possible that that is the actual trailer. There wasn't a lot shown. It was basically animation running through Zoolander's brain, at, narrated by Stephen Hawking, and then it pulls out, and he gets into a little argument with him, and it's like they stylized the title Zoolander. It's punny, but I don't spell my name with the two. Fine. How about this? Zoolander II. That's just Zoolander with Roman numerals, but I'm not Italian. Fine. How about this? Coming soon. So... That's something. Um, I do like Zoolander, so I'm excited for that if that winds up not sucking, which it probably will. But I'm going to keep an optimistic experience. And finally, um, two more pieces of news. Um, both are pretty shitty. So I'm going to start with this one. Windows 10 is out, and they've managed to fuck it up bad. I haven't actually used the software. I don't know how the usability of the software is, but based on one news article I've read, Microsoft is fucking up. Solitaire is now a freemium game on Windows computers. That's right, when you load the game, there's going to be little ads, and if you don't want the ads, you need to pay a buck forty-nine a month, or nine ninety-nine a year, to get rid of the ads, and that will also allow you to unlock bonus coins, which will allow you to unlock DLC. DLC for Solitaire. What the fuck, Microsoft? Holy shit. Oh my god. Alright, and finally, lastly, Rovio has released Angry Birds 2. This was a game when I first heard it was coming out. I was excited as all hell because I love Angry Birds. The game is great. I don't want to say too much because I'm going to be doing a review of this game on my blog, 1138geekconfessions.wordpress.com. Um, hopefully that review will be up Monday if all goes according to plan. Um, basically, they've monetized it Candy Crush Saga style. And I don't like it. The level design is beautiful, but having the hearts in there, uh, forcing you to buy gems to unlock more hearts, it's... No. That's not the Angry Birds I love. I prefer premium Angry Birds. Unfortunately, we live in a world where people don't appreciate premium games anymore. Everybody likes freemium. Yeah. So that basically wraps it up for the news this week. I'm going to send it back over to Jim and Eric now. Remember, you can check me out on my blog, 1138geekconfessions.wordpress.com, where I'm posting all kinds of geek culture stuff. You can go back and listen to the old uh, Beta Pod episodes, uh, which is a podcast I'm currently working on that is on hiatus, um, bit.ly slash betapod. That should take you to the complete Beta Pod playlist. Follow me on Twitter, twitter.com slash danstransky, Instagram, hollywoodlights1992. And as always, you can check out my digital DC and virtual to go reviews on weird science Re this is dan reminding you to let your geek flag fly and now here you go it's back to jim and eric all right eric we're almost to the payload of the podcast <laughs> doesn't even make sense nope we're just talking about payloads and money shots good times all right how was that dan's news that guy knows how to tell a news all he right. is he told me he's i told him um actually when we were fighting he said something, and I said, oh, don't, don't worry about books. And he goes, but if I don't do books, I'll, I'm just a glorified news, act, uh, news anchor. And then you glorified say, glorified. <laughs> uh, vilified, maybe. Ooh yeah. All right, let's finish this up, because I'm tired and ready to go to bed. First book in this last section is another annual, Eric, because it seemed like I had an avalanche of these goddamn <laughs> annuals this week. But it was Lobo Annual Number 1. You know how I feel about Lobo, so you might be shocked here, but it's written by Cullen Bunn, art by Robson Roca, Guillermo Ortega, and Blonde. You like Blondes, right? But you're more, Actually, of, a, you're more of a redhead guy. I am a huge redhead guy. Yes, you are. 
So any redheads out there, make sure to send your specs and pics what? to the Weird Science Station. No, because I get that email and, and my wife will kill me. That's right. Holy moly. Don't give me the password, What are you trying you? to do? All right. I know that annuals can be hit or miss, but this one just happens to be my favorite Lobo issue since the reboot. It's still a Bounty of the Month Club issue, but when said bounty is Sinestro, Eric, you've got my interest. You had me at Sinestro, Eric. After fighting the Sinestro Corps, the main man heads off the new Corrigar and comes face to face with Sinestro himself and beats the living crap out of him until we got the cliched ending that Sinestro put the hit out on himself to test Lobo's skills. Boosh! Now it's off to September's crossover. Son of a bitch. My whole writing. Yeah, um, I love, I'm telling you, I'll say I love the issue. My score is a little low for me to say that. But compared, compared to every other Lobo issue, holy moly, this was head over heels better. Hand over fist. Fist in the butt. It oh, was, God. It the fist was, clan's here. It was nice. Here comes the fist clan. You better get the mask clan over here. No, I really, really enjoyed it. And I think that the first part, up until they, he meets up with the Sinestro Corps. Right. Everything before that, if Cullen Bunn could package that up, put it in a bottle. He could sell it to the Eskimos there. I thought it was amazing. It was great. And you know what it, what it reminded you of? It reminded me of something that I love. And it really, he reminded me a lot of a, more of a bloodthirsty, but he reminded me a little of a Star-Lord. Oh, yeah? He really came off that, came off a lot to me like that. Guardians of the Galaxy. And I thought it was fun. I thought it was great. And in, in all these Lobo issues, he always ends up going off to some other planet and you know they oh here we go we're gonna go to this pleasure planet and it always comes off lame to me it happened last issue in lobo where he went off and he went to this party and it this was awesome and it it was really really good and i don't know up until then then i had a little problem i told you once he fights the or starts fighting the sinestro core is where it fell a little flat to me and the only reason it did is because you know that Lobo can't die. Yeah. And so it kind of, again, I like you know that what I mean? because the Sinestro Corps didn't know that. Well, I said in my notes, I said, while I didn't like that, Sinestro proved that he was, or not Sinestro, Lobo proved he was very smart. That was his way of doing it. But man, there's a way to get things done. He did look dead at that point, correct? How does yeah. he hear where they're going? But he did say he put the trackers, and I don't know and how the he put that. I don't yeah. know how he did it. Oh, and the, the, yeah, in the Corrigan. You're right. So it does make sense. I even like before that how he gets them, where he's just got that Corrigan, and he's like, it's like dangle him on a yeah, fish it's like a he's hook. trying to get oh, jaws. On a hook. It was yeah. so funny. But yeah, up until then, everything really hit. Even his monologue, you know, his inner monologue was, was all really real good. good. It really was good. And then he goes to New Corrigar because, you know, if you find out a planet's named New Corrigar, it can't be that Sinestro's there. No, it's, it's saying <laughs> the planet is still laugh. not designated New Corrigar. It made me Corrigar. laugh, though, and they, they spell it out. I think it's like Necropolis out. or yeah, some Yeah, they shit said like that's that. what it was because he even mentions it. Because it's like, I, I review Sinestro. I can't even remember well, what it was I, I think that uh, Colin Bunn was even reading it, and it says the placard for the planet, New Corrigar. And he's like, yeah, everything according to my chart says that this is Necropolis. I'm like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> But yeah, um, I really like. Again, there's not much to say about it. Uh, but man, he's beating the crap out of Sinestro, and then I'm telling you, Sinestro pulls the cliched ending where he's like, "Hey, boom, the bounty's off because I put the bounty on myself to test your skills." 
And whatever, he, man. I didn't see anything in this book coming the way it turned out. No, well, that surprised me. But what made me laugh is uh, he got paid for the thing, right? Yeah. He gets a billion credits, Eric. I don't think he's going after these other ring bearers. I re- I think he retires now. No, he, I don't think Lobo will ever retire. He got a billion credits. Yeah. He's going to spend that on hookers and booze. A billion credits, Eric. And you know what else I liked in this issue? You don't know what things cost in space, man. A billion credits. Uh, (laughs) He is getting a rickshaw right now. It'd be great if it was a space rickshaw. It'd be so cool. Um, I did like one thing, and I don't know if you caught this or if I'm just crazy. Um, I like that as the fights go on, he started, when he was getting the shit kicked out of him, he started looking more and more like old Lobo. Yeah, and it made me laugh. I was like, "Oh, that's awesome!" And I'm telling you, I have given um, what's his name on the regular book that I always bash. Oh, friggin', Cliff uh, Richards. Cliff, Cliff Richards. Richards yes. I've been giving him props. Robeson uh, Roca should be on it. Robeson Roca. Agreed. Uh, this art's really good. He should be on the main book. I actually forgot that Cliff Richards was on uh, the original regular book. Yeah, yeah. And going from this, I'm like, well, I, I agree that this is way better than it used to. Like, like he expected. I, yeah. I forgot for some. I knew you did, like were surprised at the art of the book. Yeah, from what we talked about. Better. I forgot that Cliff Richards was on it because I thought this was the normal art. Oh, I'm like, yeah, yeah, this is great. Oh my god, this is the best art that it's been on this. It's so good. And I wish that he would get on the regular book because I'm, I'm just paging through it right now. And I love the art. I love everything about it. And it's one of those things where you have an artist who just jumps on the book and he's doing Lobo. Then you throw these side characters, these guest characters. And boy, he does the Yellow Lanterns great. Oh, yeah. They're, they're amazing. They're looking. really good. I, I liked everything about this except, like I said, the middle and the end with Sinestro, it kind of made me a little upset about that. But the middle Whatever, part, I loved it the all. middle part where he's fighting the the Yellow Lanterns, it just to me it, it fell a little flat because you know he can't die, and it's just even though like, I'm not saying that you know that he's tricking them. I'm just saying that when he fights like this, you know it's, he's still feeling yeah, it. Though. You know that it's yeah, I know. But at the end, I, I said to you, and I said in my review. At the end, when they're like, oh, and that was just this, and I want you to help me capture these people. And then it's like continued in September's crossover. I actually got really excited because I, I thought he wanted him to be a Yellow Lantern. I felt like Ralphie in Christmas Story when they tell him they drink more Ovaltine. Exactly. Because I got set up in this goddamn angle to set up for a uh, uh, crossover that I now care about. Yeah, and, and I was a like, book of that's a month a away. Did you know the crossover was coming? Because I didn't. I, I we talked about it before how you said it's going to fight the Sinestro well, Corps. Then I this saw issue. I know. I figured it would have led to something, though. I just thought it was going to be one of those one-offs that he was going to go. I thought that in my mind they were going to. He was going to. You know go what? I think I probably Sinestro. thought it was too. I just thought he was going to go after Sinestro, and somehow they were going to either find out that the guy who had the bounty was a bad dude and going to save the president's daughter like bad dudes do. <laughs> uh, no, I, I actually just thought that it. They would come to a truce or something, and he'd like a normal say, like, annual. Yeah, that's what I thought. But man, I, I did like it a uh, lot. We talked about this last week when we talked about the books that were coming up. I was like, yeah, this doesn't really mean much because it's like I think I really did expect it to be a one-off. Yeah, yeah. Because I don't think anything was said in the last Sinestro book yeah, because it's yeah. another. It's a two months away. Yeah, it's two months away because they have to tie up uh, the Lobo story that's going on. And I'm telling you, I'm in August. I'm going to be not one. Actually, August. I think it's next week. <laughs> is the next Lobo. I'm like, God damn it, I have Lobo overload. Uh, this is my favorite Lobo issue. It now, really is. Of this. I don't know because usually this gets relegated to Flash reviews because you usually hate them. Yeah. And I so I haven't been catching up on my Lobo at all. I don't even remember the last Lobo I read. Yeah. But 
Was there something in the previous books where he pretty much gave his ship a healing factor? No. Or is that I just didn't right even here? I understand that. I was like, I, that no. is some bullshit, Cullen Bond. If they did, it, it went beyond me. Because when that happened, I actually thought to myself right away, how the hell is he going to go chase them? He doesn't even have exactly. a ship. Exactly. That's and what I was wondering. And all of a sudden, the ship, I, I'm like, what the? And now the, the ship has a healing factor? <laughs> so stupid. But that was, said, but that was this ridiculous. really showed He does me... have a tech guy, though, the uh, mechanic right. that does things. I guess he hooked him up with that. I guess. I, don't, I just didn't know if it was addressed no, before this issue. I, I don't think it was. But because of, like, last Sinestro and this, Columbus, like, you know... He's really redeeming himself in my yeah, mind. Yeah, he is. He is. Hopefully and, uh, Aquaman shows it this upcoming month. No, it won't. Hopefully. I even, I even put in my um, in my intro uh, paragraph for this Lobo Annual. I did that earlier today. And I even said I've been very disappointed with this book, and it has nothing to do with Lobo. It was all about Cullen Bunn. That I yeah. was so excited to get a book of his because of how much I liked the other books that you were doing and all this, all this hype and all this stuff. And it just never came to be. I was like, this is a bunch of bull crap. And this is the first issue that I think that he really took Lobo himself and really hit. Everything Raised the hit. Of the character it up. really did. Right. And this is the this is the Lobo that I think could win over the people who don't like this new Lobo. It's not this guy who's upset about the destruction of his planet. It's not a, you know, and it's not a a space guy, and again, we've had this bounty of the month thing, but this one really—I don't know what it was. It, it really hit well, and I hope it continues. I really do. But we're going back to the stupid space freaking inside your body, fucking spiders, robot spider things. That oh my <laughs> god, it's a bunch of nonsense. So I just want to get that over. This next issue of Lobo, just skip it. Get to September with this crossover, which, like I said, I was a little upset that they tricked me into it, but now I want to see it. Yeah, me too. Because I'm hoping it continues this, and maybe it's the maybe it's the um, the combination of the arrogance of Lobo uh, with Sinestro that made it. I don't know. But hey, you know what's going to happen now, though? What's in that? September? Sinestro and Lobo won't be relegated to flash reviews. Yeah, that's true. We're going to be freaking in and we're both gonna have to read them and like weigh in on what's going on before we do our own yes, reviews yes we will oh jesus christ what's the next book oh did i say i gave <laughs> it a seven, i gave it a seven five you gave it a seven five i would give this a nine now i said oh that's high for you yeah i, I mean, love this like book. i said the middle part kind of fell a little flat for me not but, for me boy yeah it was good next book yes gotham by midnight annual number one written by ray fox with art by christian deuce is that how you'd say it? I would say Deuce. Deuce. Deuce? All right. With this annual story, we find out the origins of the reimagined Gentleman Ghost. Now, while Gentleman Jim Craddock is a guilty pleasure villain of mine, and while usually I can't stand change, I really like this updated version. While not strictly a villain, this cursed foe will do whatever he has to to get what he wants, and for this story, the Midnight Shift has has to stop him from stealing an antique necklace that once belonged to him. Oh, and Detective Lisa Drake's love life might have been damaged here since I can't. Just, I'm I'm ru- I'm running out of steam here. Jesus. I didn't I didn't realize I wrote this like this. Really? Really? Uh, damaged here since she might be the reincarnated love of Gentleman Ghost, and her current dog walking boyfriend just doesn't live up to Jim's death. Fuck me! Goddamn words got are hard. That? You want to go do that again, there, buddy? No laughter there, man. That was just frustration. <laughs> hey, we're getting all upset. Uh... Uh, you keep... I would have. Pref- I'm saying I like this issue enough. I think I would have preferred it to be a, an, like an actual arc in the book instead of just an annual. Like a because... three issue arc, or like saying? a three issue arc. Okay. 
<laughs> yeah, I don't know. I um, I told you before we even started, of all the books, I said, when we get the Gotham by Midnight, you're on your own, buddy. I read it. I I, It's middle of the road to me. I, I don't yeah. really... It's just... A gentleman Ghost, number one, if you don't have a um, a love of Gentleman Ghost, I think you're way off. Which I do. And, and you do. I do not. And I'm telling I really you, don't I don't care. think it was as strong as Ray Falks wanted it to be because of the annual size of Tell It. Yeah. Should have made this a goddamn arc. Well, that's what's weird. It, it's He's kind of like stuck between a rock and a hard place. If it, A regular issue, he definitely couldn't. So I think that no, he I'm must that's have... That's what I'm saying. Three issues. Well, that's what I'm saying. If he had the reg, So he's not going to attempt it in a regular issue. He must have thought, okay, annual, it's almost like two issues length yeah. uh, issue and three quarter. I can fit it in. And maybe that wasn't the case. Maybe he thought he fit off well, more he, than he could chill. I'm saying he reimagined the character. No longer is it the ghostly, no face, like white art thing. You know, yeah, he actually, actually comes actually, off. That's what I like. Yeah, I'm telling you, he comes off. Monocle. Actually, it's, it's a double monocle, so it's a buy. Yeah, monocle. I don't like, I don't, I'm saying that I like them. Does he normally have a monocle, though? Yeah, no, he usually has, it's like a glasses on a little, like, uh, oh, does he have, for some reason, I thought he had a monocle. No, no. Top I, hat? Maybe it is a monocle. I'm tr- yes, it is a monocle. Yeah, that's what I like. Because like the chain it. comes off, yeah. Yep. Top hat, monocle, cane. He really looked to me like a cross between Mr. Freeze and Penguin. Yeah. yeah. But with spider legs. He was okay. I don't know. It's just, yeah, he looked, he actually did. I'm looking at it now. He, he looks a lot like a uh, thin penguin. Yeah. He looks- and the fun. The way it's drawn here by Christian Deuce, or Deuce, it really reminds me of Jason Fabok's art in Detective Comics during the Penguin run. Yeah. Emperor Penguin, remember that story arc? Yeah, yeah. That's what it really reminded me of. Yeah, I I, I'm a little, I just I don't really care about this issue. <laughs> it really, I don't. The, Gotham by Midnight, unfortunately, on our podcast, often gets shoved to the Flash yeah. reviews as well. So I'm a little behind. But that, this annual, I don't really have to know much. About it. Um, Some issues I had with it, though, was like Gentleman Ghost Origin was thrown in sporadically, it seemed like, because we had sections where he's telling his origin and then like other sections where it's just him as a cursed being, you know, like being controlled by this witch. Yeah, yeah. But um, by the end, I'm not sure if he actually has the power to woo people like we we began in the beginning with Jim Corrigan, because I don't know if if Jim just really wanted to recreate the scene from Ghostbusters (laughs) where that Dan Aykroyd got that BJ from that ghost. I actually thought it was more like. Demi Moore and uh, Whoopi, Whoopi Goldberg and Ghost. I don't know why. I don't know. It, it, again, then yeah, the, the, he's, he wanted he's him going around, of him. He's going around kissing everyone. Next it's thing, we- they're making freaking pottery. But I'm saying it's weird because later on we find out that, like, no, I don't make you do anything you don't want to do. I think that was him uh, being an Bucking ass. Yeah, yeah, I really do. I think I'm that saying, was him being that an really, ass. That really brings up something then because Detective Drake had a really bad time in this freaking uh, issue. Yeah, because yeah. at one point it seems like she really wants a supernatural dick, but she's got this emotional connect, and she's got this emotional connection to Jim Craddock. But then she's worrying about her boyfriend at home and how she's yeah. really happy in this relationship, and the emotional connection was not there because before this issue, we never knew that Lisa Drake had a boyfriend. We've no. never met the boyfriend, so it kind of just falls flat on that emotional connection. It's not there at all. Well, he's a dog walker, right? Yeah, he's a dog who's, walker. Who's going to admit to be going out with a dog walker? Well, she only did it to a girl who was like uh, uh, unconscious from like being yeah. poisoned by uh, Jim Craddock. I don't know. Uh, again, I thought it was weird that she was like the bedside, uh, you know, the vigil. Where would just sit. why? 
I'm telling you, this is part of that emotional connection. She's there because she feels that she's having the same effects yeah. that this woman had with the wooing of gentlemen ghosts. It just seemed and like, weird. what did he do to us? Why do why did we feel this way towards him? You know, me, I'm in a happy relationship with a dog walker. Yeah, why why would I start kissing this old guy? He's you know hmm. He's a young good looking guy. What are you talking about? Well he's wooed the shit he's out of ancient. me in this issue. Did he? You were like all of a sudden you're trying to kiss the issue? Try. Uh, it was, <laughs> you cut out the mouth. <laughs> Jess is like, why do you keep putting that issue down near your waist? I'm not. I'm done with it for now. <laughs> and now I'm not done with it when now she looks away. Uh, yes. <laughs> then you played suitcase with it. <laughs> suitcase. I, I don't know. I'm looking. I'm actually looking at the reviews for this, and it actually shocks me. Uh, not the score, but how many people reviewed that? Is the three? The, nine. Nine, Nine wow. people reviewed this issue on Comic Book Roundup, and that's compared to, say, um, four that did Deathstroke, which is right. not that. Uh, Superman 10. Flash, okay, so that's right, almost right up there with Superman. Flash annual, four people reviewed that, but oh, nine shit. people did Gotham by Midnight, which doesn't sell well. I don't understand. I, this is, it, it is more of a critical darling, yes, this book, like than, a, than a mass uh, hit. Um, but I, I have a feeling it's it's doomed. Yeah, I, it think it, well. I think it's going down quick, and it's not going to last very long. But uh, yeah. I have been reading those. Like, uh, in the end of this, Spectre shows up, obviously, and casts uh, Jim Craddock away because, you know, blah, Spectre, he does that yeah, kind of yeah. shit. I've been reading online that a lot of people have an issue where that's the whole, like, end-all resolve to this book where Spectre just shows up the end. Okay. Well, and, but I really like that aspect of the book. It's almost like a Ghostbusters trap. Yeah. Like they bring this thing out and then it's taken care of. I, I, as you're talking about this, I think that as a um, an layman in this book, that's what gets me in this because there's a lot of hocus pocus. Yeah. And I'm not sure if that was explained before. Or you just go with it because I haven't been reading. I, I'm not up on it. Right. So when he's like, oh, we had these ghost handcuffs and stuff, and I'm not – like to me, it almost came off like a, a running gag where he always has these things and they don't work. But no, I, no. And it's not. That's what I'm saying. I, there's a lot of times in this where they're explaining these supernatural rules, and I'm not sure if that's something that I should know or if it's something they're just telling you right then. It just comes off. The, the whole problem is that they tried well, – I'm telling you. Jim Craddock's reimagined origin for this book, like I said, it was not told well enough. Yeah. Because he keeps saying throughout that he's not a ghost. He's known as Gentleman Ghost, but he's not a ghost per yeah, se. Yeah, he keeps saying that. And it's never really fully explained. Yeah, he's cursed. Actually, every time they said it, it got me angry. Yeah. <laughs> because I want him to be a ghost. <laughs> and then, like I said, then they're trapping him in certain ways. Like I said, I don't understand some of the stuff. I'm like, I don't understand. But that's why the hexed handcuffs didn't work. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but, like, hopefully we haven't seen the last of Jim Craddock, but when things usually get wrapped up by God, they usually don't come back. Yeah, no, I, I don't think we're going to see him for a very long time. And if we I'm do... Saying we, I, I don't think we've seen him since Savage Hawkman. Well, that's what right. I was going to say. Where we will see him is in another issue of a completely different book. Where he's reimagined where, or you know, all, imagined. Yeah, all of a sudden, Constantine will run into him. I, you know, that might, That'd be cool. That might make sense. Or, you know, uh, Damien. Uh, whatever. I was, actually, I was trying to come up with some book that was Dr. ridiculous. Fate. For, I could even go with that. Flash. I could go with that too, Flash. actually. Flash go, starts running real fast and runs into him. And then he kisses him. And then goes through him because he's a ghost. And then goes in him. Ooh. <laughs> oh, or man. does ghost go in him? <laughs> oh, and that would be the payload, as they say. Back in the 40s. In the 40s. The money shot of the 40s was known as the payload. 
Don't fact of, check that. A lot of, a lot of por- seven out a lot of, of pornos. That was seven that, out those, of ten. Those are stag films, then. Eric. Seven out of ten. I yeah. probably would have given it a five point five. I did like the I, art, though. So. I liked the art was great. Yeah. I really like Christian Ducey, even though I've really been liking Juan Ferrer's art on the book. Yeah, I want to see Christian Deuce do something else. Yeah, because I think it's uh, I don't know if it's a he or a she. Christian's really ambiguous, but uh, I would say it's a dude. Okay, let's say go, oh, dude. He his art was really good for this issue. Yeah. I want to see him on something else. Like, what, what book don't we like the art in? Okay, Superman. No, yes. Yeah, <laughs> how about Doctor Fate? Doctor Fate, Just I would love right to see there. Christian Deuce on yeah, that. Yeah, be really good. I'd like that too. But uh-huh. I, I gave it a seven out of ten. I'm saying this was not the best annual. Yeah. I, ha- I had good enough time, but it, mostly it's because I'm biased on Gentleman Ghost, I think. Yeah. It's so funny because as we're done, and I could still read all my notes to you in a second just to show you how little I cared. Uh, I like my likes were Gentleman Ghost must be bisexual. I don't know why that's a like. Or to, <laughs> and then I put, I like the art. That's all I put. Excellent. Done. Dislikes. Five, five. I, dislikes, I just, I. I didn't get that far because I didn't care enough to write. I just no was, dislikes. No, ten out of re- ten. I was just reading it and I didn't even get around. Ten. I just stopped writing you notes. Love this. Actually, it was one of those. Can you imagine me pushing it away? Because that, that was like, <laughs> yep, Eric can talk about that one. Uh, the last one of the night, Eric. We are at the stretch run, and that's Deathstroke Annual Number One. I didn't even review this yet. Written by Tony Daniel and James Bonney. Art by Tyler Kirkham and Arif Prianto. What was that name? Arif Prianto. All right. Prianto. I don't think I could ever say it, but all right. All right. Tony Daniel and James Bonney continue the God Killer story in this annual. And while I like the bogus journey vibe, it really is a placeholder until August in the next issue of Deathstroke. If you ever wanted to know what Diana and Slade, I'm looking at Slade and I can't read it. Hey, and Slade, hey what happened now? You can't you, read, fuck up? I'm going to start laughing. <laughs> I can't read. I'm a dumbass. If I ever wanted to know, or if you ever wanted to know what Diana and Slade fear the most, check out this issue. Slade is afraid that his children hate him, which, Eric, they actually do, which made me laugh. And Diana is afraid of being the god of war and just destroying the world. If you're a fan of either character, you may enjoy the annual, but it's far from a necessary read by any stretch of the imagination. Agreed. Uh, Yeah, I I like the issue enough. I know you, you actually, before I even read it, you had read it, and you, oh, you read Deathstroke, and I'm like, oh, he must like it, because that's uh, the only time you'll Pretty message much. me with that is if you really like it. It's, that shows kind of our character, because I only message you when I hate something, <laughs> and I wrote to you earlier, I think I put Superman's garbage or something. I was so angry. I might even put that. Superman, I'm so pissed off that I had to read Superman. But yeah, um, this is a good issue. Yeah. It, it meant nothing. Not at all. Where you start in this issue is where you end. <laughs> and it does nothing for this God Not, killer story. It doesn't even story. do anything for the characters. No, it does nothing. except Nothing is resolved the in their only, own character. I'll tell you, it does do one thing. I, we're both wrong. What it does is when the next issue starts, because the last issue of Deathstroke ended with Wonder Woman and Slade Deathstroke at each other's throats. This makes it so the next they issue. They weren't, though. Uh, they were. They decided to work together to well, defeat yeah, Lapidus. you're right. They did. And they still seem to not like each other. Now they love each other. I know. They are like, like best friends yeah, after now they're holding best. hands and shit. Yeah, they were holding hands. That made me laugh. A and lot I of thought, the book. I'm like, what is this, Peter Pan? When they <laughs> jump. And again, we said, and you had mentioned to me, so I threw it in my intro. It is like Bill and Ted's bogus journey. Seriously, it is Slade all I saw. and Diana's bogus journey. It's what <laughs> will probably be my That's got to be the header. It yeah. probably will be. Um, yeah, they have Lapidus has sent them to a personal hell 
where they are going to have to face their inner fears or else they will die alone. Which, and then they're separated to their own personal. Yeah, yeah. That it's And again... And then I'm, I'm reading the book. I'm like, you stole Deacon's Easter basket. Yep, it just was like that. And again, Slade ends up in Istanbul and his kids are there. They're young then. And boy, his kids hate him, Eric. They hate him. Yes. I know that's a fear of his, but they already hate yeah. him. I think Lapidus... We've already seen that. Yeah, I think Lapidus... He's lived that. I think yeah. Lapidus has missed out on that one. I really do. <laughs> Um, the way he should have went about it is he should have sent him somewhere at a really big point where that was the turning point that turned at least Rose against him. It doesn't make sense because uh, they did. This is his first big job. Yeah, so yeah. It's like, it doesn't really make sense for the character because yeah. he likes who he is. He just doesn't yeah. like what his uh, children have become. Yeah, it just, I rather did, they don't like him. And, and it almost came to the I point. I like your idea better. It almost came to the point in this that. He also blames himself for putting his kids in harm's way, but that it wasn't real. And they I, weren't there the first that's time. That's what I'm saying. So it doesn't it's make not, sense. It's not real. So it, if anything, this I thought what was going to come about is him just saying, listen, I know this isn't real, and it would disappear. Like, you know that cliche and yeah, things yeah. where they realize that it's all uh, a hoax and it doesn't come out well. Wonder Woman's I don't mind as much. She ends up in London. London's destroyed. The whole world looks destroyed. It really looked like the uh, alternate ending to Army of Darkness. Yeah, it does. And you know what else I didn't like about this? I really think that Superman should have stressed that he has no power anymore because the sun's blocked out. Yeah, seriously. And he doesn't. And I really think that it it would have been a great tie-in of her actually being worried also about this whole truth story from Superman Wonder Woman, just throw that in that he's like, you're the reason I don't have my power. And it would have cut, it would have been like a, a double meaning that I thought would have been really great because yeah. he, because without the sun, he, he's done. And they don't really even hint at it except that he's like bent over and looks old and <laughs> He actually looks like there was an old episode in, uh, or episode, an old issue of Superman Wonder Woman when the uh, nuclear explosion yeah. and he saves her and he's, it looks hell no, he looks, looks like batwoman did in that background yeah, hell yeah <laughs> um yeah but again it's like there's this like post-apocalyptic you know people are kicking the shit out of and, and the whole thing is look at you Times are the, you're the goddess of war this is what you feed off of and you've done this to us and again if i was wondering she should have been like, a great big fat so yeah, she's ever fat that would be awesome that's all it is she's there eating briar's ice cream <laughs> and that's what she's always been upset about. The war ice cream. It would be so good. Uh, but again, even then, I, I would have, if I was her, I'm like, no, you know what? War will always be there. And it's the human beings that, you know what I mean? It's just, it came off as hokey. Though I did that like. That was the better sp- uh, part than Deathstroke. Yeah. Uh, Deathstroke's to me just made no sense. Because and then he would we have just to... been like, nope. We want the freaking Bill's part. Granny as Preston Esquire. <laughs> That's the worst. <laughs> Give Granny a kiss. Give Granny a kiss. And then uh, basically. Everybody has to go out and watch Bogus They Jordan. figure this no out. We're talking I know. About. And the, the biggest part then is that to go through this portal at the end, they have to cut through these. They have to say they want to play the Reaper. Yeah, yeah. Well, they end up cutting through <laughs> like Superman and the kids. They know they're not real. It yeah. just came off as odd. I'm saying Slade was all about it. You know, I know these fucks ain't real. We're going to yeah, cut really. through these bitches. He, he was. He seemed to be. He really was pissed into at it. that yeah. point. Yeah, I, I don't know. I'm going to go kill a motherfucking god. Yeah, but yeah, I uh, I don't have much more to say because the it art ends. was great. It ends, and um, I actually I'm looking at you know Wonder Woman sees her mom and Slade. Uh, they, but again, it's the same thing. Yes. Yeah. 
It's the same old story. And then they end up pretty same much... Same old song and dance you It say? is the same old... They end up basically right where they started, where last issue of Wonder Woman started, so... Or, Deathstroke ended, I mean. Yes. And, yeah, the art was good. I'm looking at the... I have one little problem, and that's um, Wonder Woman in this, while I like it, it doesn't come off as a, the Tony S. Daniel Wonder Woman. It really looks a lot like the uh, David Finch Wonder Woman. The almost looks a little right. younger type Wonder Woman. Not that that's anything bad. Uh, Tyler Kirkham's an awesome... Uh, Kirky, as we call him. Kirky. He's an awesome artist. And he can do his own deal. It just she came off more of that uh, Wonder Woman than the awesome uh, Tony S. Daniels. I'm, saying, did it I'm last. a big dummy though because I for, I did not look at the credits when I read this issue, and it was in between like the breaks we had. We were talking about it. Mm-hmm. I thought it was Tony S. Daniel. Yeah, I, to me, the only thing that I thought were uh, the backgrounds are a little less detailed. They're really good. Yeah, uh, this whole issue looks great. I just think, and a lot of times, like even the. Rose and Jericho, which yeah. I wish Jericho would be playing that freaking guitar. He didn't do that in the new continuity, thank God. I know. I wish he did. Um, I liked that his like, and the dialogue was still green, though. The dialogue Yeah, was I like that. Um, but, yeah, that part uh, was a little more cartoony. The kids were yeah, a lot was. more cartoony than, than what a Tony Stanley but I liked it because it almost seemed like that gave it that non-real. They were like, yeah, they were not the real versions yeah, of themselves. Yeah, I, I really liked it, though. But, yeah, um but you, I, I'm saying you have to be a Deathstroke fan, like a series fan, to really enjoy this because it doesn't do anything for the yeah, story. Well, I, I'm telling you, I said in my little blurb before that I don't know. If you really like Wonder Woman, maybe you'd like this just because it has Wonder Woman in it. You get to see some fears of hers and that how she dealt with them. Yeah. But all in all, I don't even – you're reading Deathstroke. You don't need to read this. You no. really don't. Uh, I'm sure. I was that waiting for that have epic a, fight, but we yeah, didn't get it. Nope. They'll have a line or two next issue that, like, hey, remember that last See, issue? annual. Yeah, that'll be it. I, I'll probably give it around a 6.5 um, to maybe a 6.8, somewhere around there. I'd Pretty give it a specific. 7. I'd give it a 7. Really? Yeah. I, I just, again, I'm more about that it doesn't push the. Um, the story anywhere in an oversized issue that costs four ninety nine, you're going to give us this, and it, it's just a, it's kind of a shame that it didn't push the story more. You, they could have done a lot with this since they were going with the continuation of the God Killer story. Why not? Right. Just, why not continue it then? They make it seem like oh, you know, we can't do that because the annuals people pick those up that don't follow the regular story, but they would know nothing of what's going on. One other thing it might do that I don't think will translate into the next issue. But Slade already wanted to kill Lapidus because he knows he fucked up. But after Lapidus played these mind games with him, he really yeah. wants to oh, fuck yeah. out dead. And uh, actually, there is one thing I really, really enjoyed is after him and Wonder Woman kind of were getting together. But, yeah. and, and he says, man, I am, I'm back. Yeah. Like, it, it is. It's almost like Lapidus did the worst thing possible that he – It's almost, you know what it reminds me of? It reminds me all the time in sports – where you hear of the um, locker room material. Yeah. Like the team sitting there, like me and you were on the Eagles and we're playing Dallas and you don't say anything. And all of a sudden we're like, yeah, I don't know what all the hype is. Dallas sucks. Next yeah. thing you know, freaking you, you, you wake the snake, baby. You don't want to do that. And they didn't. He's like, I'm razor sharp now. I feel better than I ever have. And now I'm on. He's in big trouble. I want to go Lapidus. back and rewrite that, uh, that part with Deathstroke when he's seeing his own personal hell. No. Where he goes back, I want to see some like suburbanite freaking Deathstroke, where he's in the house, yeah. just dressed in khakis and Again, a button-down shirt, would be great. and then 
Rose wants to go on a date and he doesn't let her. And this is the first I hate you, Dad, and runs up the stairs. <laughs> and then he's put, he just puts his hand to his face and cries a little bit and shakes his head. <laughs> and then no. Jer- Jericho comes in and it's like, no, Dad. Jericho's too busy playing uh, his guitar. No, Jericho comes in. Dad, I want to be an archaeologist. Where have I gone wrong? You fucking oh moron. My God. Holy moly. And the next thing, uh, another kid comes in and goes, hey, Dad, what's going on? What, what are you doing in here, Reggie? Reggie. Get out of here, Reggie. Ah. Oh. Goodness gracious. That that's is, it, baby. That is it. That's another long one. We can't stop ourselves, can we? We can't uh, help ourselves. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, you know what's going to come up next week? I'm going to no, give you a little you rundown. Give me the books. I know, because I sent the outline too quick. Next week, you have a light load again. Excellent. A light payload, as they said in the 40s. Nobody said that. They did indeed. You have Batmite number three. All right. With Damian Wayne. What do you is think it Damien? Yeah, yeah it has to be Damien. I knew it's Robin Damien. was coming. For some reason, I thought it was Tim Drake, and that doesn't nope. make any sense at no, all. No, in fact, I looked to make sure who it was, and it is Damien. He's pissed. He seems very pissed at Batman. That's pretty funny. Batman Beyond number three. All right, hopefully we get somewhere. Didn't get anywhere in the last issue. No, we did not. We got Detective Comics number 43, Eric. We'll see how that goes. But I like the last issue a yeah, lot. Yeah, I did so. too. I'm liking it. And again, this is the uh, penultimate issue of Brian Pucciolato's run. Bucciolato, no. It's weird, too, is you say a lot of times, like, man, I really enjoyed their run. I really enjoyed their run. This run of um, Manipul and Bucciolato is very uh, short-lived. It was lukewarm for me. It's lukewarm, but it's also nothing really happened. You know so what I'm saying? I, you, you can't really say. I don't think you realize, like, there was a lot of stuff going on before was, the, but it was the convergence. Uh, but no, you're wrong, too, because if you remember, they jumped on the book, and then I think at least three to four issues was that backup guy. Two issues. And I think terrible. it was more than two. No, that, it was the two. one with the... Um, the airport. The airport. Two issues. Yeah, I'd terrible. have to look because I think I read... I don't. Somebody it was talking my about goddamn it. brain. No, I'm saying I think somebody was talking about it because then something happened and then it went back to that. And I'd have to look. Uh, Green Lantern number 43 I'm looking forward to. Oh, yeah. Uh, oh, Lo- yeah. Lobo number nine. We'll see if that continues. I'm looking forward to it now. Yeah, is, um, is Cliff Richards back on art? I would say yes. Okay. Uh, he's the regular artist. Uh, you have Midnighter number three, which uh, has multiplex. Hey, I, I like the you. last issue. You did not. Yeah, um, I thought it was a little too uh, straightforward. I'm I, looking I forward to it. Uh, and at the end, you saw multiplex at the end when he Which was, I didn't even realize was yeah, multiplex. Yeah, I, I don't think anybody really did. And then I haven't seen him since out. Firestorm, I don't think. And then one of your least favorite books that I love, Omega Man number three. Fuck, I hate that book. And I have to tell you, I, I made a claim, and I still stick by my claim that that ship was theirs, but it says something in the solicit as if like they stole that ship. That's what it seems like uh, to me. But why? Here's where I thought that it was their ship when I was thinking about it today. Is Remember the, um, the guy, I forget, um, the, the, Cid, the Citadel guy. Um, he made it a point that he came back to that planet also to find a, a um, pilot. Yeah. Because they needed the pilot. And they, the pilots were uh, what uh, Brute was already. Yeah. And I think that shows you that that was their ship. He was always the pilot. I just, I don't know. It bothered me when we'll they see said what that solicit because they even said we got our ship back. Hey, it do, I'm saying though, it does not, it did not come off to me that that was their ship as well. No, I just, I know that he said to uh, Kyle Rayner though, oh, and we, we wanted to get our ship back. And they're like, okay, whatever. And all these people are going to die because of it. Uh, we also, on the site, we have uh, Just for the Hell of It Monday. Do you know what you're going to be doing this week? Evil Dead 2, Beyond Dead by Dawn, number oh. two. 
I don't think I know what I'm doing yet. I usually just pick it at the last second. I, yeah, I know no exactly idea. what I'm doing from week to week. Yeah, I don't because mine are, I, I don't know. I really don't have anything Interests. that I focus on. Well, I don't have anything I focus on. You have all the horror ones. You have them all set up. I just have to grab. I did the hip-hop uh, family tree last week. There's no good. other issues of that. So I did that uh, free comic book day issue of that but i'll have to wait till that hits uh it's going to be a monthly starting in august so maybe i'll get lucky maybe it comes out this week and i have something for next week hopefully uh, and just a little site news eric in august we will definitely hit a million visitors is that all the books the site yeah that's it holy shit I'm we both trying, have a light week yeah i'm trying to toot our horn then uh, i'm telling you i didn't even realize we we're off the books. i'm at that telling point. you we have one two three four five six seven books again Huh. And I think we had eight this week because you had He-Man that we threw in the Flash review. So we even have one less actual book. Uh, you have three, I have four. All right. That's ridiculous. What, what are they doing? I don't we know. We used to have, I'm telling you, we had weeks. Now, I don't, I'm not complaining. Agreed. But we had weeks where each of us I had, had nine, like nine, reviews, yeah. Yeah, nine and 11 sometimes. We were like, what the heck? And somehow we did well. Again, we try to get them done for the podcast. So we try to, uh, to rush things because before we'd always have books that we were Throwing out there on yeah on Tuesdays to get up before Wednesday, um, yeah. I, like I, I was just saying in August, um, our site's going to hit our one millionth visitor. What wow. do you think of that? One million. And I said uh, the millionth visitor, we should have a prize for him. I don't think we should. Well, we wouldn't know who it is anyway. No, and <laughs> I'm not giving anything know? away. Uh, you're not going to give out a page from that old comic book of yours. You, I ev- have everybody. Them. Everybody who wins something on our site, it's always that page of that book, and and everybody declines. I'm telling you, as soon as I would do that and get rid of them, my buddy Jay would come out of nowhere and say, "Hey, where are them pages at? I want to finish that. You yeah. son of a bitch." Yeah, he's never. You're never finishing that. It's you never happened. Not that. How attitude, long has it been? Not. How long has it been? Uh, I don't know. Uh, At least well, fifteen I... years. At least. At least. Yeah, it's a little bit more than that. I bet you it, you have been on the planet that's more than half of your existence or more has it's about been the half time between. It's yeah, about that's half what I'm saying. I, I actually think it's more. It's probably like 17 years. Oh, yeah, yeah, you're never finishing that garbage. You give it out. We're giving garbage. The man, it's garbage. The millionth don't even know visitor. What it's about. The millionth visitor. I'm sure it's about some robot guy who uh, ends up getting fought. He fights in a war. He gets a robot body, and then he heads out for uh, hijinks. No. No, it's not. It involves no. a vampire and a... No, that was my uh, second comic I was going to write called Before Dawn. Oh, see, so, yeah, I'm getting there then. Actually, it involves... That was going to be a old, cool book. It involves an old fun, fun house and a Stop clown. Stop giving away my movies, man. A clown. <laughs> you were telling me all week about this movie. I told you one day. You're the only one who, who has a made-up movie in his head and is fighting with himself about continuity all week at, at work. <laughs> I think we need an orangutan at work. At least an orangutan I can talk about, you know, I don't know, the latest. Uh, I'll see what I can do about an angel of out bananas. Back. What do you talk with an orangutan? I'll see if I can get angel sent out back. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, that is. I wish people knew how racist that was. That is awful. And yeah, you know, it'd be even he, funnier if they knew it was your joke. You know he's Gorilla Grodd. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Before we offend anymore, an angel's going to slice my throat at work now. Of course he won't do anything to you, and then I won't get wings from people at work anymore. People give me free stuff all the time. Because you look like Antonio Banderas somehow. I know, to them. they did tell me that, that I'm Antonio Banderas, Eric. But I'm going to finish this off tonight by saying, please go to our site, and you might be the millionth visitor at Weird Science, DC Comics blog.blogspot.com. You can find us on Twitter at Weird Science DC. 
And you can send us an email if you want at weirdsciencedccomics at gmail.com. And also, if you listen to this podcast on iTunes or Stitcher or whatever, we have an issue where not only do people not want to review or give us stars on these things, somehow people have given them to us and they've taken them away. Yeah, Stitcher's gotten rid of. I don't understand that. We read at least two reviews from Stitcher and they're gone. I don't know what happened. And then one guy sent me, actually sent me, a screenshot of him and a review on our on iTunes, and it's, it still hasn't come up. That was months ago. Yeah. I don't know what's going on. People are against us. iTunes, against. Stitcher, you're on the list now. Yep, they're on the list. I'm now in a feud with them. Mr. iTunes is in big trouble. Uh, hey, Mr. DC around getting you know, cigars. What? Who, who's in trouble? Or my eyelids who are about to shut, and I'm about to start sawing logs. All right. I am so tired. Well, everybody have a great week, and we'll see you in seven. See you in seven. Oh, there it is.